Ooh. And we'll start streaming. Did the one from Rick and Morty YouTube. talk? Wait for it. Just <coughs> fuck me, right? It right. doesn't matter. <laughs> and just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, if I can get my phone to work, Saturday, June 12th, 129 p.m., episode 110. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one-only source for social and political commentary on all the social, oh my god, social and political commentary and all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. The best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless endeavors to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I am Donovan. And today, once again, we are joined by the man, the legend himself, Larry Dixon. Welcome to the show, Larry. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so it's always good to come on. Uh, I get super hyped for these. I'll probably get too excited for these, so happy to be here. I'm glad you're too excited. <laughs> happy to have you. I mean, this is I've been looking forward to this since uh, last Thursday when we when we first talked, when we were out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you guys had a nice little camping escapade or a getaway. Is that a sabbatical? I have never We stayed at a place called the Sun Village Resort. Indeed. Um, and we stayed in a double wide mobile home trailer okay. and right out of the 1950s. Yeah. It, complete it was with furniture. It was not bad. Um, it was poorly constructed in the way that it was windier <laughs> than fuck. And when it, the wind did blow, the house yeah. shook a little bit and you could hear it throughout the whole house. It was oh, yeah. pretty crazy. So yeah. we did so, a lot of fishing. Why do you guys go there? Um, you could have counter killers. Theoretically. I feel like that's where all the killers are. Why stay packing? So yeah, like, with yeah, everybody going on that trip, yeah, anybody two... that tries anything would have at least twenty rounds in them within the first half yeah, second. Two <laughs> of the three of the people in that house carry all of the time, and then we That's were right. with a bunch of other people, and probably two or three of them were carrying all the time. So, oh yeah, you know it was a pretty of nine people. I'm gonna say at least six had guns oh, nice. at any given time. So it was oh, I have news in that safe. department before we dive into everything. I'm getting a oh. handgun. The one from your brother? Yeah, we're nice. going to do the whole sale and go Slops to the FFL team. and all that. There you go. All that good stuff. So I'm going to have yeah. my first open carry handgun very, open very carry? soon. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all about open carry, bro. Really? I got to get my office at open carries all day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a proponent of it. I've seen I mean, a lot of people get just just have their gun ripped right out of their holster. Oh, yeah. Really? Not, yeah. I mean, I'm in this... As soon as I get it, I'm going to start the process and get the concealed stuff going on. Yeah, and if all that. you, but I'm if, just excited about getting a handgun for the first time. It's if you're be nice. open carrying, in my opinion, right? And I've, I've only yeah. been in guns for a couple of years, mm -hmm. so I'm. Yeah. But in my opinion, if you're open carrying in anything less than a level two holster, then you're an idiot. Yeah, you don't want to buy that twelve dollar. <clears throat> no, you know. they even even the Kydex one, even the one that I have, or the one that I have in my battle belt, I mm -hmm. wouldn't use just to open carry because the only thing in that Kydex is active retention. All yeah. you have to do is just come and pull it out. Yeah. So yeah, you want some kind of want something with like a Safari Land or something like that that you got to press the button down to move the fold to then you can draw it. That's I don't want anything that you can just pull straight out of the yeah. holster if it's open carry. I don't want anybody no. to be able to get to that. At and I will say, time. at least in that guy's defense who does carry all the time, yeah, he's got it's got like three or four little button 
things on there. Yeah. That if he needed that thing in a hurry, he couldn't get it. Let's Which put it that is way. another problem. <laughs> right? That's why I'd like that's why I bring up like the level two. So level two retention is like a holster, like similar to this, but yeah. it will have like a flip that goes over the back of the gun, right? A flip that goes over the, the back out. of the gun, and then like yeah. a little button right here. So when you draw it, you got to press down on the button. The flip folds forward, and then you can pull the gun out. That's legit. Yeah. So like yeah. that's police officers, level mm-hmm. two retention holsters. Yeah. Like that's all that type of shit. Yeah. yeah. So if you're open carrying, and anything less than that, you're asking to have that shit snatched from that's you in a problem. convenience store and get a shot with your own fucking pistol. Old gun snatch would be coming up. Stupid. See, I, I feel like in, I, the only time I ever saw him was in Texas because, like, in Washington, I was never around guns, and in New York, I was definitely never around guns oh, yeah. at all. But like in Texas, I was indoctrinated. Like we we're out in clubs, and like guys would just have it out, and like no one ever. Like I feel like other people would beat you up if you try to reach for somebody else's gun. Yeah, definitely. It's great culture down there. Definitely depends. In Texas, you're less likely probably to have it snatched from you. In Washington, you only see, excuse me, even in my lifetime, we've only seen a handful of people open carrying here. It just doesn't really happen you know the amount of dirty looks that you get is probably yeah. not worth it on yeah. a daily basis Dude, and the amount of dirty looks i get for just not wearing a mask not worth it it just no. pisses me but off. like is it so that's a super interesting thing because you guys you guys said it you guys are changing the rules yeah so now like masks we got vaccines like so people i've always heard that like people like if you're not wearing a mask like they still get mad even though you're vaccinated like right I'm super comfortable now because Joe Biden said it too. So now Joe Biden and Donald Trump have agreed. The yes. end of May, everybody who wanted it would have access to it. Like now you can just go in, like walks into Walmart. They're like, "You want a COVID shot? We're doing them right here." I'm just like, yeah, signs everywhere. I was in the mall yesterday, and there was one that you could go into, uh, like J.C. Penney, and there yeah. was a vaccination center in J.C. Penney that you could go there and get shot up. They still have a J.C. Penney. Just kidding. That's right. Still hanging in there. So then, like, I, I just, I, so people get mad even though they're vaccinated, and you guys aren't wearing a mask, like, even though they don't know that you're technically vaccinated. I haven't, I haven't had one interaction since then, which makes me feel stupid for not having just not worn a mask since the beginning. Right. Um, yeah. But I also saw, like I said, I saw a bunch of people go into businesses and the person there at the door whose job it was to make sure you're wearing a mask wouldn't bitch you about it they'll just give you a mask mm-hmm. like yeah. and then when i went to king's walk i was sitting there with trenton we're at the table and there was a family of like four adults and three or four kids that came in and the woman admittedly was a huge bitch to the woman who worked at king's walk and then refused to put a mask a on story. when she was yeah. there the woman who worked at king's walk was like you have to wear a mask i don't know what to tell you that's just what we're doing here you know and i've never from the beginning said this a thousand times from the beginning my issue has always been the governmental aspect of it i don't like the government telling me i have to do it yeah. i didn't i had no problem going into a private business and then saying our jam is you're wearing a mask that's fine if i want to shop here if i want to eat here i'll wear a mask that's exactly what i did king's walk yeah so this woman is like oh we're not wearing a mask we're all vaccinated the woman is like at work it works at king's walk is like that's fine. You have to wear a mask if you want to eat. And she, the woman in her family says, well, then you're not getting our money. And turns around and walks out. The woman who works at King's Walk doesn't give a fuck. She no, doesn't care. Is... Then leave. Then fucking exactly. leave. Like, I don't, who she cares? She's paid enough to, to worry about that. Thank you. And she's an employee. Like, I don't like, like, if you go into an owner and you're like, like, you know, berating an owner, cool. Like, but employees, like a lot of these, like, I, that's where you are is where I'm at. I'm just like, hey, like, the boy's coming up, like, I don't know what he wants, but I'm not going to make his day hard, especially, like, let's be real. Yeah. If I see a job that I would never want to do, like, like, if you work at Walmart, super cool. Oh, no. 
Oh, oh she's no. back. <laughs> there it is. There it if is. you work at Walmart, like, I'm super, like, good for you. I'm I would sorry. never want to work at Walmart. Yeah, right? I would never want to work at Walmart. I couldn't work at fast food because I need all the product. And so when I look at it, like, I'm just like, I'm not going to make your job harder when I already don't want that job. So, like, I'm, I'm just, I just left it alone. I've been super, I'm a big inertia guy. Like, I'm going to coast without a mask unless someone actively tells me to put it on. Yeah. And as long as you work there or you're, like, your affiliate, like, I never get approached. I'm too big, right? No one's ever going to come to me like, yes. hey, hey, you. And so, like, I've never, ever been approached. I've never understood that. Someone bro. had. I would, I, it would be like, I would just say something. I don't even know if I'd be mean. I, just, I think I just walked by. And yeah. I feel like I didn't take enough advantage of that over the yeah. last year of, like, people don't like to look at me, you know? Most of the time, if I'm focused, my eyebrows are down a little bit. They're not interested in interaction. It's not worth whatever they're going to do, you know? I should have, yeah. I should have used that more of just, like, just don't fuck with me. I got a mustache. I got eyebrows. Don't fuck with me. Like, just let me get my things, you know? But And I feel like I, I, you saw, I saw it during, like, uh, Black Lives Matter. Like, people, I didn't realize how much people needed to be a part of a group. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I've never seen, and, like, part of it's because I'm in Oklahoma, different kind of lifestyle. But, like, there's other marches, but, like, I've never, at, like, never been approached. No one's ever said anything. And I think it's literally because, like, generally... I don't ever, I don't ever go where large people congregate, right? I really don't do concerts. I don't really go to like sporting events because I'd rather watch it on my TV so I get drunk in the privacy of my home. Hell yeah! And so like that's so like I've never been a place where like people could really like gang up on me like the mob rule could like win, you know? I've, I've never seen that. So that's been, I always wonder with you guys because like I see stuff in Washington and like. You know, obviously the news is what it is, but if I just watched the news, I would think you guys are fighting World War Three up there. Like, you guys have a, a civil war secession up there, and you guys are actively, like, going after each other and ostracizing all cops. Well, I, I will tell you, I noticed a marked difference when we were in eastern Washington from western Washington. Oh, like, in the different people. country, dude. It was a whole different place, and they <laughs> yeah. were very open about, like, yeah, fuck western Washington, like, we will secede, like, we don't give a shit, oh, yeah, and yeah. I haven't... You know, it's almost the opposite here where some people are like, fuck them, let them go. Like, we don't care. But then most yeah. other people are like, you you can't do that. We're all one. We're all together. You're not allowed to just leave, you know. So it's a, it was an interesting deal. It was very weird. I didn't consider the whole time we were gone, didn't consider a mask until we were at the weed store. Yeah. Like, I yeah. went to walk in and I was like, I don't even have one because I didn't even consider even for a moment, uh, you know, yeah. having to wear one. So, yeah, I had to, like, get one from Jake. I, luckily, he had one in his truck so I could yeah. fucking buy some weed, you know? Need him a weed! No. <laughs> yeah, that's it was, yeah, I was chiefing too much, man. It was a strange... Uh, bro, I was too. I was that whole fucking weekend. Right. <laughs> no, uh, there's, there's very little better than sitting on a boat in the lake when yeah. it's beautiful, sunny, warm, fishing pole in the water. Drinking some Budweiser, ice cold Budweiser, and smoking on yeah, it's it's good times. It was awesome. Oh. Yeah, we did we did that in Florida. Like so, uh, we went on the boating trip when we were down there. Uh, one, you talk about not needing a mask. It was yeah. Oh. I I evolved in Florida, but like I'm learning I'm learning to love it. But like uh, we did like no one has masks, no one asked for masks. Like people like the workers. This is the first time I saw workers not wearing masks either. So like they don't make their workers wear masks. So like my um, I saw my. Uh, my server's my waiter's face and i was just like oh my god like that you don't have a mask on this so yeah like, florida's getting back to normal like could you imagine a world though just just because again you guys being the people i talk about politics the most rob DeSantis, right has probably the florida has about the same amount of people as california right i mean future president ron DeSantis is that listen listen, you're listen. <laughs> listen okay listen we'll see we, we don't, we'll see it's like crazy because i'm going to florida so selfishly i'm just like 
you know, maybe we just build a wall, you know? And then like, just the wall wouldn't Florida. be a very big one, you know, no, to just cut Florida off. 100%. People think like Florida is like the create, like people think Florida man. Florida man, like, is, is this big myth that people actually, you know, perpetuate. But it's just like one area in like the northern panhandle where Florida man lives. Where people the rest are of it crazy. is like basically little Havana and like it's a wild place. You got all sorts of stuff. You got the Everglades, you got Key West, and then you got Florida you man way up there. 100%. He's just, he's, he's really their version of Bigfoot. I really think it's <laughs> migrated down he's just shorter just a little bit more lovable it's like a deer like a deer in the south it's smaller it's, it's like it's it's hot you yep. know yeah, yeah so florida go. man is just a slightly less hairy more slim sasquatch that totally like makes he, sense he got lost and like i got, I got the i just sweated for four days straight for like so there's no way he keeps the hair like you just sweat no. for days straight no. <laughs> but like could you imagine a world where rob DeSantis he won by thirty thousand votes like i was just like looking at it reading about it kind of looking at it like could you imagine a world where florida also has a democratic governor and like the whole who's the dude in california i don't even remember who this dude is uh Newsom? yeah Newsom, yeah, where Newsom. Newsom and, 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 and rob DeSantis don't have the contrast like because huh. i felt like it was so important for florida just to contrast like you really could do whatever you want to like we really actually got to pit states against states i just could imagine the world with thirty thousand votes because it's not a lot of people like when you have like what 30 30 something million it's yeah. less than the population of bremerton Right, like everyone in Bremerton accidentally just doesn't hit their alarm, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden Rob DeSantis isn't in, and I just like, and now he's like on the way to being president. I think that's so interesting. I've been thinking about that so often because, like, I think about like what makes someone successful, and I've been I've been thinking about. It. Plus, like being down in Florida, guys, I can't express it. Like, it's it's so so amazing. Well, and here you were talking about seeing your waiter's face. Here, I almost feel like. When you don't wear your mask, people almost look surprised at you. Yeah. You know, like they're almost surprised that you're not wearing a mask. And in the employees in stores, it's probably like half and half because it's all the same uh -huh. for everybody. Like if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear one. And so some of the employees are not. Some of them are. I don't know. There's got to be more people vaccinated than not wearing masks. There has to be. Yeah. because of just the numbers they're touting and you know how awesome it is and they're like it's so great like so many people are getting the vaccine then why is there fucking no one wearing a mask like or like why is there no one not wearing a mask yeah you know if so many people have the vaccine so there's got to be a shitload of people that are still wearing a mask even though they have the vaccine well, yeah because they don't want to put off the, the be mistaken as as a conservative, as a conservative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever yeah. david hogg said that in waste of space yeah in seattle made the news this past week by being the first major city to hit 70%. And they were super excited about that. 70% of the population was vaccinated. We did it. But then but, you go to Seattle and everybody's still wearing a mask. That's what I'm saying. And like in theory, right? Again, correct me if I'm wrong. Jane's still wearing a mask. Okay. That's, the, that's uh, the, I, I, I haven't liked him for a long time. Before all this, like when he tried to run for, uh, when he was in the presidency, I was like, oh, I dear. can't believe you represent our state. Like I, I hated everything he He's said. such a joke. Oh, the only person I hate more than him is Bill de Blasio. Uh, yeah. Did you That's know, good. this is my fun fact about Jay Inslee's presidential bid. Did you know while he was running for president, oh, yeah. he spent upwards of a million and a half dollars of taxpayer money on increased overtime pay, travel expenses for uh, state patrol and things like that, and never paid that money back? Hmm. Oh, hmm. weird. Are you saying like the rules aren't the same for yeah. all of us across the board? Yeah. It, but, just okay. it, just as security for his own travel to run his presidential bid. That's what that money is for. Never never talked about it. Never paid it back. Nope. 
Never anything. Just almost two million dollars. That's because we, the population of the state, we 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 openly give him that money because we're so proud hey, of his his bid to run. Yeah. Emperor Inslee, all the way, baby. And it's it's insane how like that just like because like I hate and I don't live there, so I don't know if I hate the wrong word, but it it doesn't feel good. Like I'm learning that from you guys. What happened to our media? Like I like that feels like a story. Like that again. I can't write. I'm not, I have a face for radio, really. Um, so oh, you're doing yourself a disfavor. No, but, but like, I just like anyone, anyone could have said it. Anyone, anywhere could have been like, hey, if you said, Paul, insert politician, misuse funds, that should be a frontline story. Don't care what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I just like, 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 what are we doing? Like, and like, I thought we were going to have, like, I was hopeful, right? Like, everybody, the panic in 2016 was where i was now right because i was just like okay joe biden's coming in the media have exposed themselves as just political pundits for, for democrats so i was just like you know what it's gonna be fine they're gonna call the balls and strikes for joe biden and like with with the latest being kamala harris and, and the border like just don't come just, do not just, come <laughs> do not come we've been She's to like, the border here's that but she also hasn't been to Europe. Yo, when she said she hasn't been to Europe, I that was, was like, I thought it was a meme. I thought it was a joke. I, was dead. I, saw, I saw it on Instagram. I was just like, okay. Like, like, what Somebody is this? doctored this, please, right? 100%. And then I, go, I YouTube it. And YouTube, obviously, is where I go to get all my information. And like for that to be real. And I was just like, no one said anything. I was just like, this this feels good. Like, like if she just stopped there on a plane, she – like, just think about how long it would take you when you have a private jet, right? That could fly you anywhere. Everybody yes. on your team's vaccinated. You're vaccinated. You've been traveling. But, like, they're like, well, we're going to Guatemala first. I'm just like, listen, like, like in the same way Ted Cruz shouldn't have traveled to Mexico while Texas was going through a disaster, you should go to the border. Yes. It's the, it's the same thing to me. Well, it's, and- it's, and it's odd because they're even going to Mexico next and not going to the border. Like, that's even the next stop is Mexico, but they're not going to stop at the border. That's what, what fucking reason are you not going to the border it's on your way home? on the way. You have to go over it again. You have to fly over it a second time you to get home. at least look down or something? No. no. So, George Bush's it. Katrina flyover. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, that looks really fucked up down there. That's not good. There's at least was, a dozen people outside in a, in a fence. That's no good. Oh, man. 100%. And then, like, I don't know. It's, like, dejecting. Like, I, I, I tried to take, well, I was, I told myself I'd take a, a politics hiatus. And then you guys asked me to come on. So I used you guys as a scapegoat to let me listen to more. We're enablers. Like, it's all yeah, 100%. It's really just cracking my veins at this point. But, like, <laughs> just, like, w- watching this whole thing play out. And, like, she's, like, skirt. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Like, you see how flabbergasted I get? Because, like. It's dirty. No one can even ask the question. Like, uh, what's the dude? The guy from uh, NBC did. He was just like Lester Holt. Lester Holt. Lester Holt. Like yeah. he did. Good on him. He was just like, hey, like at least a half it? a credit to Lester Holt. Yeah. For, for you know, something. He said you know? the words at least. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Hundred yeah. percent. Like he I was, just like he didn't want to, but he said it. Yeah. <laughs> also, if I become famous, if I ever become famous, and I have or a win, when I become famous and there I'm a go. billionaire, right, and I just have all these people TMZ following me. I'm hiring Jen Psaki to be my press person. Oh, because hard, yeah. The spins, it's it's amazing. Like, I watch her just back out of everything. She, Joe Biden be like, hey, like, we actively don't want to do it. What Joe Biden meant was that it's something yes. that we're thinking about taking a look at in our next meeting that we're possibly putting on the schedule. And we'll assess that when we get there. Next question, I'm just like, 
Holy Toledo. What the like president Jesus. meant was. How did you say that? <laughs> I have a couple of really beautiful videos of Jen Psaki that we'll play today um, regarding the increased unemployment insurance um, and oh, the yeah. way, you know, whether or not that's negatively affecting the labor shortage. So I've got yeah, some really uh, good videos of that. So I'm excited. I'm yeah. ready. Because, like, uh, yeah, I get, I get hot and heavy for economics here. Fully like, edited and labeled on the double phone. So hard oh yeah yo you guys are getting tech savvy listen you guys are on the oh what is that the double you phone you haven't seen the double phone bro oh dude okay Watch. insert ad for hashtag double phone it's full on double phone here let me get my second screen on here wait full on, oh wait. yeah full on are you not phone. are you not iphone anymore no oh he graduated no this is an lg and so i can run two apps completely independent from each other at the exact same time like it's nobody's business Oh my God! That's how you know I don't use iMessaging I can, anymore. I didn't know you had that. I can swap. Oh my God! Look at that! <laughs> the game changer. Oh yeah, it's legit. Look, you yes. watch your HBO and take it notes. It folds all the way around. What? It closes up completely. It's legit. I'm telling you. This Yo, is how like I've that. been. Yeah, and I can if I'm like talking to you guys on this screen here. And I'm reading an article here. There's a button on the conversation to just in, in, instantly screenshot this and pull it into the conversation. And I don't have to save it or anything. And I can just send it to you guys and then move on with my day. My hands are getting sweaty. I know. Uh, this, okay. this is, yeah, this is it's like it's made to work with a, with a stylus and everything. So like the note feature, I mean, it's it's, it's been incredible. And it's an Android. So the swipe function, it was designed on Android. So the ability to read and swipe text on the one screen, it's incredible. Okay, well, that's fair. I feel so Listen. old now. And this was the price. This second screen is technically... The case, uh, right? Yeah, it's technically an accessory. And so it's a case that the phone goes into. Here, I'll pop this out real quick. Oh, pop so it's, it's not the phone. It's a case. So this is the phone. Yeah, and it's designed for it. This is the case, yeah. And so it's the legit. phone just slips in here, and then you have the second screen. Yeah. And High so quality, these together... Video are the price of the last gen iPhone. Oh. That's ridiculous. iPhone's still better, so <laughs> if oh. iPhone if iPhone had a double screen phone, I would have got it. Yeah. But they don't. It's too much screen for me. I just you know not enough. Too... More. Hey, on the topic of phones real quick. Yes. And oh god. I know if you've all been on YouTube, you're getting these commercials for that new Google phone. Yes. Right. And they like to the the ad basically says, you know, like, oh yeah, no it's a, got a built-in spam blocker and spam call blocker and like all these different things that I'm going. So you're marketing this phone, knowing the fact that what you make money in is selling people's information to these people that then spam your phone. Yeah. But so they're they're giving, they're making a phone <laughs> way out that slightly circumvents that. <laughs> It's like so they're just if you buy that, their phone really and get on their plan then they will just conveniently they'll still sell all your data but then you just don't get it on the back end because they know who they're selling it to so they can block all that stuff it's for the you phone plan that can colin it's the phone plan that can so i i'm super ignorant so i'm gonna be honest with you guys i don't know what the phone is because i have youtube premium so i don't actually see oh i don't get commercials on youtube uh, i'm sorry oh boy google yeah, so Google has their own phone plan now yep. um, that you can, instead of having AT&T or whatever, you can get a phone plan through Google. We can um, get Google Fi? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
and they've they've made their own phones for a long time, like yeah. the Google Pixel yeah. and stuff the like Pixel, that. Yeah. But yeah, but now they have their own phone company, and so you can get your service through them and do all that shit. And so, like Colin is saying, they're saying that they have all built-in spam blockers and ad blockers and all this shit, which I didn't which even good consider. Yeah, because they're the ones that really were selling funny. that stuff anyway. So they're getting all of your information anyway because you're buying the phone from them. Yep. That is hilarious. I, I was highly offended the first time I saw that, and I was like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" Alphabet is one of the worst perpetrators right. of doing this, and now they're offering they're they're having you buy their service now that just slightly circumvents what they make money off of doing to you anyway. And sure. and if you're doing the automatic diagnostics, you know, like the option on your phone, then they're getting all that information oh, yeah. all of the time anyway. Yep. <laughs> of like what you're seeing, the apps that you're using, how yep. well they're working. You just don't that have to deal so with the fallout. That is so fucking funny. It's, oh, it's that's terrible. so America. That's Listen, so America. That's they, awesome. They're really, co they're copying our pharmaceutical <laughs> industry. They're causing a problem uh, and then fixing wow. it with drugs. Yep. They're that the supplier awesome. and the fixer. Yep. They're the supplier Listen, and the fixer. I love it. That's ex I never thought of it like that. It's the same thing. That's awesome. It's, it, Google's gone big pharma, bro. Look out. It's the only place else to go. I mean, with Jeff Bezos quitting Amazon and going to space and Elon Musk going to space, like, there's just like, yeah. listen. So you either go to space or you can continue growing your massive, 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 massive wealth. Yeah. Well, the, at least our federal government is, allow is paying Jeff Bezos to go to space. Thank our God. own Thank God. senator, Maria Cantwell, which I won't use her moniker on youtube obviously um yeah she's the one that fought for that 10 billion dollars to go to blue origin because she didn't like the fact that spacex undercut them by almost 100 percent. and so like well we got to continue to make sure Slipped that there's competition in the bill. space yeah. race so here's 10 billion dollars there bezos wait 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 so we, we yes oh yeah don't don't try to think about it too yes. hard it'll break your brain yeah, yep. SpaceX would say with their bid was like two billion dollars, yeah, and the one for Blue Origin was like twelve or fifteen billion dollars, and so obviously the federal government was like SpaceX get the or NASA it was NASA that chose NASA was yep. like get the fuck after it we're scientists get to space, Maria Cantwell was like oh no 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 we can't do that Bezos though yep. Bezos so so her state here, too I just feel like this is my problem with taxes right as huh. just a tax person like. Everybody's like, well, why don't you want people to pay more in taxes? And it's because it's like, <laughs> that's why <laughs> we, we, like, we, we still have hey, we still have NASA when two private companies have beat NASA, ultimately proving it to be null and void, right? Like we've, we've now established that, hey, NASA, whatever you were the leader in, you're no longer the leader. Yeah. So why haven't we cut them? Secondly, in a choice between like giving money, we chose to give money to Jeff Bezos who then I guarantee you I could find the clip of her saying that Jeff Bezos should pay more in taxes. Well, you just oh, yeah. took all the tax money that we're giving him more, and instead of taxing him more, you just gave him a grant. Yeah. Yep. So, like, literally, you're perpetuating the – like, you're literally – so even if you taxed him more, you've literally just paid his tax bill. And, mm -hmm. and By a lot. you bet your ass if he comes up with losses at the end of the fiscal year, they're going to cover that shit. Which 100%. Is, yeah. Yep. 100%. And it's just, I, I, so I don't get it. Like, I feel like, and this is what makes me want to do politics because I feel like I could sit in a room and I can come up with a better budget. The and three I, of us, the three of us could run an unbeatable campaign of politics. Oh yeah. Oh God. If I, well, I, I think we'd struggle on the campaign. Uh, again, I don't know if we would campaign. Well, I really think we would have just a great caucus. So like if the three of Once us were got in, there, 
Yeah, it just we, we get in. I think it's just gonna be lit. I, What's the name I, of our? It's just gonna be lit. <laughs> uh, we gotta oh, come God. up with a dope name. Yeah. God, I don't know. Like what? The Freedom Fighters. The, the Freedom Fighters. Fight, the Foo Fighters. <laughs> I believe sure that's already taken. taken. <laughs> I think it's already taken. Um, I don't know. I'm terrible with names. I'm the least creative person in the world. Like literally the least creative person in the world. Um, I've literally named almost everything I've ever touched after Atlas Shrugged. Because that book changed my life. So, like, literally, Atlas Tax and Accounting Tax Solution, my real estate companies, Atlas Real Estate Holdings. So, like, literally, like, Atlas Flippers is flipping. I am, I get emotionally attached to things, and I never deviate. So, I shouldn't come up with the name. So, real quick, have you read The Fountainhead? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've read all I know. So, I think, Atlas Shrugged or Fountainhead? Atlas, so, Atlas Shrugged was... So Fountainhead's a better book, right? Like, if you're looking into, like, where does Iron Man stand on objectivism, like... Go ahead and do, do Fountainhead to really understand it. I think it's really well written. I think Atlas Shrugged was like, she was sitting there and she was just like, people like, I don't get it. I don't understand. And so like, if for people to understand something, you have to tell a story. Uh-huh. And I think Atlas Shrugged is a perfect complement of a story to really just to show what she was thinking. Because I think, she, I don't know if she got crazy, but like with philosophers, they go off the deep end and they die on their hill. And so, like she, like she, like was just like, well, rapist is just satisfying his his want, and I was just like, eh, okay, I'm out. But like <laughs> the Atlas Shrugged is really just showing, like, hey, like these are what the tenants are showing, and I think it's interesting to read it and then to see like what's happening. Like a lot of the the, the, the themes that she pointed to are happening right now. Oh yeah, and I think and I think that's what's interesting, and I think that's why like Atlas Shrugged. I think it's because it gives you a little bit of a story. You know, you get to fall in love with Dagny. I am Hank Reardon. You know, I want to be Hank Reardon. Who um, is Hank Reardon? Hank, I haven't read those ones. You haven't read Atlas Shrugged? No, but now I'm going to buy it on audiobook and I'll listen to it. It's, yeah, it's a thousand I'm going to listen to it at work. That's <laughs> it's only huge. I'm sure I can it, find it for a steal. If you really, I don't know how you guys feel about bad movies. Uh, I feel, well, the, the, well, the, it's like a five part or something like that, right? On eight Amazon? Parts, 64 hours. Good yep. God. Yeah. I look, I, I try to listen to it t- probably two or three times a year and I try to read it once a year. I, so love, I love that book. I, I try, got I, yeah, Oh, yeah. I mean, the audiobook's worth it. 64 hours of your time, that's fine. You'll crush it in like, well, really, you can crush it in eight days at work if you care. Well, oh, that's, yeah. I'll cry. Yeah, and the audiobook like is it's weeks, really good quality too. I I have it. It's really good. Word. Yeah. yeah. I I get I, I just admitted that I sold my soul to Jeff Bezos, so I now have Audible. So yep. I just bought it. I I own it through Audible. Shill. Like, he makes good products. Like I that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. It, it's it's we've gotten ourselves to a point in society, and we'll talk more in depth. I think about this when we start talking about eventually more of the the economic stuff, but. We have essentially gotten to a point where we society can't operate without Amazon anymore, no, among a few other countries or companies, and it's because he made a clutch company, man. It's it's great. I mean, anything that you really want, you could get within two days, just dropped yeah. off at the front of your house. Even faster if you live in a major city. Oh yeah, and you like, get the same day. Hundred crazy. Like his his like his plan that he. Oh, I don't know if it's his plan. Let me rephrase that. Uh, what I've read that he's looking into, understanding that I obviously don't know him, is that he's like he wants to go around and buy the malls, mm. and then turn them into fulfillment centers, so that he could just naturally get closer. So like, like because if he is in Silverdale, like he now has access to Port Orchard with like oh that yeah finite the extra amount of time. It's just like again for him, it's money. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, and I mean they did put one in out by uh, you know where Bremerton Airport's at heading out of Coast. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. a 
giant fulfillment center they put in there over Is the last couple built? of years. Oh, yeah. They don't screw around, man. They don't, for some reason, a giant corporation like Amazon doesn't run into the permitting problems that all of us plebs have to deal with. They just, it's, they it's, built that thing within a year, man. It was up and running. A, it was wild. It's, 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 it's frustrating. That's probably the most frustrating thing. It's just like, this is why I can't take anything seriously. Cause like everyone's like, oh, we got to fight the billionaires. Like, listen, you keep giving the billionaires money. So like, who yeah. believes you? Like you, you want to be tough on billionaires. And, and so like, and like, I, I try. I don't like when people insult Jeff Bezos because Jeff Bezos is an evil he's, genius. He's an evil genius. But he's like, a Bond the, villain. He even looks the but part he's now. Hundred percent. Like he's smart. Well, yeah, he's massive. I didn't know how mm-hmm. big he had gotten. Like he's he's jacked. Oh really? You see, yeah. you could see his different evolutions. I found oh, yeah. a picture. I think Tim was talking about it on the Timcast one day. There's like a montage of all his little different evolutions, and now the dude is ripped out of his mind, and he looks. He's got to pick up a new bitch, right? I mean, he I mean, divorced. <laughs> I don't his think wife is already married to somebody yeah. else. Yeah, or getting married to somebody else. So it's wow. wild. What an act to follow, Jeff Bezos. I know. What an act to follow. Yeah. I, when he I, blows I, up in space, it's going to be tragic. And no one's going to be able to fill He's his He's going, shoes, like, I mean. next week with his brother or something. Uh, all, July, yeah, the 20, yep. July 20th. There you go. Yep, day before so my next, birthday, bro. Oh, there you go, next month. So we'll be able to report on whether yep. or not Jeff Bezos is in small, tiny bits in space. Do you, do you guys watch Billions? No. I don't, no. What is this? So it's it's a stock show. I like it. But one of the plot it's lines in show. there was, like, uh, a rich billionaire going to outer space. So it's like a fictional Show. It's a fictional show, but yeah. like it's funny because it's playing out like Jeff Bezos. Like you dominate, like you're like, oh, I want to do something different. Like I want to see something different. And I'm just like, like you know how much confidence he has to have, and like first plane, like first rocket out, like 50 years old, tons of life. Like he'll probably live to his 194 because like he'll yeah. just probably re- recreating other humans to them, replace their organs with his or his organs. With just put his brain in there. Yeah, I'm fairly yeah, I'm sure he created the first android, who we all know now as Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I'm fairly sure. I mean, it's a prototype, obviously. Yeah. He has some problems drinking fluids, but... Oh, my God. I just... I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be the first one. But, yeah, <laughs> he, he's a psychopath. Like, listen, but, like, he is Jack. You should look up a picture of him. He's super Jack on your 18 uh, screens on your phone. Um, yeah. You can look up how Jack he is. Still not enough. No, it's... Well, listen, I have three monitors. I'm going for six. So, like, I could only be... Especially so after perfect. looking at that disgusting Jeff Tubin. Yeah. Uh, Let's we'll see if he's Bezos here. Oh, God. Oh, where his. Let's just do Jeff Bezos jacked. There he is. Oh, shit. There he is. Yeah. We'll, we'll show the Damn. people. We'll show the people real quick. Hopefully that works. Boom. He's absolutely massive. He is absolutely massive. Wow. Yep, there it is. It popped up there. Good. Yeah. He's <laughs> huge. Yeah, yeah. Good he him. is a Bond villain, dude. Yeah. I That's mean, what he used him. to look like over there. Right. Look right. At that when now. the very like, beginning. I will wreck you. Weird. <laughs> what a weird thing. Yeah. Listen, he's great. I would give anything to meet him, though. Not anything. All right, dude, him. to have like a three hour conversation with Jeff Bezos, what would yeah. come out of that? I that couldn't is, afford it, but I don't right. know. I, I I hope I would be smart enough to talk to him. Like, that's probably my biggest worry is just like, am I smart enough to carry on the proper conversation to stimulate him enough to like can want to continue through our conversation? Like that's insane to me. Either that, he either wants that, or because he's so busy all the time, he's like, just talk to me about the Seahawks. Yeah, you know? I bet you he hasn't had sports, a regular, you know? like a normal conversation in a yeah. long time. I bet you he'd appreciate that. 
Yeah, he probably has what seventeen businesses. He, he's two big ones right now, but yeah. he also has all the other stuff he's involved in. Obviously, he bought Twitch. Like he's just been buying stuff up. He bought Twitch. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. He's on Twitch. Well, he's Twitch on Twitch since twenty eleven. Oh no. Yeah, Washington yeah. Post. I love he put out a, an opinion article in his own paper the other day. <laughs> he yeah. put one out the, ma- in the post. Could you imagine an editor being like, "Yeah, we're not going to run this. Sorry, Jeff. This yeah. is not very good." Soon enough, the Washington Post is is, is just going to be the Jeff Bezos version of Donald Trump's website, like his blog. You know? <laughs> it's just going to be shit that Jeff Bezos thinks is cool and stuff that he wants to be on there. You know, it's all that's all that the Washington Post is oh, going to be. Side note: I am super glad that they that website went down. Like it, it totally went to fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. I, ne- I never went. I never went to the blog. Uh, I was like, hey, like you should you have been kicked off of uh, Facebook? Maybe, probably not. Um, am I ever gonna read your blog? No, no. Or I got Hard off no. all of his things. Like I, I really don't want him. I don't even want him to run. No, um, I don't want Kamala to run, but she's gonna run. I'm she's she's not gonna have to run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she. She'll have to run for re-election. Yeah. Because uh, there's there's just no – Joe Biden, that's 80, 79 is not good. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I could not – we just I, – I don't want Trump to run Dr. DeSantis. You know who I really love, though? Uh, Miss Nome from uh, – Christy Nome? Christy Nome from South Dakota. Yeah, she's pretty big, solid. Big, big fan. I, yeah. I think she's so smart, intelligent, smart, just funny, just, just you know, active, just great, great. So I, the... I've enjoyed listening to her talk. So let me ask you about something, Larry. Let's get into Send the it. topic, okay? Let's do it. Let's get so, into it. Um, something that I've been thinking about, and it'll kind of bridge us into, I think, your your theory here, right? Something that I have to ask you about because I'm not understanding it, but it made me think when you were talking about Democrats want to defeat the billionaires, but they keep giving billionaires more money, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we talked about it in the pre-show a little bit, but like this, this deal with the housing market. Right. And there have been a lot of articles lately about BlackRock specifically, enormous investing fund. I think it's the largest investing fund in the world. Yeah, it's right? definitely one of the top uh, like three or four. Yeah, it's big. It's asset m- management. Multiple companies. trillions of dollars worth of oh, investing. Yeah. They do it. It's just a timed thing on the grid. Huh? Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. But That's very interesting. Guys. No, I'm not mad at it. I think it's funny. Um, so, BlackRock buying up all of this residential housing. Right. Yeah. And because they're putting in bids that are, I think I saw 30 to 50% higher than the asking price for the current part of the house. I have currently been hearing coworkers of mine, you know, talk about how this isn't a bubble. You know, it's going to be like this forever. Why wouldn't it be like this forever? Like what's going on here? And it seems to me as somebody who lived through 2008, my family lost their house in like 2012. It seems evident to me that this looks like it is a housing bubble because people's homes are being appraised for way more than they're worth you mm-hmm. know and i know that a lot of your thing has been inflation um and so if we we're talking about like job short labor shortages you know things like that yeah. um what is your take on this whole deal with blackrock if you sure. if you're paying attention what you're paying oh yeah yeah. yeah you have to because uh we didn't lose a bid to them but we did lose a uh a bid to a investment bank that paid like i think like ninety seven thousand dollars over asking so there's that but I don't know if it's a – I don't think it's a bubble, right? So this is what yeah. I'll say, right? So the problem that people ran into is that, like, people – banks were so massively leveraged, right? So they're taking leverage, giving money to people who didn't need the money. The difference, in my opinion, this time is banks aren't giving anyone money. They're just going direct to consumer. They are going to buy it, right? So the question you have to ask then 
it's a bubble. Like, why are they buying the homes, right? Because they appreciate X amount of thing. Over time, you keep it on balance sheet. It also gives you super cheap debt, right? And Dave Ramsey will say yep. debt is bad, but debt has a place, right? And it's really just like, you know, with inflation on the rise, the easiest way to deal with it is to take on super cheap debt because the debt gets cheaper as you go on. So a 30-year mortgage is going to be super cheap in the in the past, in the future or in the future, right? And the easiest way to show it is like a house that's worth seventy thousand dollars, and you're like, oh man, I'm working super hard to pay this three hundred dollar note now, or sorry, nineteen seventies worth seventy thousand dollars, paying about three hundred dollar dollar mortgage. Now that three hundred dollar mortgage is the easiest thing in the world. You're like that that doesn't hit me at all, right? Because you have natural wage inflation, natural costs and stuff that go like everything goes up. So that's good for them, and that's really good for their books to give them a good residual return, right? So when you're not worried about how much money you're going to get, right? Because they're so big, like that's not where they're making the money, right? Right. But you do get a, a steady return, right? So all you're doing is trying to control market. People are going to rent. Even if they don't buy, people need to live somewhere. Where are they going to live? So ready. they're going to have a steady return. It may not be the same kind of return that, that's competitive to me, but their 5% return is cool when I'm looking for a 12. So they can crush the market, buy up all the supply, and then raise prices and then extract more turns. So like the leverage that caused the bubble last time, they're not as worried about because they feel more secure in their investments and they have more money to throw at it. There is an issue, right? And this is where I don't understand. So I need yeah. your help with this, right? I'm trying to understand because I know the Fed is involved somehow with BlackRock buying all these things, right? The Fed is covering the back end, covering back deals. Like I was reading yesterday, they're buying ETFs that, are, that BlackRock is involved with that's, that involved in that's helping them fund this acquisition by, by BlackRock, right? So yeah. then I'm trying to understand what the fuck an ETF is, right? And okay. there really was no amount of research I could do independently that would actually tell me what an ETF is. It's just this eternal circle of ETF mutual fund, ETF mutual fund, ETF mutual fund, and these are the slight differences between the two. Yeah, so I wouldn't dig in too deep to like, how does an ETF differentiate from an index fund? I think that's too much in the minutia and you're not gonna care about. It. The ETF is a type of index fund, right? So a mutual fund, right? We'll start so with what's, what's an what's an index fund? So, and so a mutual fund is basically like you buy a stock, right? We go buy an Apple. And then you're like, hey, like I want to buy Apple's like what? $2,000. And you want to buy Amazon, that's like $3,200. Say you want to buy GoPro, that's like another $100. And you want to be able to pay Palantir. I think that's like 90 or $107 or something like that, right? And you're like, wow, I don't have enough money to diversify across all these stocks. So a mutual fund says, hey, me, you, and the hundreds of thousands of people are going to pull our money so that we can properly diversify across these different sectors. Because okay. your thousand, Colin's thousand, my thousand is nothing, but our $3,000 means more and our million would mean even more. That's a mutual fund. Okay. An index fund is something that where someone creates a fund that mimics uh, something, right? So the Certain characteristics of an index fund, right? Well, the index fund is gonna mimic the fortune. The mutual fund. The mutual fund, exactly. Yes. So okay. it's just, it's going to index it. It just means it's going to basically mark itself against the S&P 500. So if someone says, hey, I'm in the S&P 500 index fund, it's not, they don't own every single company, but that index fund is going to copy whatever the S&P 500 is, right? So it's going to have the same return as what you see on the ticker when you see S&P 500. At and a slightly ETF, lower risk? 
it's super low risk, right? Okay. Well, especially that one, right? Because A, there's so many companies there, right? So you're not really beholden to a company. So when, what's a Fortune 500 company? When Ford is idiotic and there's, or sorry, when American Airlines is idiotic and they're leveraged out of their minds and they collapse into themselves before the government bailed them out, um, you aren't worried about your index fund as much because the other 500 companies, right? Amazon skyrocketing because Jeff Bezos is buying America. So you're going to, it basically <laughs> levels it off, right? Yeah. So the index fund is okay. basically America. saying that you're going to index or mimic S&P 500. The ETF is the evolving of it, right? And I don't want to get too deep because this is where it loses me. ETF is basically an electronic format of trading where it trades super, super, super micro fees, but so often that gives you the gain, right? So like it's at the, the tertiary level, but it's essentially a type of mutual fund, right? What okay. the federal or what the Fed is doing was during this, they started to do, they started to buy, literally buy stock. So like when stuff should have tanked and the market should take hold, they're like, hey, we're gonna buy this stock to to basically hold this up. So it's an artificial holding up right. of the stock. Right. BlackRock benefits in it, right? Because if you're a big company, they're like, hey, we can't give money directly to BlackRock. That's that would be that would be showing our hand just a little bit too much, even for the government. A little too right? much, right? Literally just funding it. So you'd be like, hey. Duh. you're invested in cows in North Dakota. I'm not going to give you $10 million, but I'm going to inject $100 million into the cow industry in North Dakota. That's going to heal and recover your life, going to put you in a great place, but you haven't done anything. It's artificial. And that's how the Fed is contributing to BlackRock other people, right? That's how they're getting money in the big people's pocket. And so that's so that's where I started to get concerned, right? Yes. Is the idea of this not being a bubble, maybe not a traditional bubble in the way like you were talking about that the bank itself is over leveraged, but when the Fed is investing money that's actively being inflated in a company that is actively acquiring huge swaths of the market, yeah, there is a circle of inflation there that is eventually going to come to tide somewhere right someone's gonna have to is gonna be left holding the bag per se at the end of that yeah, and, the real and it's not gonna be blackrock eventually right? kind of level out 100 so uh, uh, assuming Ideally. i know that's what i'm saying yeah. you know what i'm saying at this point at this point even and i i asked this right because i have some quotes here from from jen Saki, from jake sullivan they're talking about these uh in these supply line bottlenecks oh. right that's what they're called that's the term they're yeah. using now is supply line bottlenecks supply and nice. demand right so i found this really interesting supply line bottlenecks this and so solid gin sake yes to, to the point that they started like 90 days ago because it just finished they started doing an investigation into what the issue was in the supply line bottlenecks mm -hmm. why is this happening right yeah. and so before this is even done they're saying, oh, one of the issues specifically with construction and housing is supply line bottleneck somewhere. Not going to specify how, don't really know, but there's a supply line bottleneck and that's yeah. the issue with supply and demand, right? Yes. First of all, I know that's not really true because yeah. fucking people that we know in construction are building houses out the asshole, right? Oh, yeah. So that's, that's not the problem. They're talking all oh, lumber, you know, fucking whatever. It's this and it's this. This this is not the issue, right? The prices are going up because the demand is higher, but mm -hmm. the the fact that people can't get it is not that's not true. Because at yeah. the end of the day, somebody is going to have a bigger amount of money than your average everyday yes. home buyer. Yes, and your product that you're going to be forced to sell at a higher markup due to the massive increase in supply 
that you need to build that product, yes. it's still you're not you're still not going to have a problem selling that at the back end. You're right. just not selling yeah. it to the plebs yeah. like us. So I might not be able to do an improvement on my house, mm -hmm. but somebody building a home is still going to be able to get the supplies to build that home. Yep. Right. Yes. So that's so I'm confused on how this artificial thing that's going on. You know, this isn't it. None of this is real. And it's all from different corners being propped up like it's not a problem, you well, know. <clears throat> from my experience in that direct field, there is a supply problem, yeah. but it's not it's not a problem that has caused the industry to stop or slow down what they're doing. Right. It's just there is a lot of back order. You're having to find alternative suppliers for materials that you used to be able to get, and a lot of it is just because the the base manufacturing end, the employees who are doing the work at a manufacturing plant to provide the base product you need to build your end goal product, they're not there anymore. And, or, or they're in a very reduced capacity because they don't have to work right now. Yeah. And so that's causing prices to skyrocket. The supply shortage is indeed true, but it's not like – that's why they could say there's not a shortage because – it still exists. You're just going to have to pay out the ass to get it. You're going to have to do a lot more work to find it. And it's going to cost you more on the back end to, to yeah. get that. So it's not, that's how they can get away by saying there is no real supply shortage. And, it's the bottlenecks and blah, blah, blah. And so, so if that's happening, right, mm -hmm. if all of these prices are being uh, maybe artificially inflated is not the best way to put it. That's the best word I can come up with at this particular moment, right? I because think it's an because it doesn't do reflect it. the true cost of yes. what those goods really are yep. in a yep. standard time, right? Because the so, federal government is causing the artificial drawdown. Yes. So if the if the cost of everything, and I'm 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 trying to work something out here. So forgive me if I'm not making a whole lot no, of sense. No, of it, but so if the cost of all of these things, from supplies to labor two houses are all being artificially inflated. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how it's not a bubble. You so, know what I'm saying? Even if it's not in the traditional sense, like I said, that the banks themselves are over leveraged. If the federal government is doing all of this and also trying to artificially manage inflation, because that's definitely happened, the artificial management of inflation, I don't understand how someone isn't going to get fucked at the end of this. You know? And it seems to me like it's going to be the class of people that I think Sagar and Crystal have been talking about, like the permanent renting class that is going to be created mm -hmm. by yeah. this cycle of disgustingness that's happening with this investing fund, you know? And it, if I had to just does that make throw sense my, what I'm yeah, it does. Okay. And if I had to throw my initial thought out there, it's probably because in the previous bubble, you know, it was the private banks that yes. were holding all the 2008 they were the financial ones holding prices. the bag at the end of the day. Yeah. But in this particular case, it's the Fed. And they are the money supply. The Fed is everything. And so there is no – they could do whatever they want because at the end of the day, they can always just print more money. And so it's not like a bank where they will be leveraged against the Fed or something like that. It's That's where it all begins. It's the origin point of all currency. And so if they're the ones in artificially inflating everything by printing out more money, you know – um, at the end of the day, there's nobody that's going to call their loans or anything like that. They're the ones that are pumping the money, so they can't pop, Yeah, I guess. If, if I had to – that's my instinctual kind of like – that's where I would think about that. 
Yeah, and, and I think just to add on, like you're you're not wrong. You're in a good place. I think you're in the same way earlier. I was looking in the bathroom and it was in the kitchen. Yeah, I think that's what's happening here, right? So like, what's like, we have a couple things going causing price going. You uh, Colin already talked about one, right? There is a supply and constraint. You're also right. I have no idea where it's at. I've just heard in the lumber industry, just because again, I've had to look for lumber things like that. I've had to change orders and things like that. Like my fence, like we went with a completely different wood than we wanted because we like. He's like, I can do this like four months earlier. So I was like, okay, just fix my fence. It'd be four months to get cedar if you want cedar. But if you want to just go with some naughty pine, we could do that next week. Well, and part, exactly. of, and part of its labor, not to interrupt you, but part of its labor, and I know that for sure because in these press briefings, they were talking about last month there was a decline in construction jobs. Yep. Across yep. the country, you know, overall, there's a decrease in construction jobs. Like Jake is talking about, it's like, because of the amount of work I have right now, he said he could hire 10 more people. But, but in a year... Them. Not even that you can't find him, but in a year he's going to have to lay off at least half of them yep. because it's just right now that this is happening. Yeah, you know, it, 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 we're definitely so it's definitely a spike. And like on top of that, so like people are obviously buying homes, right? There's obviously there's you guys specifically in Washington are also going through a period where you have like you have an like an exodus from Washington. Yep. People are buying up there, right? And so they're doing the same thing, not to the same level as BlackRock, but they are offering above the offering, right? So you'll come in and be like, hey, like 50K over offering, which is literally pushing people out of the market, right? Because like- I will tell you right now, Larry, it is not uncommon for houses, brand new homes right now to be going a solid 100K plus over asking. People are coming in dropping cash for yeah, those see, things. And that's and that's tough to beat. And then it is. The, the second thing we have is like, this is kind of the problem you're alluding to, right? So like the more money, in the market, right? The more supply, the more they print, there's more dollars chasing less products, right? Yes. So this is where the inflation is, right? That's what they call it, like a hot market. They're trying to keep it cool because like, if everyone has a million dollars, the P, like best example is the PS, uh, the PS5, what is, is that what it was? Mm -hmm. But like, so two things happened. One, constraint supply. So that automatically shot it up. But once you gave the stimmies, it artificially moved the price of the PS5s. Because once you know, like, hey, everybody has $1,200 in the back pocket, why would I leave it at $800 when people are out there? Because then the person who wants it the most and willing to pay that, they're going to ruin the market. Yep. So that's going there too. So the real, for specifically for lumber, like everybody is waiting till September. Because yep. that was the initial prediction. Like, hey, in September, this is all going to be fixed. Prices should regulate and we should get it out, right? Because they're saying it's not inflation, right? That's right. the same thing they're saying with cars, because right now, like you probably heard, like we're at five percent inflation, which is a little dramatic, if I could say, because we, we're within month to month, we were one percent, which is okay. It's a little bit high, but it was predicted, so we're comfortable. But from if you do year, year over year, it's going to be five percent. That being said, we have to wait for this to normalize, because we are, and I don't like maybe not too hard, but we are going through a little bit of recession. So like that, the the supply, although there's a glut, everything should normalize in September, and we'll see what it is. On the back end of what you're talking about, the the difference between now and then, right? There's a bunch of people who had subprime mortgages who are also holding variable rate, like uh, variable rate, like uh, loans. Yeah. So like after a period of time, a ton of those hit with people who could not pay that loan, and so there is a mass massive amount of foreclosure. If you look at the foreclosure numbers, they haven't been trending in a way to let it go, to finish it all off. Where I think the the bubble is, I think it's in the U.S. dollar, because the U.S. dollar is going to start. Like the more dollars we have out there, right? We all we all know the twenty five percent of our money supply is printed in the last six months. Uh -huh. Well, the more supply out there, there has to be a demand to keep up with it. 
So for example, that's why America does not encourage savers, right? Just upfront consumerism is everything, right? Because it yeah. keeps the money going, keeps the velocity going. B, that's why it's so important for us, in my mind, to then hold on to the international, not only buy oil over uh, overseas, like not be oil dependent, but to like, keep people wanting the petrodollar, right? Because the demand is going to come for everything. I think the bubble you're talking about isn't in the housing market. I think it's in the U.S. currency. And, and so, you've seen, you've sorry, seen that with the way I invest in crypto. Like that's the last part right there. And so do you think that just because often said i think it's true that real estate housing property is how the everyman gains and retains wealth in america so do you think that's because of that it's just easier to see or presents itself easier in the housing market uh the the bubble that we're seeing or that you're predicting is in the dollar itself that's just yeah. the easiest place to see it is in the housing market yeah and i think it's also it's visceral so i think what's happening is like the the blackrock has so much money they that you cannot hold u.s currency 10 plus you, trillion dollars blackrock has that they are investing around the world and around the country 100 because they know the dollar they know the dollars worth it. if it was if you had a, a a a graded 10 uh charizard like logan paul he wears that around his neck because there's nothing else like it around it's that valuable to him the dollar is so useless they're going out of their way to overpay to get into an investment because they know the dollar's trash. And the reason why the housing market's so easy to see, because it's visceral, right? No one likes big banks coming and buying the house. Like it's your dream home. It's their way to stave off against an inflation that the government's ca causing that they're in bed with, right? So they're fixing a problem that they see working at the highest level and they're ruining your dream in the process. Like the American dream is the white picket fence, right? Right. You know, the kids you want, but everybody, our home, like this is my house. Like it's really nice coming home to my house. So when they're not beholden to banks, when they, they become the bank, one, and two, they're staving off and protecting themselves against the problem that the government's causing when they're in bed with them. And three, they're shitting on everybody's dream. That's why the housing market, that's why the crazy headline, because like even when you read the headline, it may not even be in your market. You may not even be in the market for a house, but whenever you see that, someone said, I said it, right? I was okay, we lost a bid for 90K to an investment bank. And you guys are like, yo, fuck them, right? Like, not, you guys are like, I'm not even moving in the house. Like, I'm cool, but like, you're like, fuck them. Because again, it's so visceral. Yeah, because like, like why a person can move into a house. A bank is just yeah. going to own that. And the because the numbers they're don't kinda... give a shit about the house. They don't give a shit about you. The yeah. numbers that no. are running the algorithm that's telling BlackRock, this is what we should invest our money into, doesn't give a shit about the other people that want to move into that house. Yeah. doesn't give a shit about the people who just saved for the last five years to try and have enough for a down payment of the house that just got swept out from under for, like, for 90K yeah. above asking price when their wiggle room was 5K. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So let me see if I could put it in another way. And Larry, tell me if this is kind of apt. Um, for BlackRock, investing in massive amounts of real estate is essentially akin to you, you, know, you me us, whatever, whoever's doing it, the individual investing their money in crypto, because I don't have faith enough in the U.S. dollar to put it in a bank, because my yes. $100 I put in the bank tomorrow right. okay. is going to be worthless in a year from now, so okay. I put it in crypto, because it's not tied to the U.S. currency. Okay. So they, is that kind of the same deal that we're talking about? They're looking for places to stash their money, because if you're holding the dollar right now, you're, that's, it's suicidal. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's all, all anyone's doing when they invest is they're looking for a store value. Mm -hmm. 
Because if you look in the 1970s when we were experiencing, uh, or sorry, when we we're coming out of experiencing stagflation, rising prices with inflation, uh, or sorry, <laughs> sorry, high unemployment with inflation. I apologize. Yep. That's the backwards. Anyways, we had like a 17% savings rate. So people saved. Like it was encouraged to put your money back in because you're like, I'm going to put this in knowing that it's going to be worth more later. Uh-huh. You You hear about it all the time. Banks are giving you nothing to leave your money in there. So you're yeah. not, you're getting what, 0.1%? On no incentive. Gap? No incentive. So all anyone's doing when you invest is looking for a store value. You're going to say, I'm going to put my money here thinking it's going to be worth more. The only reason you put your money in stocks when you're a kid is because when you're older and you take it out, you're like, okay, this should, this should rise. Compounding interest, things like that. That's all they're doing with houses. And they're doing it on such a large scale. It's what I encourage people to do with crypto because crypto is so new. A, it forces people to understand it because I think it's important. B, it's a way to store value, right? Like everybody's made fun of me when crypto dropped. Everyone said, oh, Larry, because like, I made that post. I was fucking out there. I was like, boom, if you had invested with me in crypto in the exact portfolio I told you, you're still up. Like I was mm-hmm. still up 27%. Yeah, when and you were buying if- it at 60, when it was the, the top of the spike, it's probably not the best time to buy it. I mean, I, I know I did because it was it was chump change at that point. I was just buying 20 bucks, anything, but right. it's the same so, deal. And then we all knew it was going to settle out eventually. And that was fine because we'd already bought in before it spiked anyways. percent. And then the crazy part is again, I it's, it's we're going to have another spike. For uh-huh. like, uh, we, we talk about it later, but like all, all we're looking for is store value. BlackRock, yeah. the smartest people in the world to this, uh, you tell someone proves me wrong. To, the smartest people in the world are investment things. Because that that is the most competitive, right? You can be what you can be a boy, girl. You can be a he, she, they, them. You can be black, white. If you are a money producing asset, you're gonna win in that world because money is everything. Maybe not sitting around the table, but go ahead and talk to the brokers. Go ahead and look at the commission checks that they're getting off the checks, right? Like, because like you you, you said it, ten trillion dollars, right? Ten trillion dollars. So even if you get a two percent, um commission which is shit you're still gonna make 200 billion dollars yeah those are the commission checks you're cutting so how competitive is that the most competitive just because the most competitive the winners are there so when like blackrock knows what they're doing and so everybody kind of got mad that they're doing it when everyone should be asking why are they doing it uh-huh. so let me ask you this because i think that you're right about the visceralness or viscerality i don't know what what the active version yeah. of that word is but i think or you're right about that word. um and part of the reason i agree with you you know as jordan and i start to look at buying a house fuck yep. them you know what i'm saying i'm like there's no exactly. way that as we look at it i could afford to even try for 90k over whatever i'm budgeted at that point you know what i'm saying yep. so if there isn't a bubble which i hear what you're saying I'm gonna keep. I'm not totally convinced, um, but yeah. I hear what you're saying. So where does that leave someone like me? You know what I'm saying? Who maybe in the next year or two is gonna be trying to buy a house? Like if prices are feasibly two hundred thousand dollars of what they realistically should be, right? Like what is that? If there's no hope for the bubble to pop, then like what? Uh, what do I do? You know? I, I think, and this is how I explain it to my friends and my clients. I think. They're the British, we're America, right? Sick, we're patriots, we're the Americans. Um, but in the same way that they're gonna bring more guns, people, better assets, everything, we have to be more creative in our techniques and we have to be more tenacious in our approach. So like what my friends have done, what I've encouraged people to do, what I've done to get in the properties is they're buying turnkey properties. They're buying the nice house, they're buying the house you want. 
So there's one of two things you can do. You can either be pissy, which I was for a long time, that they're buying all the shit I want. Or you mean BlackRock, we, the investment yeah, bank? Yeah, okay. just investment bank zero. They're, and just they're just to be clear, just to, yeah, that you're so, not yeah. talking about your friends, because there are a lot of people who also there's some obviously some people who like <laughs> brand new houses, some people who are willing to put the work in on an old house and make it better. And that's what I think people should focus on. I think people need to look at the house that needs love. Okay. That gets looked at Word. and be like, okay, like what can I do? Because what I've seen the the people are do, who've done the best in this period is buying homes that the the gutters falling off. Buying homes that need that fresh coat of paint, buying homes that need that new roof, because at a certain point it's going to become cheaper to buy a terrible house, fix it up over an extended period of time, and then just live in that. Which gives me hope, uh, because that's that's where I'm at. That's that's who I yeah. am anyway. Is to is to buy an old house and make it what I want it to be. You know, I also. <laughs> And just lucky enough to have those skills, you know, Dax's entire room, I built my whole, like pretty much myself. So, I mean, all those, these are things, you know, that I can do largely by myself, mm -hmm. take down walls, build new rooms, shit like that inside of my right. house. You so, got skills. Yeah. So that, that certainly gives me comfort, you know, that that's, that's going to be the way to go or potentially the way to go is to be buying an older house that large investment funds are not, cause that makes sense. If, if they're, if all they're looking to do is to, like you said, would it just, uh, we say retain wealth, retain worth, oh, retain store wealth. value. Store yes, value. Yeah, that's what it was, right? So if all they're looking to do is store value, they're not going to buy a shitty house and then hire a subcontractor or a contractor to go in and fix the house up so they no. can try and sell it for more. They're just going to buy a house that's good, and then so that that makes a lot of sense. So 100%. flippers. That makes me think about house flippers. Like yeah, that's what I yeah yeah. So I've done some flips this year. Yeah, hundred percent. And what I've learned is like us being smaller with certain skills. Are navigated because when you're competing against BlackRock, you can't think of the game like that. It's the same with Amazon. It's why Amazon wins at such a high level because Jeff Bezos doesn't think like other people. He yeah. literally, like, up, and again, this is me talking to friends that work in Amazon that like sit at the table, just the conversation they have. Two questions he asks whenever he moves into a sector Is this sector going to be here in 10 years? And B, can we innovate around that? And that's those are questions that big businesses don't ask because. They want the least amount of problems. Like you're like, hey, I'm gonna fix this one room, this one roof, this one toilet. They're like, we they would be like, hey, we're gonna have to fix hundreds and thousands, which means we have contractors right. are different, we have the payroll, you have different kind of shit. Like running payroll in Washington is way different than running payroll in Florida. They're way different from Texas, Georgia. So the logistics itself, yeah. Hundred percent, oh, yeah. right? So you're talking about co coordination part, so they don't want that business. So that's what I tell people to do. I've helped people get into homes where it's like, hey, this home isn't what we want now but this isn't a great location. Like, what are you willing to do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like, you have the skills. I don't have the skills. I have negative skills, but I'm super good at helping people creatively acquire money. So that's what I do. I bring money and my friend partner, he does all the building out. He, I, I don't look at hammers. I don't do anything. My DIY consists of putting together Ikea furniture. <laughs> but at the same way, I still have a skill. I can still help you figure out, okay, like, mm. do you need money? Like, do you need the loan? Do you need to meet the right people? Because, like, what I care about at the end of the day is learning what everyone's doing at the highest level, at the fucking tip of the sphere, and then I want to bring it down to everybody. Because I don't like when people, like, like for example, you, you – feel uncomfortable with approaching the conversation buying a house because you, you're intimidated by the process and then you see how much money's being thrown around. How is that fair? 
Yeah. That's not the America I signed up for. So in my head, like you'll never have a question about taxes. You'll never have a question about funding, loans, anything that you can't just hit me up and ask me a question. I can get you the immediate answer. I want to bring that to everyone though. I don't like how people go through life not knowing because people don't know that they should be storing value and BlackRock is stealing money from them. Yeah. Yeah. Not through anything nefarious. Well, they are being nefarious, but it's more just an asymmetrical understanding of information. Like your guys' job has helped you understand, like you cannot fight the battle because you know what's happening. How many people don't know that BlackRock is doing this? Like, just, oh, yeah. just, right. they're just walking through life. And so like, how is that fair? So you're asking the great question, like, well, this fucking sucks. How do I get my piece? Right. And so you've asked a great question and I want to get there to the everyone. So everyone fucking all these kids are going to go in. Like some kids like in a store value are going to college right? Which is the worst store value, in my opinion. Idiots. Mm -hmm. Idiots. Fucking fools. Very, very, a very small percentage of those people are going to get a return on their investment. Yeah. It's worth anything. So, Larry, what you're saying is you are trying to bridge the gap between people (laughs) and information. That's why I like talking to us. This is literally why when I start a podcast, it's coming under you guys. Like, like, I, I, because I I just believe in your mission. That's the key. That's the key to the, the Salt of the Streets network. Yeah. It's like, you want to be a part of the network, all you got to do is bridge a gap between people and information, and boom, Larry's doing that every day. What I'm yeah. hearing from Larry is that I need to move to Oklahoma and work for his friend that flips all these houses. Florida. He yes. lives in Florida. He lives in Florida. Oh, yeah. yes. Jordan will be pissed about that. Yeah. Should be real <laughs> upset. If you guys, listen, if you want a job where he needs people, and if there's, but like, I know and you guys feeling. said it earlier, like, yeah, because you work, see, you work in labor. So how shitty is it? How daunting is it getting getting the work right? You close the deal, and you're like, I need fucking people. You you can't trust people. I have people overpay. I have people overpaying me right now to do work with them because they're like, oh, we just can't find employees. Oh yeah, I overpay everybody that I have to hire because there's just nobody out there. It's insane. It's... I just got a raise, so I guess I can't be like, I'm not getting overpaid. <laughs> but it's also like because that's the difficult thing with that particular job because it's like such a unique market. Oh, there yeah. isn't even super niche. There's not even a place you can go to compare to be like, oh well, this person working this job in a separate yeah. company is making four dollars more an hour than I am. Why am I not making this? Just like whatever you think I should be making, honestly, I don't even know. So I don't just throw me this some cash and we'll just call it good. I mean, I I'd like a little yeah. more. That's no. what I'm Which is not a I, I, I am, my company treats me well. So just for anybody listening, it's not, the small businesses are, are really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know, I know, well, I don't know them well. I, I know their kids. Well, everyone knows their kids. They are the mafia of Bermington, but yes. Uh, <laughs> once, once, good. once Dan's my boss's oldest daughter married Noah Garjul and the bomb bar, the bomb gardeners and the Garjuls yeah. like bread. Cause they got four kids now. Just yeah. those two have four kids. Now there are four combined bomb gardener Garjul children dangerous that's like, dangerous uh, for this town i want to make a game of thrones reference here somewhere that's exactly what it's like but that's exactly what it's like the, the houses but it's like the two most powerful houses of kitsap joining together dangerous boom it's little it's amazing i i i was no it was super cool i was obsessed with him for a while because he was a really good at football with i see him all together. the time yeah listen just tell him that he probably doesn't remember me anymore but uh he literally doesn't talk about anything besides sports and money so i'm sure he knows exactly who you <laughs> yeah, are. Listen, we can he'll be your biggest that. fan bro yeah you start that we can start that show tomorrow i'll help you out with the graphics and the producing noah's yeah, cool. gonna be your number one fan you, you would be you'll be proud because of this larry like 
mm, two months ago when we talked about the expansion of the Supreme Court. It was because Noah came over to my office and was like, hey, I wanted to ask you to me. He said, I wanted to ask you your opinion on the expansion of the Supreme Court. And so he stood there and talked to me for like 10 or 15 minutes about what I thought about the expanding yeah. the Supreme Court. I was like, you're goddamn right you did. Yeah. So, so I want to bring up a uh, quick little topic here, kind of in relation to what we've been talking about with housing and whatnot. Because yes. I had a conversation with a guy yesterday um, it, making the argument that creating a, a essentially a new permanent renting class yes. yeah. would overall in the big picture be – better for society because more people can afford rent than homes right and obviously i made the argument about the fact that like no that's really that's a really bad idea because the minute you you get that first mortgage you you now have liquidity you now have assets that are worth more than you'll ever acquire in your entire life your house right that first home purchase now you have roughly 250 to plus thousand dollars worth of net worth and you'll never be rid of that, right? Unless you lose the house or something like that. Whereas if you're renting, you just basically have what's in your bank account or whatever kind of investments you're making. So your thoughts on a, a let's say there's a 50% growth in the rental market compared to home ownership. So it's, okay, so I'm torn on it. I like renting but it has to be under the right circumstances and that's just what i mean you have to own assets in this world period mm-hmm. right like you build if you like literally like if when i if i ever have a kid a podcast which here's what you do you complete you complete high school you you then make it to 25 without having a kid and then you marry the girl you like before you have a kid if you get to those things where like you you're gonna be on a great spot then you need to start looking at building a portfolio. The whole, the only reason you get assets is that when you're done working, when your body is now incapable to work, right? Whether that happens on your deathbed and you're, you're done, or it happens when you're 40, you want your passive money or your assets to pay for your lifestyle, right? Uh-huh. And so right now, I don't even like people right now that buy homes, right? Because I don't think they're thinking the whole way through, right? Because they sit in one house forever, and they don't think about the future, right? Because yeah. we live in such a now culture, which is fine. I don't like people who say I'm going to rent because right now in America, what we do is we spend. So if they're never putting in a home, they're not, they have no store value. So they're just going to spend all their paychecks. And we've seen it, right? The data supports we are bad with money. Oh, yeah. That whole, um, for the longest period, it was like the average American couldn't afford a $1,000 you know, well, now it's down to like $500. Oh, I believe it, bro. Yeah. Some, I swear to God, something happens to me every single emergency. month that takes away all my savings. Yeah. Because something pops up and you got to pay for this. You every time we that. get, I feel the same. Every time we oh. get a little bit and then it's something Life happens. Life just got away of smashing you back down. The last time we paid off all that debt and the dog ate that fucking banana bread. <laughs> like, you bitch. And <laughs> <laughs> take it to the hospital. How could you do this to me? <laughs> paid off a bunch of debt and then we had to pay like $400 to have the dog. <laughs> like, yep, you yep. bitch. So you're savings this month. So I, I definitely get that. And, and that. But that's what I'm saying. And that's why I think it's so important to have assets. I think that's why it's important to do it. That's why I like buying a home, right? Uh-huh. As opposed to that. Because I'm also terrible at saving. Well, well, now I'm a degenerate. But before I was a degenerate, I struggled saving, right? Because I would never, I would never, I would be like, I'm going to save at the end of my paycheck. Uh-huh. When you have to save at the beginning. Now yeah. I have to pay all my mortgages or they're going to take it away from me. So now at the beginning of my paycheck, at the top of my budget, I'm just like, okay, how do I pay off? The, how do I make sure I pay for these mortgages? Well, that's building my equity 
down the road, right? Uh -huh. Then some of the rentals give me cash, right? That's giving me cash flow in perpetuity until I sell, right? So I've done two things. I've now established a way to make money while without working. Massive, not a ton right now, but still making money without working. And then B, I think that's going to be a store of value. So when I sell it down the road, I will be able to extract money from it. Uh -huh. More money than now. So now I'm, I've compounded my saving ability. Yeah, because ideally every... Every mortgage payment, because when you first buy a house, you're generally over leveraged because you're going to spend how many years paying off the interest on that, whatever mortgage you got, right? Yep. But at, ideally, every mortgage payment you put, your 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 net worth goes up at that point because you don't owe as much money on the same asset that ideally is appreciating in value and becoming more valuable at the end. And, so, and that's how I think about it. I, I literally look at it. I pay it down like, wow, I just I have $70 in net worth this month. Mm -hmm. I have $104 in net worth this month. And that's, just, that's literally how I look at it. What I don't want, so, but renting on the other caveat, why I like renting is if you're not married, right? You can do it if you're married, but if you're not married, why would you ever stay in one place? I personally don't think about it. Like right now, me and my wife are obviously married. So we'll probably set it down in Florida. But like, if you're not married, you should want to be mobile. And so renting allows you to be a nomad because uh -huh. instead of being tied to an asset for 30 years or a longer period of time, you can now just be like, hey, I have a six month leave. I have a one year leave so you can move around. Where I think people, the maximum, if I could, if I could go talk to my younger son, what I would say is like, hey, rent, but take all your money and get into a house, right? Right. So get to a house with the intention of like, every time we move into a house, I never, it's, I don't believe in a forever home. So I get into a house and then I get out of it so I can rent the house. So that house can start producing money and then someone else can pay it down, right? So I can multiply, giving me money slash paying down my mortgage, right? So that would be the best is when I could rent in a place experience the world, but then still be able to buy homes other places. But right now with the cash I have, the best strategy for me is to move into a house, live there for about a year to two years, and then move out move into another home. But we're going to move a lot because that's the best way to uh, to build wealth, right? And these are, these are the strategies that I, I told you guys about. This is what I help people do, right? To help them build this plan when they're competing against the black rooms. It's It's certainly interesting. Especially this past week, there's been a lot of conversation back and forth between people that think what BlackRock doing is, you know, essentially uh, the smart move versus the people that are going more or less making the populist argument saying this is bad because they're pushing the plebs out of their chance at getting maintaining the middle class. Yeah. And I, and I can understand now, particularly after having this conversation, I understand where BlackRock's coming from, but it no. doesn't, it doesn't stop me from kind of despising what they're doing to us while they're essentially just doing what is smart for them. hundred percent. Cause it's just like, could you not, could you not do it in any other market where you're not pushing out us plebs from, from getting at it? But I get it because real estate's always going to be worth something. It's yeah. always going to be worth something. Yep. A part of me wishes don't. they could just all, why don't they just invest in Bitcoin? Just throw it all in Bitcoin, guys. You'd be all right. Leave the houses alone. <laughs> just pump me up, baby. Right. That, and that's the only thing with Bitcoin is Bitcoin is steadier, right? Yeah. So, like, they're also a corporation. So, corporations are, are not doing Bitcoin yet, but small people are. Why? Yeah. Because, like, it when, when, I, when my portfolio cut down by 30%, I don't have any shareholders that I have to brief that to. Yeah. But yeah. when shareholders see, like, oh, like, you, you lost – X amount of cash, like you have to talk about that, right? Like you oh, yeah. talk about your asset class and allocation. I think that matters. And so uh, I think homes are going to be super steady. And that's why 
I don't think I have so many people in the real estate world in the real estate world. I do a lot of taxes, do a lot of reading. I don't think the real estate market's going to go. And so I told people just to get into a house. So I would in most some most cases, I'd rather someone get into a houses and hold on there than hold on saving up to get into a house. I think it's that important. And I think it's going to be that beneficial for people. So get in if you can. Yeah, absolutely, at the end absolutely. of the day, it's yeah, even if you hit a bump where all of a sudden your house is going to drop in price and now you're you're over leveraged a little bit as long as you can still make those payments and keep going it'll come back and it'll still be a good investment in the at, in the end 100 like 2008 was bad for people who sold but yeah. talking to the people that held that stayed my mom stayed in the house for 2008 right so i, I watched the high and the low and now again she's in washington house house skyrocketed uh -huh. and so uh, even if it crashes, even if you're in the wrong moment, it's only bad if you sell or get out of it, right? So there's like plans or strategics and there's budgeting mechanisms that I, I can help people. This is like, I won't say 90% of my job, but this is the other part of my job, right? I help people budget, save up. Like I have these conversations over and over and over again. And what I'm seeing is that the people who get in are experiencing that wealth. And at the set, same part of it, again, you're going to have to live somewhere. Yeah. Right. And I was, I was going to just push back on you. Um, but then I had to kind of correct myself because when my mom, we lost our house, right? Yeah. It was because of what you were talking about when the variable uh, interest rates, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden the in, the uh, mortgage payment was just more than we could afford, right? And that's mm -hmm. like, and then there was litigation and like, or uh, mediation, like all of this shit that happened afterwards. So I was going to push back and like, well, but I can't because if, if you're, if like you were saying, people are not buying from the banks. The banks are buying things up. There isn't that variable interest rate, you know, that it's yes. going to skyrocket people's mortgages. So if you're still getting a regular mortgage from a mortgage company mm -hmm. that isn't a crazy, you know, fucked up mortgage like it was in 2008, then yeah. you don't, you aren't running that same risk that people were back then when they didn't know kind of everything they were getting into. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah. At the same time, there is some fuckery going on because when, you have an entity like a BlackRock or some big property management or investment firm paying well over cost for these things, pushing other people out of the market. You are artificially inf inflating the market by driving yes, prices yes. through the roof. And eventually yeah. that will level out. And whether that'll be when they start to sell off their assets because they feel it's a safe enough time to do so or, you know, or we print another $10 trillion. But if you stayed in your home, then you really just lost theoretical yeah. wealth almost because you stayed there, your mortgage wasn't different, nothing changed. Yeah. It was just the appraisal value of your yeah. home at exactly. that given time. Yeah. Right That's now, very like, interesting. If your house is worth 500000 you bought it for right. two hundred fifty. At the and end that, of the day, things will settle back out, and your house will probably be three fifty at the as end. Long, of the day. As long as it's not yeah. lower than what you paid for, and if you yeah. bought it at the right time, which is – that's – Really, right? That's yeah. very interesting. That's very, very interesting. And that's super. And the, the other thing about it too is I talk to a lot of people. Is like they 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 literally again like me. I have friends that will not sell. Period. Right. So then I'm talking to people like because I, I have the same problems. Right. Like don't don't like the only reason I had, I can be comfortable without this conversation is because like this I, I had an existential crisis, dude. I was like, buying water, buy food. I was like, this is it. And I do think that time's coming, unfortunately, because I think we're ready. And a fucking armor plate carrier, Larry. I used to be bringing my rifle here every weekend. I was thinking about that on my way here. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. It, 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 it's, it's crazy, but like the 30 year loan gives you so much predictability. Uh -huh. Like, so like if you get into a house and you're paying $1,700. Eighty two thousand. You're like, okay, I just have to make two thousand dollars. 
because the variable rates never going to come kick in. So you're like, even when shit goes to shit, you're like, okay, well, let me just get to this $2,000. So like, that's why I encourage people, like you, you, you relentlessly have to cut down on your limit, like do less. Like I'm pretty excited. Cause like after we're going to Mexico for my best friend's wedding, cause I'm a best man, I'm best man at his wedding. I'm not exactly. After that, I we're going to go on. Best man. That was dope. <laughs> it, I listen, I can't wait on guys for you to make people cry. Yeah. But I'm going to try to go on a spending diet and just like, see how much money can we not spend? Cause like, that's what, that's, what's killing us. It's not like, are Our we making less? It's crazy. Right. And I, I like to say like, Hey, I'm not a consumer, but like, again, I just, I have, I have a nice watch. I have this. So I, I'll be a minimalist, but like, what does it look like to not buy anything besides like literally put a budget down. Right. And then be like, okay, this is how much we need for food. This is the house bills, et cetera. And then not spend $1 over that. And then challenge like, accepted. <laughs> I, I, for me, it's hard. Cause I'm the ultimate, like I am, I won't spend any money at all. Then buy a $3,000 computer. So like, this is going to be a super interesting thing for, specifically for me. My wife is so freaking frugal. It's disgusting. She'll buy a piece of clothing and she'll be like, I let everyone in my family down. I, I say it's because she's Jewish, but <laughs> comes naturally to her as for me i'm super frugal but like that's super interesting so like if if the black rock situation is shitty but like in the face of shittiness i'm just like okay like what's my adjustment because like uh-huh. that that's the only thing i know like right i just do shitty stuff right like there's a there's a 300 pound man that was kept hitting me in the head i was just like okay well how do we sort this up because he can't quit right like what are, what are our options yeah yeah the option is to adapt and overcome And as Americans, that's the thing that we've always done best and is the one thing that is being drilled into our heads nowadays that we are all incapable of doing that the government has to do it for us. Do the dirty work that the billionaires don't want to do. Exactly. And that's... She gonna do the dirty work? Oh! (laughs) What song is that? I missed it. That's a a little Dicky song. Oh, little Um, Dicky. Yeah. Is that Let Me Free? No. Just called Dirty Work. Just called Dirty Work. I'll listen to it actually. Also, should watch Dave if you haven't. Oh fuck yeah! I've been watching Dave. Still haven't watched Dave. Oh, I'm almost done with. uh, You have met your mother again though. It's Dave. We're almost done. We're halfway through the next to last season. Dave is beyond. Just trying to fire that thing out so I can move on with my life. It is taking over again. We watched that, and then now we're watching Modern Family. So the I did like Modern Family a lot. Ending of the season, season two of dave when he spits that rap on hot 97 or whatever i've listened to that freestyle numerous times since i've yeah. watched that episode of the show just because it goes so fucking hard <laughs> yeah you know how this is how i know that i hate myself i like to listen to the song that he makes with the girlfriend from this episode before <laughs> and, I listen, I up, and every morning i start off just crying into the, my my camera like yeah it's just what i need this is how i can feel again it's like crazy. I get super because like it's it's insane. I don't want to mo- ruin it for Colin. So Colin, when you watch it, please let me know so I can actually yes. like we can we can deep dive. But you can you spoiler watch, the hell out of it. It's fine. It's so good. I, I won't appreciate it any less. It's it's it, it's because like no, no 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 just watch it. I want okay. you to feel. I don't want you to be prepared for it. But are yeah, they, are they ten episode seasons like everything else? Yeah, nowadays yeah, yeah, so, about that. Okay. Yeah, I'll fire. And they're like thirty minutes, like two weeks. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It was on FX, feeling. so it's a network. You know, so oh, yeah. twenty-seven minutes, twenty-four minutes, whatever. Sure. You know, yeah. If you're watching uh, How I Met Your Mother, you'll you'll kill this in probably a day. Perfect. Like, like no exaggeration, you'll you'll probably kill it in a day. And I have an I have a feeling that uh, wifey will not have any interest in watching that, so I could put it on while I'm doing my my show work and all that, and I'll just fire through it. In she a could probably days. take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just yeah. knowing her, she could probably take it or leave it. Yeah, that's fine. 
I'm excited. That's, no, no, Hi, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, just on that note, so I can talk about it. I don't want to ruin the show. We'll get right back on. No, track. let's hear it. My Twitch, my Twitch sub comes back today, so I did not forget to do it. So she'll You're get it tomorrow. You the man. I subscribe to his wife's Twitch channel because I support my friends. Love That's it. right. That's what right. I do. That's do why you... he's here today with us, gracing <laughs> yes. us with all this. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is We've only been going for, what, an hour? Something like that. Something like that. I lost my, uh, my like YouTube feed. I had to pull it up here. <laughs> but, yeah, a little over an hour. And I have just been soaking knowledge, man. Yeah. This has been extremely, extremely <laughs> wonderful. I think I think that's like the one thing, and I think that's why I want to come on your network because like I don't think you guys do a bad job. I just don't think I don't think you guys could talk enough because I literally think this needs to be like just on the finance side. It needs to be a daily, daily like reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Like so much, ha- like we are training people to get mad in the face of people making money. Yeah, and that's like true. and like imagine every per- Colin, you built out one of the sickest like setups I've seen, right? Imagine every time you ran into a problem with your setup, instead of being like, what the fuck just happened? How do I fix this? Et cetera, et cetera. You were just like, man, I'm so mad at this company because I can't figure this out. That's what we've decided to do with finance. Instead of just being like, okay, how do they make it? Like they say, hey, there's so much income disparity. Instead of being like, okay, how do I make money? They're like, I hate you for making money. Yep. Just imagine not shooting, right? Imagine shooting every time that you couldn't shoot instead of being like, Oh, let me just learn. Like, let me work on my form, my breathing, et cetera, et cetera. Like, let me blame my gut. Fucking Glock. Exactly. You would look like an idiot. Be like, yeah. oh, this gun sucks. Everybody like, what do you mean the gun sucks, right? And then, and so like, that's why I think it's just like, our patterns are so off. And like, we kind of talked about it last time on crypto. We're like, you were like, I can't. And it was literally the only time I've ever heard you say I can't in your life. It's when you're like, oh, I can't invest in crypto. Like, I can't do this. Like, I don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. When we first had our crypto conversation. Yeah. And then I was just like, you're like, okay, actually, this is fine. Like, actually, it makes sense. Actually, it's okay. It's fine. And like, that's what I want people to see. Like, like think about the people right now. And you guys see it. And you walk them all day who aren't thinking about investing in anything, aren't thinking about their budget, have copious amounts of credit card debt, and they're going to buy a new car. Like, that's the person I'm worried about, BlackRock. I'm not worried about you guys because you guys will win, right? Because you guys, A, you have skills. You guys can lead. You showed a propensity to be a self-starter. So you guys are going to win. In America, that wins, right? Like, you may not win now, but Colonel Sanders got started 69-1. So I'm not worried about you guys winning, but there's people who are not self-starters. They are not reading the news. They are not trying to learn. They are not questioning everything. They're taking everything as status quo. And then there's, like, you take the whole field of finances. It's so convoluted. And so you combine those two together. They're fucked. Yeah, like, they, they're so terrified of trying to look at it or trying to get into it because there is zero understanding because it is complicated and convoluted as fuck that they just choose to get up, go to work, come home, do the same thing over again the next day and just say, this is, I'm all right, right here. It's, it's the, and I, I, I almost hate to do this, but like, it's the, <laughs> the build back better mentality. I mean... Americans historically have always charged through diversity or adversity, adversity, not diversity, adversity. (laughs) We'll get into that in a minute. Fuck diversity. But, uh, you know, we've always charged through adversity and come out better on the back end because we've innovated, we've, we've adapted and we've overcome. And people nowadays 
have just drilled it into their head that no, it's you are just a victim of the billionaires and the powerful and the elites, and then you yeah. don't you don't stand a chance. So it's just better that you should just we should just give you money. You don't have to worry about it. You shouldn't be having to struggle and hustle and try to get through the bad times. You should just be used to the status quo. And when the status quo changes, you should freak out and then go run and beg for help. Which sits with me as a, a you know, an, an intrinsically Marxist ideology. You know what I'm saying? At <laughs> its core, that like, which is as very interesting. It's very dangerous, you know. Um, but as I'm trying to think about what you're talking about, when we're thinking about that term we were saying, the new, the permanent rental class, right? Yeah. The, per yeah. the person I have personally heard use that term the most is Crystal Ball. Oh, really? Who, who is very progressive. You know, yes. you know Crystal is Crystal and Saga. You watch like Breaking Points yeah, now that yeah. used to be writing. Yeah, so Breaking she's the person so I've heard use that term the most, the permanent rental class. Mm -hmm. And so just as I'm thinking about it, she's obviously progressive, very left, you know? Yeah. And so that, that idea and kind of the logical end that you're carrying it out to just screams to me as like an idea, an ideology based in Marxism. You know, yep. that's like fuck those Creating big companies. Fuck yep. yes, fuck the, they're extracting wealth from you. They're extracting exactly. labor from you. You're putting the work in. They're taking the profits. They don't deserve it. You deserve it. We're just we'll take care of you because we care about you. When the Which message is should be, there is nothing to stop you from being the next Jeff Bezos. Especially, there is nothing to stop you from being that. Right. Which Except is, for your own ignorance and unwillingness to put in the work. And that seems to be the message that the Republicans are struggling to get out. Because they they're suck. slowly, they're slowly in, I don't remember who, I've heard a lot of people talk about this, but the Republicans are slowly taking that mantle of the party of the working people. Because yeah. that ideology, I'm talking about that ideology of, of that is now of the Democrats, that yeah. these people are fucking you over, you can't handle it, we have to take care of you. That's not a working man's ideology. No. That's a Marxist ideology that is a, mm. uh, a f and this is not like a denigrative thing, but that's a poor person's ideology. Yeah. You yeah. can't make money, you can't succeed, you can't do this, we have to take care of yep. you. Where the Republicans are in a... Uh, not a great way. But in, 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 a, in a very foggy way, telling you to work harder and to be the better person and you can achieve this. This yeah. thing you're hating about BlackRock, you can have this. But that's yes. a hard thing to sell to people who are already being taught and raised to hate yes. that ideology. Yeah. If you're yes. being taught to hate BlackRock, you don't want to become BlackRock. You don't yeah. want to make money like them. You want to fuck BlackRock. Yeah. Yeah. I do. That's understood. But that's I want very to do it in their terms. That's very interesting. This was this was a uh, we just closed a thought circle for me. That's that was... very very like interesting, high five, brother. That was. Great. And I think I think that's it's a clip. That, please, please clip. I love the clips. Bring back the clips. Um, yeah. Hashtag bring back the clips. Um, and I think that's super interesting that you came here, right? Because like, if you look at high school for you specifically, Colin, I didn't go to high school with you, but I went with Don, and I knew Don very, very short. And I wouldn't even say that we were, we weren't close at all. I don't even think we talked. We probably talked a couple times. But he just school, knew you because you were a superstar. So I wasn't a superstar. I barely played. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like you were seen as like bad or an outcast because you didn't want to fall in line with with the school rules, right? And on a level, right? There's within reason. You shouldn't hate kids, you know. Don't 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 rape people, et cetera, et cetera. But like we build our whole entire up from kids, like our whole infrastructure is built around telling kids like do exactly this. Your right. feelings are actually validated. Like you are good enough. When 
And if you ever get outside of that, where like your free thought is the reason why you were seen as an outcast, not so much of the bad, bad things, but like the whole uprising, you're just like that. Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do this? This makes no sense. This is stupid. And everyone's just like, okay, well, that's not what you're supposed to do. Like we don't, we don't, we don't empower people to think. Right. Like we're just like, be here, do this, do this, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And then we get out and then we're like, why isn't anyone thinking? It's just like, because they've been conditioned never to deviate from the status quo. Right. They've yep. been taught that like every idea you have is great. Like I love Coach Munkin because he spent an entire year telling me that like the effort that I thought was good enough, the product that I was bringing to practice, I thought was good enough, wasn't good enough. My mom was raised on, she would throw away my second place trophies. We would really, really push against anything but first place because winning matters, right? Uh-huh. And so like we, we're, we're killing the, like winning doesn't matter. Free thinking isn't empowered. And we're just forcing people to then be okay with those things like those effects of those causes like for example being fat that like the, the fat positivity yeah like everyone's oh. like oh we're still good and i'm just like why should you think your body's good like what have you done today to earn the way you look like, yeah not the girl like everyone's like oh well this girl paid for it. i don't that's why I like bodybuilders not because of anything but like oh they take steroids they also spend all their fucking time for just the minutia of a product and that's why they care about it yeah but then we have these people that just eat burgers all day fat as fuck like well i should still matter i should be why yeah why what value are you bringing right a settling a settling for mediocrity yeah um which like you you posted you shared something on your story maybe just yesterday or the day before that was that coach talking about talking about winning and and how hard it is to win and how much more you have to put in to win and how even if you want to try and win, you still have to put in all that effort and you're still may not win in the end, you know, yeah. and that risk, right. Which is the same. I, I, this is one of my favorite podcasts already, already right here, but yes. just because of how much, <laughs> just because of how much thinking I'm doing within myself, I'm, I'm appreciating yeah. what you guys are doing for me. So it's the same thing of, I don't know what I was just talking about, taking the risk, putting in the extra effort of winning, mattering, trying, trying to make money, right? Of the same yeah. thing of like being BlackRock, you're putting in that extra money, right? When that, that is bred out of people taking that extra risk, they don't want to do it because the mediocrity is there. It's acceptable, right? Yeah. So why would I take the risk or put in all of that extra, all of that extra effort for it to just be a risk, for it to not be a guaranteed win when my mediocrity is acceptable? I'm fine just right here. Yes. Why would I take the risk and put in so much extra effort if I'm not guaranteed to win on the back end? And because that's not what winning is about. That fucking cake with the the concept that you, the the rich that have gotten there have only gotten there because they're bad people who have taken advantage of other people, and they right. demonize that class. They say you shouldn't be that. So your work is because even those less people valuable. are evil. Yeah. So you sh- you should be mediocre. You should just be risk. satisfied with mediocrity yeah. because those people are bad. And if you try 100%. to do that, you're an evil person as well. Right. Hundred percent. And I think it's great. And like I again, I I I, I like I'm chills. Like I I fucking I I love this is good. I love this moment. And like the like this is what it is. Like we work we work into our eyes bleed. We probably work harder than CEOs. We probably stress yeah. more than CEOs. It matters more than us, but because it's winning. Like winning does not give a shit what we have done, what we will do, where we're going, what like in, in comparison, it only cares about the result. And that feels like shit. So yeah. instead of reveling in that, like, hey, I gave everything to then lose, instead of reveling in like, I'm not good enough with where I am. We want to go feel good when we you want to feel bad. 
I, I'm telling you, I <laughs> love feeling bad. I'm telling you, I get, that's why I'm doing the fucking Iron Man because, because right. Like, like, right, it gives you something to work towards. Like I ran my two mile and it's disgraceful. It's like 20 minute two mile. It's it's disgusting. It's slow as fuck, but I, I love feel really it. Really bad about myself right now. <laughs> but, but but my friends are running like 13 like my friend texted me this is literally how the conversation went it said jeff bacon he, he posted a picture on his instagram said best shoes i've ever had i respond with brooks is the way to go another shoe company his response was those shoes won't have you running a sub two minute 13 minute mile a sub two or sorry a sub 13 two mile he literally said i wasn't fast enough to have the conversation with him <laughs> that's one of my good friends literally said i'm not fast enough to discuss shoes that feeling felt really fucking bad yeah that like moment the only way to go so that's fine. <laughs> listen i'm not fast enough but like it's it's a good like that that loss just fuck it fueled me like the competition i, I don't know that's the only reason like i think i went like because i like competing like when you punch mm -hmm. me in the mouth i fucking you know i lick my wounds the same as everybody else but i like getting back in the game going swimming and not swimming 25 yards, I literally start to fascinate, like, oh my God, what's it gonna be like to swim two miles straight? And like, I'm- I'm it's bad. I'm it's bad. Little, I, I'll tell you that right now. I did that before. I hope to experience that kind of pain. And I just, again, the uh, when you put in the work, when I'm telling you, like, like the best thing you'll ever do, Don, I, I guarantee you, you're gonna buy a house. And when you fix that house up, you'll never feel better. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna feel fun great, because it's the work you put it. And I, I mean, Colin, you built a business, so it just matters, but like, the gratification that you get when like you vision, like your visions start to come true. And I know some of your visions have come true because you start hiring people, which lets me know that you're doing it at a higher level. And so like when those visions come true, like how do you explain to someone who's never wanted to go like eat what they kill? Like that kind of, like no one's gonna understand that emotion. Oh yeah. Like, like when they're just like, hey, like I wanna I collect unemployment. Like you don't go home and collect unemployment. You go to work the next day so you can, you know, have your employees feed their kids like yeah. they'll never understand that kind of want to and that's what I'm, i try to impress on people like like if someone beats like if they beat you it just means that that lane like if they're on the highway you have to take a back road which still means you get there yeah and so like that's 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 that that's why i hate the congress that's why i become so adamantly not even against but that's why i get so angry at the democrats because instead of being a blocker and accentuating people's games, they literally say, don't play the game anymore. Yeah. And that's why I get so frustrated. Like, that's why I don't like build back, build back better, make America great again. They're the same way. There's literally the same thing, but one doesn't want you to play anymore and wants to stop everyone from playing the game. And then wants to give you your orange slices. The other one wants you to fucking get out there and play your fucking game. Let it compare to everybody fucking else's. And then let's evaluate it. And that's what used to make us great. Like that's, that's what used to, thrust us for yeah and and i want to just chime into this concept too because it the way we have just sat here and talked about this for a minute it's it's the old you know pull your stuff up from your bootstraps kind of argument right mm -hmm. and it, and it's it is definitely a double-edged sword because Certainly. that i am i am the king of not giving myself credit everything i do is never good enough and it and it helps drive me forward but it also can simultaneously turn you into a downward spiral of depression and anxiety, and it could backfire. And it, it is a delicate road you have to walk. You have to have that drive, and you have to push, and you have to get knocked down. And 
and you have to use that as motivation to go forward. But at the same time, that that struggle, I mean, the reason you call it a struggle, you call it a hustle, is because it is a struggle the whole time. It's not something that maybe in the moment is going to feel good. It's it's hard to do. It'll keep you awake at night. It'll, you know, it'll make you hate yourself depending on how you're handling every single day. And, you know, some days are better than others and this, that, and the other thing. But it, it's so simple to strip it all away and bring it down to its foundation and just say hustle, 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 push, 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 work your fucking balls off, take your lumps and keep going. But you also have to be a strong enough person to deal with all of that adversary that's getting thrown your way because it's the ends will justify the means and you will go through it and you will come out better on the, on the back end. But it's not like it's a great time as you go forward. It's not this fun endeavor. I mean, being an entrepreneur is not, it's not awesome to gamble your entire livelihood on the choices that only you can make. Right. You know, I, and it's it's tough. So I just want to make sure that there is a there is a reality check here for all of us because we all hustle. We all hustle yeah. our asses off, and we all work hard. But I'd be lying if I say there's not a toll to be paid. Certainly, and I think that goes back at least in part to like you know like a movie or whatever. You know, someone would be like, "Well, no one would said it was going to be easy," and I think yeah. that is true. It but is I true. think that's because the people who get to the end of that don't talk about how hard it was. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Once you've reached success, you don't sit there and think about, "Oh, so fucking difficult to get here. I had to work so fucking hard." You're like, yeah. "Look at how fucking successful I am." Yeah. Fuck all that. I'm done with it. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. past that. I'm past the hard work. I'm past the hustle. Yep. I'm living now. And it's not like you then. It's not like you then become complacent. But you don't sit there and think about how difficult it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially because that struggle by that point was worth it. Right. The juice was worth the squeeze. Yeah. And it's, um, I personally, right. I run into that all the time when we, you check a post and you got 12 likes, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, that was five days ago. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Some shit like that. Yes. They're like, this is fine. Last night, Brett Weinstein has his, Weinstein has his video pulled off when they're, of, of the expert who's, who has been working on coronavirus since the beginning. It's right? one of the greatest he, podcasts I've ever seen. They both, by any possible measure have more than enough qualifications to be discussing everything they talked about and for Hard, some yeah. reason it's still pulled down right yep. see things like that all the time I'm telling a jordan about it i'm just telling him like this is not good like this is not a good thing that we're seeing here you know yeah. and she's like well you know and she's like you picked like a hard business to go and i said it's not that. I was like, I'm not worried about myself. It's like, I'm not deterred by this, yeah. right? It's like, that is not it. Just that this isn't good. Like, I, I'm not deterred by it. It doesn't make me want to stop doing what I'm doing. No. I'm just saying that's not good. Oh, you no. know, this is not a good sign. When Facebook stopped taking money from us, fuck you then. I'm going to go on my show, and every time I talk about it, I'm going to say, fuck Facebook. Yep. Every time I mention your name, I'm going to say, fuck you. So that when we're famous, we're making millions of dollars, I can sit in a studio in front of all my employees, and I can say, fuck Facebook. Because 10 years ago, they wouldn't take my fucking money. And now here we are. I'm more than willing to eat that. You know God, what I'm saying? That's going to feel so good. <laughs> I, that's so sad. Jordan and gives what... me shit all the time because I'm always trying to like, I, I fucking, I'm so fucking fat. Like, do I look terrible? Do I look like this? Like, do I fucking look like this? But that's because and now I'm at the gym and when I'm done being at the gym and I'm a fucking savage, I'm like, I just look so fucking good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, that's it. Like, that's, that is the strive of like, it's dark. It's a twisted thing, but I've also heard that same thing from 
pretty much every successful person I've ever yeah. heard write a book, tell a story, do anything. Like you almost have to hate yourself into being better. You know, I. It's dark. It's, it's not cute. Road. It's like you said. It's a. It fucks with your brain if you don't handle it the right way. It can be mm. very dangerous. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to kill myself because I think I'm fat, but I tell myself I'm fat almost every day so I can strive to be where I want to be physically. Not totally healthy. It's a little bit dark, like I said, but that's <laughs> that's the easiest way for me to manifest greatness within myself on a physical level is to be like you look fucking gross let's hit the gym tomorrow and i'm gonna crush it and then and then i'm gonna be killing it you know what i'm saying we, we all have ways to do it i mean like my thing well, I, I, i'm like blissfully unhappy you just almost drown yourself at 25 yards and you're like one day i can swim two miles <laughs> if, yeah. if, if i can if i can compete that's why the like the iron man is important because i found a new competition yeah, so that's what it's like. I, and so now I'm like, I, this is why I know I work till until I die. I will work on my deathbed. I'll be typing the fucking tax forms up, and I'm just gonna fucking keel over because if I cannot function without a direction, if I was directionless, I'm just gonna be eating pizzas on my fucking couch, just fucking probably I, I've watching every single anime ever created, probably playing video games, being I'd be seven hundred and ninety five thousand pounds. Wait, 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 Larry, you like anime? I love anime. Okay, it's we're going to talk later. Yeah, yeah let's just we'll just be good. Listen, I'm a, I'm a massive anime person. I think that I love anime because Goku was my first. The, yeah. The hero, the hero arc is like I get emotional. Like My Hero Academia, I'll tear up sometimes. Like Naruto, Word. I'll tear up because like everything we're talking about is encompassed in him. All it is is a manifestation of me, my self thought that I'm not good enough. But refusing all football was was like I'm not good enough to be a running back, but I want to be a running back, so, which meant I have to do everything. I didn't do anything in high school because like literally, I was like Goku didn't go out, I don't go out. Like Naruto's in in the gym training because he wasn't good enough. I'm in the gym training, so I just wouldn't do anything because like in my head, like I had to sacrifice everything I was in order to be what I wanted to be, and that's what he like. That's what all animes are, at least all the anime ones I watch. Right? It's literally the sacrificing of themselves to achieve the skills to then return home, having gotten the thing they need to accomplish the goal they want. And so I, like Vegeta is my spirit animal. I've seen a lot of things recently, right? And I, it's hit home with me because I've started to get up earlier, right? So I'm sleeping less. So I've yep. seen a lot of, like, memes and shit, you know, tweets being posted of, like, let's stop normalizing, you know, overworking and, like, working too hard. And, like, you need enough sleep. You need to work on yourself. And I'm, I said, hit home with me because I'm waking up early. I'm waking up at three, first of all, to to make more money. And then also so I can go to the gym before I go to work some days, like, so I can do these things. Yep. I'm... To me, that makes the most sense. Like, that's if I want to do the things that I want to do, I have to work harder to achieve that. I have to put myself yes. in an uncomfortable position to make sure that I can do these things. And so it's yeah. a, an interesting thing to see that, you know, especially com coming from people my age that are like, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing these things. But I'm like, it seems like that's what I should be doing. <laughs> if I want to be achieving these things, this seems like the only way to get it done. So I don't know why I wouldn't be doing these things. If I want to be able to go to the gym, the best time for me to do that, not sacrifice time with my kid, not sacrifice money at work, not sacrifice other things is to wake up earlier, sleep for a little bit less, get a savage fucking workout in, go to the gym, come home, get my time with my kid and then do whatever I want. Like that, you know what I'm saying? So it's so odd to hear that but 
it to, it's clarified almost more in this conversation of like that is just a settling in my opinion right everybody has their own thing so i'm not yeah. i don't think any of us are judging anybody for the choices they make or anything like that because yeah. of our personal ideologies our political ideology i'm going to speak for both of you none of us give a fuck what anybody else does in their personal life man i'll do what thinks is not, best it, it's not it's not our business you know mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it doesn't affect our lives so we're not judging anybody if they want to be fat if they want to not make money if they want to do whatever we wouldn't do that we're not judging right so but it's it it's larry's judging but so but it, it is an odd thing to see that idea to identify that ideology and that thought process in people you know yeah. of and to see it just in the shit that they share on social media of like stop doing that like stop working as hard as you can stop pushing yeah. yourself to the limit to try and do whatever because you think it's the right thing to do when like i said i'm like i don't see any other way to maximum success other than to make yourself uncomfortable mm-hmm. to get to that point, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's my biggest frustration with like the Bosley positivity, right? Cause like, I like, obviously I see a person, I'm going to judge them in my head. I never go out of my way to then tell somebody something that's going to make them feel bad, right? Like, right. Like how a woman looks, how she, how a man looks, how they carry themselves. I, I like you said, I don't give a shit, right? Like, you know, I have my judgments, but I feel like when you voice your judgments to then try to make someone, bring someone down, you're a douchebag, right? You fucking you're definitely an asshole, yes. Yeah. 100%. But I feel like norm- when everyone's like, yo, let's normalize taking days off. But then w- we never say the thing. We never say, let's, like, whenever it's like uh, normalizing, like, like, like happiness, et cetera, we never talk about ch- achieving, right? Mm. We never say normalizing achieving. Because, like, if you break down, like, what like what successful people do right like if you lay them all out right and i i'll read i'll send you some books called black swan i thought it was tremendous the thing do you know that the number one thing every successful person has it's not smarts it's not intelligence it's not ingenuity it's not it's not being like it's not thinking smarter than people it's not finding creative ways the number one thing every single creative person does is they collect opportunities right so all when you're like hey i woke up early because you're collecting opportunities to be great because you're like hey i want to do x be in great shape without sacrificing y right Mm -hmm. which is time with your son and your family your family times like i'm not fucking losing that so like okay how if you're not going to take that two times two hours to work out how are you going to collect those fucking opportunities you're not going to collect them fucking sleeping so you're like i'm going to wake up three hours not because you want to get the gym not because you want to look at you because i need to collect opportunities that's literally in my mind is a sign to be great and that's why like this last year, really COVID because we were trapped, is like, I don't unfollow people. I don't shit on people. I don't comment, but I have started unfollowing people who are not in the mindset. Because I literally think when like someone comes up to you, it's just like, why are you waking up early? In my head, I literally don't see them anymore. Because like, you know, you're fucking tired when you wake up. So I don't want an excuse. I don't want any negative thought that's going to detract. Like, for example, when I have to run 26 miles, everyone's like, why are you running 26 miles? because I'm, I'm gonna fucking do it and so you're either at that point like let's fucking run 26 miles or you're not you're, we're you're not in my life but we're gonna talk less because i can't afford it like everybody like people are like why are you staying up to three o'clock in the morning doing tax returns like because i'm building a fucking business if your second thing is like well you should sleep more we're just gonna talk less because yeah. because like, like these are what this is for our lives we're not gonna sacrifice i i'm in the army i have a wife i have things i want to do i play video games these are where the opportunities are to collect right yeah you can't do fucking everything so like sure go be happy like sure like let's normalize being at peace like sure let's normalize get more sleep but why are the people who are normalizing get more sleep angry because i'm talking about doing doing more and getting less sleep. like why are you it's always people who say let's normalize doing x 
that are looking at me and then judging me because I don't want to do X. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be happy. I want to achieve. I want more. It's the it's probably the sickest thing about me. I want to believe be BlackRock, and I'll tell fucking everybody. Like everyone's like, "What's your number?" My number's always been more, and everyone's like, "Why?" Because I've had less, so I want to try having more. And everyone's like, "Well, my just about happiness." I'm like, I cool. I, I'm not trying to be happy. I want more, and so that's my only thing with this whole like body positivity, the normalizing X. Like that shit pisses me off because every time they normalize it, they always want to go talk some shit about the other dude who's not normalizing it. Like like you go be happy. You get twelve hours of sleep. You eat all the pizza you want to. I'm fucking hyped, but like, stop bringing your negative shit or your shit over here. Like, it doesn't fit here. It's a, it's round. You're a square. That's, sorry, it's round. No, no, I think that's good, yeah. and I think that it leads us into semi naturally into the topic of a labor shortage, right? Because that's I think that it's a that sounds about right, right? Yeah. So we. Talked about this a little bit last episode when Zeke was on. Yeah. Um, and then we obviously talked to Larry about it last week and when he called, you know, he had a whole thing. So we're going to talk a little about labor shortage and then no we're, we're going to let you lay out your whole thing because I think that people need to hear it, um, especially in a more broken down fashion. So the labor yeah. shortage that we're talking about, right? And I'm sure most people listening to this have at least seen some evidence of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because now the most prevalent place I've seen it personally is in fast food. But it's yes. happening all over the place. But fast food has big signs where they can advertise things they're looking for, right? Yeah. Is yep. that there are places, businesses across the country, whether it's a small mom and pop shop or it is a fast food place, a big corporation, they are unable to find enough workers to fully staff their businesses. And so, like I said, I think when Zeke was on, I talked about when we went to Duwato, we stopped at Burger King, got some nuggies to eat on the way out to the campsite, and the sign on the speaker box is like, we have limited hours because we can't fill all of our shifts. We don't have enough employees, and we can't find enough. Mm -hmm. A fucking Burger King. Yep. Super weird, right? So naturally, Jordan and I have an enormous conversation about labor shortage, how yeah. this is happening, why it's happening, right? And so I'm going to just share just kind of some big things, you know, some main talking points people are spitting out and then we'll kind of go from there okay right? so one of the big things that i'm hearing is well they need to just pay more right everyone oh, yeah. just needs to pay more right i think in some instances that's very correct there are definitely some people who deserve to be making more money than they're making i think one thing that gets left out of that a lot is there are some jobs and i know we talked about this with zeke there are some jobs that aren't meant to sustain you for your entire life right that's part of in my opinion, right? And fast food is probably one of those jobs, right? Uh, an entry-level job at a McDonald's, at a Burger King, at a Wendy's is not meant to sustain you from the time that you're 18 to the time that you're 65 and you're supposed to retire. It's not designed to be that, right? Yeah. To work at the front counter of that restaurant. It's not designed that way, right? And that type of job exists in many many different fields mm -hmm. but people's as we talked about the willingness to accept mediocrity to accept where you're at to not push harder keeps many people at that jobs and then expecting to I be, should be 40, taken care of to be 40 years old to be a cashier at mcdonald's and still but i want to live in a house all by myself mm -hmm. that's not how this job is designed right in that i think feeds a lot of I don't know, I'm sure the lefters would call it like ageism. You know, there are a lot of people for one reason or another, older people occupying jobs that in the same way they're not meant to sustain you for your whole life are meant for young people who have lower 
cost of living, yep. right? Who don't have copious amounts of debt, who don't have student loan debt, who don't have uh, car payment, who don't have, you know, X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. right? The low-skill, low-wage jobs. Are meant for a, a someone who is entering the labor market to make a beginning wage to then get an apartment or some shit like that. Like, that's what that job is for, right? And that, I think, gets left out yep. a lot, right? Because a lot of people don't recognize that showing up to work on time, doing your job, and leaving on time is a skill all in its own. And <laughs> yeah. that's what those jobs are designed for you to learn so that you can move on and move up and continue to carry that forward and gain more yes. skills so you could be more marketable. And, yes, that is that is 100%, I think, totally true, especially when you look at the fast food industry. It's uh, not designed. Yes. It's not – let's put it this way. Almost no job that anybody's ever going to get is designed around the life of that employee. It's not. Right. You are fulfilling a need that is is – required for your business to operate that's what that is designed to do and they have the effect of being a minimum wage job very you could hire a monkey off the street right and as long as they could press the buttons and do the basic things they could do the job and your business will make a profit at the end it will operate normally and the business will function so that that job will still be there tomorrow that's the way i I would kind of sorry go ahead larry no, no, and, and I agree with everything I said. And like this is, and again, I don't want to go back, but I'm going to go back to come forward. Like this is why I liked Iron Man. She was the first person to ever tell me, or I guess right, or first time I read, like you're the hero of your own story. Yes. But that I was the architect of my life, right? And that's my problem with the school system bottled down is that they're not asking us, what do you want to do, right? They're telling us to do X, Y, Z. They're giving us tasks. So we get to a job. If you don't know what you want to do or where you want to go, you're just going to do it, like do the thing there. And you're going to think you deserve to make money. Mm-hmm. The hard facts are like you, like you are worth what you get, like the, the, the value you provide. You don't have as much value as a fast food person, because like you said, it was never supposed to be that. And that's the point of kind of becoming the architect of your Thanks, life sir. is that when you're at the job, you're only just grabbing the tools you need to get to the next level. So like my friends who are like just in various jobs, like they know what they want to end at. So every time they go into a job, they're asking like, what can I get from this job? Right. So like when they're not getting the number they want to get on their paycheck, they're still grabbing the tools and the different things that they want to get to their end goal. People don't have an end goal. And so they subsist in this level and then they get mad at the level they are at the bottom of the rung isn't giving them the life that they desire because like they they know the things they want but they don't know what you have to do mm-hmm. in order to earn money you have to provide service or value to somebody yeah yeah at the end of the day you are only as mirth you're only worth as much as somebody's going to be willing to pay for it yeah you know whatever it is that you're going to output whatever product you're going or service you're going to provide somebody is going to need to want to pay for that right so and it's, brings... it's been the way labor has worked from its inception. Back when having a job in America was looked down upon, was yeah. basically meant that like you were seen as somebody who couldn't make it on your own. You couldn't do whatever it was yep. to provide for your life and your family's life. You're and a leech. You are a leech on someone else. And that ultimately evolved into all sorts of different things because the Industrial Revolution and you know so on. And at the end of the day, it's not a bad thing that there are people that work manufacturing and do these different, you know, we'll just say 
low skill type of jobs. God because damn right, I'm a fucking manufacturer. I didn't want to use manufacturer. I didn't want to click <laughs> that button, but I mean, like, I'm thinking like old school highly, textile factories and stuff like that. Medical professional, okay? Because in some capacity, you need that kind of socialization of the workforce, the labor force, to produce products that not a single individual can produce on their own. Yeah. And so, which has benefited society as a whole greatly. I mean, one person out there is not going to start Apple all by themselves and just for the perpetuity of Apple, just be the one guy who works there and, and mass produces the iPhone. It's just not going to happen, right? Nope. So you do need the you need to spread that out and share the workload to put out that ultimate final product. And so obviously going back and looking at those two comparisons side by side isn't exactly apt. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the, I think the, the fundamental truth of not relying on somebody to give you a living just by signing your life over to them and, and giving them your sole uh, production capability it's yeah. not where you should be mentally at in your mind. You should be right. there as an ends to a means. So I want to address one more point and then address what you said, because I think that brings us to our natural kind of point of contention of this big issue, right? One more point to the pay them more, uh, to the effect of pay them more. Is there mm -hmm. are many, many, many small businesses, and small businesses, for the record, tend to pay above minimum wage because that's just how those things roll right yeah. there are many 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 small businesses who can't afford to pay more than what they were paying before partially because they generally pay over minimum wage also because the margins for small businesses run so thin right so now to address your point that i think like i said brings us to our natural point of contention for the labor shortage is there are many people and in on a rate that's getting lower, but many people who were on unemployment throughout the pandemic, right, who received unemployment insurance, the original increase was $600, it is now $300, right? We are now seeing upwards of 20 states that are going to take these benefits away in the next two weeks or so. They've already passed bills that are going to do those things, right? And or at so the very this... least requiring um, that that's seeking of work. Yes. I've seen that. Yeah. And so, which is already a federal, like it, it's already required federally, but there are also about a thousand and a half ways to kind of get around that, you mm -hmm. know? And that's the big thing is that the federal government is like, Oh, well you already still have to be looking for a job. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm fucking sure you do. My sister and my mom lived on unemployment for over a year. Yeah. Didn't hardly look for any jobs. And that's not to denigrate them. That's how that was at the time. You know, it is what it is. But like if, if nobody's overseeing that, you know, if you're able to just write in the names of businesses that you, and no one's going to call and check if you went there. Yeah. Yep. You don't really have an incentive to actually look for a job, right? But, um, so the big point of connection, I think, with this issue is the unemployment insurance, right? There are many people who yes. are arguing that there are, were a lot of people making more money on unemployment that is then deterring them from going back to their old job because they're either making just as much, around as much, or not enough, you know, to go back to their old job or more than they were making before. And what? Jordan says, uh, Mark Penn f featuring Lil Ricky. That's what, yes, that's what the song is. Duty work. Oh, dirty okay. work. There Mark Penn. Work. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's... Must be a little dicky. Then. Yeah. You were so fun. Um, Thank you, Jordan. Thank, thank you, you for yeah. actually helping me. <laughs> Hilarious. A detractor. Um, yeah. And so this has been kind of the like I said the point of contention here is a lot of people arguing that this unemployment insurance has increased to the unemployment insurance is what is deterring people from going back to work and a lot of people including up until like five minutes ago the federal government making that same or making the argument that it wasn't 
right? That this is helping people get along. It's not stopping them from going back to work because you have to be looking for a job anyway. And if someone offers you a job, you have to take it. And, you know, all these things that, again, certainly by the books are true, but in the applicable fashion are not true. If we can't even, as a federal government, force everyone to pay the taxes that we're required of them, in what world are we thinking that we can actually call and check on every single person who of the millions and millions of people who are claiming unemployment, 3.8 or 5.8% of the country, right? Yep. Who's, how do we expect that that is going to be the thing, right? And one thing that I learned that I think is a very important point, I learned just two days ago, the difference between the unemployment rate and labor participation. Yes. Labor participation participation right so and this is not for you guys for everybody who's listening the unemployment rate the percentage they were seeing and i think it's a 5.8 right now i think at the top was like 12 percent or some shit like that that is actually the percentage of the country that is actively looking for work yep. that's not the percentage of the country that doesn't have a job yep. that's the percentage of the country that is actively looking for work right yep. i didn't i didn't know that oh, until yeah. like two days ago oh yeah right and historically that's been a a, a cheap political tool to always yes. use as things are way better than they are because yes. unemployment's way down. And we find this out, right? Because the employment participation percentage, right, which is the like, kind of the truer depiction of how many people really have jobs, right, is actually down a percent and a half since February, like 1.6, 1.7% since February, right? That means that there are that many less people who have jobs now than they did in February, yeah. which yeah, that's about another five million people, which doesn't yeah. seem to make much sense. Because ideally, right? when you look at the labor partici participation rate, if it's sitting around sixty-one something percent, like I think I saw in that article you sent us the other day, yes, um, you would imagine that the unemployment rate would be the equal to you know would be what you the remainder to equal one hundred percent, right? Yes. It should be like thirty percent, so that way sixty. 30, you know, you not totally because you're going to have a lot of know. people stay at home moms. Like yeah. there's going to be a big gap in that number of there stay home moms, stay home dads, like people who are self-employed, things like that, that don't feed into those numbers. But true. I think the point that you're making or the point to that is that you certainly wouldn't expect both of those numbers to be going down. Yeah. How do you have less people working and less people looking for jobs, but like they're there's obviously something missing there. Yeah. You know, what is allowing people to be working less jobs and be looking for jobs less? What's what's the third factor in there? The math don't you know? quite add up. And so there's a, a big question. This will be actually one of our very first videos um, will be from Jen Saki because up until, like you said, the 8th, I think, they were adamant that the unemployment insurance had nothing to do with any of this you know the increased yeah. unemployment insurance had nothing to do with this which so has I been a actually... talking point on the republican side from the get-go of the initial negotiations to say you yep. are going to disincentivize people from going to work because they will be making more per week than they would at any job that pays you 20 bucks an hour and some other tactics the federal government is using right just before i play these videos because you were talking about the unemployment rate kind of being used as like well look how good it is right so they're also on the third they're showing charts that are showing the initial unemployment claims have gone down since january that means people who lost their job and then filed unemployment for the first time no shit no fucking shit the whole <laughs> country is going back to work no shit there are less yeah. people filing initial unemployment claims if Businesses can't find employees. They're not going to be quick to fire people. 
Yeah. No shit. So that's just, and I, so I say that <laughs> no because shit. I think it's important, not like not for you guys, obviously you know, but for people watching to pay really close attention to the things that they're saying because that only makes logical sense. In January, things were still closed. We yep. were all still wearing masks. You couldn't go to the fucking movies. You couldn't do any of this shit. You couldn't we go on a cruise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You were. You could, a large swath of the, of the okay country states. were not allowed to. Fuck you, Larry. So, of, <laughs> like, of course, it only makes yeah. logical sense yes. that those numbers would be going down. 100%. And it's the same thing we talked about with Barack Obama and with Donald Trump and whatever, right? These things, it doesn't matter who would have been there. This is how this would have gone, mm-hmm. right? Donald Trump doesn't matter who was the president when the pandemic pops off. When the whole country shuts down, unemployment is going to go through the goddamn roof. Oh, yeah. That's how yeah. that's going to happen, yes. regardless what your name is, what color you are, what party you belong to. It doesn't matter. It could have been Joe Biden 40 years ago or two years ago. The same thing would have happened. Yep, absolutely. It wouldn't matter, right? So that's one thing that they're using to kind of try and cover this. I'm like, ah, it's, it's good. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, everything is, is really actually fine. Um, Live in the pot, eat the bugs. They are also talking about, and I saw Brian Deese talk about this a lot. Obviously, he said strong jobs gains in this last job report. That's really what he said, strong jobs gains. Um, he also said that we're the only G7 nation whose future growth prospects are stronger today than they were pre-2020. Okay, so again, let's take a second. Let's take a second. When the economy is, I don't even want to say crippled. When it, when, when it is halted, depressed. right? Yeah. No shit. When you are digging yourself out of a hole, okay, if you start here and you dig a hole, of course you have to go above that to make any type of growth. So, of course, yes, this deficit plus the initial growth is going to be a higher number than what the growth was projected here. Okay, I'm sorry. I took 10th grade math like five times, three times at least, right? This is simple logic. That's not even math. (laughs) That's... I guess logic is math, right? But that is the basic, just the mm. simplest of logic right there. If, if the, you're digging yourself out of a hole, yep. of course you're projected for more than you were when you were sitting fucking pretty before yeah. the pandemic started. When when the economy is a light switch and you turn it off, when you turn the switch back on, you should expect that the light will turn on. Yes. That's... And it should not be a surprise to you, and it should not be something that you should grab onto and gloat about it happening, because that's the way it works. Yes. That's physics, that's electricity, and that's the economy. If you shut it off and everything goes to net zero, the minute you flick it back on, you should see exponential growth. You should see it start right back up. People should be going back to work. Businesses are coming online. New businesses are coming online. Because you can't forget all the businesses that were completely and utterly destroyed Excuse when me. you shut the lights off. Yes. It should It should definitely be doing this thing. It should. In fact, you should all be offended that it's not coming. We don't have a, a rate of recovery at like 30% minimum. And this this was just on the 4th, right? This was just on the 4th that this conversation happened. So the this 12th. Month? Yes. It's oh. the 12th now. Oh. Right? It was eight days ago that this conversation happened. Brian Deese is there. He's asked again. Are you sure that the enhanced unemployment benefits do not have any negative effect at all, right? He says, we have historic job growth in context. In context. In context to a pandemic, historic yep. job growth. Fucking yep. fantastic, bro. Fantastic. Again, we started at 3%. We are now at just just under 6% unemployment. Do we truly have historic job growth? Is that what we are growing as an economy now? When, yep. Again, the same idea. <laughs> I like a... Like a sponge, I guess, right? If you take a sponge and you squeeze all the water out of it, 
it's got to grow. It has to grow after that. So yes, in context of from it starting here to growing back to its original size, historic, historic fucking growth. But realistically, that means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. It means we are on track to get back to where we were before. You know, everything went to shit and we fucked everybody over. We're on track to getting back to there, which is insanity, right? And in the same... He also said those states... (laughs) This, this is where they started, like, the runaround of unemployment, right? And they start to double back on themselves. He also says those states haven't actually canceled unemployment yet. So we can't really calculate, you know, the effect that it's having on the, on the labor market because they haven't canceled it yet. So wait, 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 wait. The question was, is enhanced unemployment benefits negatively affecting the job growth? And then he says, well, they haven't canceled yet, so we don't know. <laughs> I'm... What? How is this doing at church? What anything? the fuck are you talking about? And he's the director of the, like, the chief economic council or whatever. Yeah. What are we saying here? What are we talking about? What was his it's first name again? Something Deese? Brian Deese. Brian Deese. Because I know we, we said it during the pre-show, but yeah. Not. Oh, wait. Wrong computer. And Jen Psaki was, was asked the same question in the same press conference, right? And this was her, yes, the, the former senior advisor to the President of the United States, and now he is the... The director of the National Economic Economic Council. Council. He's the director. He's leading the National Economic Council. And he just said, we don't know whether or not increased unemployment benefits are negatively affecting the labor market because they haven't canceled them yet. That makes a lot of sense. And this this is the problem with just econometricians. It's just like, you never know if like when they bring out this data, are they doing the real work? Or are they working to confirm their bias? Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. And and that's like the frustrating thing for me when I watch this. I, I mean, everybody's watched the economy. Like it's, if like we're having a like, I feel like we keep asking like, oh, like, like how? When are we gonna get rid of this or that? Like the question is like, when are we gonna return to pre-pandemic times? Like, are we gonna get back to the beginning of the pandemic? It, and then if they they're gonna say no because it's gonna be near impossible, they're like, okay, well, do you think that you're standing in the way or enhancing our abilities to get back there? Because like, that's the question that needs to be answered, right? Because yeah. I think the, the most glaring thing is we have 9.3 million jobs vacant right now, or people looking for jobs, which is just it's astronomical. And like we kind of talked about it, like with if you don't think if if the job you go back to is your end state, right, and they don't pay you enough, the subsidy that you get from the government is going to allow you to push off going back there right and oh, so yeah. like i get it it's it's, it's all mentality that yeah. like we have approaching with work like you should want to work for what you're getting and we're not and we've again we've normalized being comfortable receiving free money we're like the question's always like like, like we you can't like ask why it's like hey i need a living wage okay like we have an a like define what a living wage is and like why do you deserve a living wage right and it's like, oh, you're humanitarian. You want everyone to die. You just want to just start mowing people down. You're just like, wow, we just escalated this conversation yeah. really fast when we haven't asked the specifics. So, like, the most frustrating thing is I read are these reports, right? Like, A, because, like, September just needs to come in. September will know, right? September, a lot of these things, because we kicked the can, but, like, that is their foot in the ground where they're like, hey, like, our supply chains will be healed, and it will remedy the problem that was, like, that the, they're saying is artificially pushing up the price or wage prices. But then, now that we're in the place where everyone can get the vaccine, like, 
how long are you going? How long are we going to be in a crisis? Yeah. Right. So then that's going to give them four months really to marinate on giving out everybody the virus or sorry, the vaccine. Yeah. And, and let's focus on that for just a second. September is when those enhanced unemployment benefits on the federal side go away. Yes. That is a long, long time. As, yep. Especially when you think about the employer's timeline. That is a ridiculous amount of time. There are going to be how many companies that go under in the next three and a half months waiting for September to roll around and and assume at that point that when September rolls around, it's going to be like that light switch and go click and everybody's going to go, go back to work, Right. which is yep. probably not going to happen. It's going to take a little bit of time. There's still going to be a period there where for whatever reason people might have found new ways to make money they might have you know there's some people might have adapted and and changed and and overcome and done that and they may not re-enter the traditional labor force because they found a workaround in the meantime right maybe they're working under the table jobs maybe they're doing something on their own who knows it's not like september's going to ro- roll around and everything's just going to be fine again Especially because part of this new idea, not even new, this ideology they have about it, and this is another quote from Brian Deese, right? He's asked about what they can do to help the supply demand specifically with semiconductors, right? That's been a big thing. Semiconductors, construction, these are like huge things they're talking about. And he said there was an executive order to investigate the supply chain issues, right? And all these things, these investigations, this is being viewed as like the first step, right? And I I have an example of... proof of that right so larry you sound a little confused because there was actually a a task force put together to study a strike force a strike it's force a stri- i swear to god it's called a strike force i don't swear like to the, god i don't like the fact we have czars and we have strike it's forces. a strike force i swear to god it's called a strike force yep. and to study the the why we had these supply bottlenecks Yes. The federal government wanted to know why, so we put together a strike force to figure it out. That so was real. There was one in general for the supply demand issues and one specifically for semiconductors. So this executive order to invest, investigate supply chain issues said part of it is because the demand wasn't anticipated. You've got me fucked up because over a year ago, Wall Street Journal is like, motherfuckers are uh, building houses and fixing their shit because they got nothing else to do. So if you're telling me that you didn't know a year ago that this demand was going to increase on the construction side, then uh, you're fucking retarded. Literally retarded. You're actually literally retarded thinking on this. You are thinking at a slowed pace because you can't even track what was happening over a year ago in the construction market. I'm sorry, I put together neoprene pieces. I could have told you we are going to see a continued increased demand in the construction market. I could have told you that at the beginning of the pandemic, right? yeah, so, I, I, th- I really think that's just a, a gap from our economy. They're, they're also, <laughs> they keep using this term transitory, right? And this this was my point for you. They keep using this term transitory. It's temporary. These are just transitory things. These bottlenecks yeah. are transitory. It's just until we get, like you said, to September, to this point of when everything is reopened again, right? So if they're not even considering the idea that any of this might be permanent, they're just writing it off. It's transitory. Don't worry about it. It's transitory. It, it will all go away. It's transitory, right? And I can, again, I have an example of this because on the 8th, they had two people come in, uh, Samira Fosley and Peter Harrell, to come in and talk about the supply chain report, right? And Samir Fosley said they need to diversify, diversify the global supply chain and expand the, the domestic one. Um, when they asked about proposals for 
the supply demand issue, right? First of all, she said, this isn't a bad problem to have. This is not a bad problem to have because it means that we're growing. It means that we're getting back to normal. That all these things, people can't find jobs, businesses are closing. This isn't a bad, I swear to fucking God, she said that. This isn't a bad problem to have, she says. And then she says this report is the start of action to find out what's going on. This report that took 90 days is the start of action. That's what they're doing. Not even a concrete next step of what are we going to do now that we know what the problem is. We see what the issues are because you just took 90 days, three months, to do an investigation on what the fucking problem is. The natural, the next step is, oh, well, this was the start. This is the beginning <laughs> of action. That's the natural next step is that this was the start of action. This is what happens. This, report. So this is how government works. We'll get back to you. Right, we'll, we'll even, circle back. Even though, we'll again, back. this was on the eighth, and so now I'll That's go. That's four days ago. Um, I have another oh. one. Just one second here. I, I'm, from... just, I'm, I'm shocked. Go, I, I... Who are these people? These I'm, are the I'm... people that are trying to run every aspect of our lives. On the fourth, on the fourth, Jen Saki was asked the supply, demand issues, and construction. What are the supplies? Right. What's what's the holdup specifically? What, what are the bottlenecks here, right? And she's like, oh, lumber, uh, I don't know, we'll have more for you next week. So then four days later, when they come back to explain the supply demand issues, they're like, we got to diversify, we got to build back better in America, we need to source more things here, we're going to invest in infrastructure, maybe if we can get an infrastructure bill passed, we're going to add things in there to build infrastructure to help us export more things, if we can get an infrastructure bill passed. People wonder why this, I have a problem with centralized control. This is the control. answer. This is the solution. Is a report. This is the start. Is right here. That's the, that's the key. I swear to fucking God, the Listen. leaders of our economic ideology, the leaders of our economy, this is the next step. This is action. Is uh, this report here? And uh, we don't really know whether or not unemployment is having a negative effect because they haven't even stopped giving now yet. So we can't even measure, you know, the growth before and afterwards and blah blah blah. Regardless of the near 2% decrease in active labor market participation, right? We can't measure whether or not these are having any, any effect. effect. Not a, yeah, we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't that. say for sure. And so this is when Jen Psaki is asked, right? This is Jen Psaki regarding the effects of the increased unemployment on the labor market, right? A bit of a shift in tone here because last month the president was pretty adamant that he did not believe that these enhanced unemployment benefits were playing a role factoring into people's decisions not to get back into the jobs market. Today, though, he's underscoring that these benefits are simply temporary, set to expire in 90 days. So which is it, yes or no, does the president believe that these unemployment benefits are playing a role here? Well, I think we shouldn't lose sight of some basic facts here, which is that the, those governors who have made the decision, as they have every right to do, to pull back on unemployment benefits or not accept them, I should say, accurately, that hasn't even taken effect in any state across the country. So in terms of how we're evaluating the impact, we haven't even seen the impact yet. That takes effect. <laughs> it is important for people to understand uh, factually that the president, no one from the administration, has ever proposed making these permanent or doing it over the long term. And sometimes I think that that was just an, God. Effort, an effort to yeah. make that clear in the public. Uh, so we understand there's politics at play here. That's okay. No. Nope. Uh, every governor is going to make nope. their own decision. At the Not end politics. of the day, what we see as the biggest driving factor is vaccines and individuals oh. being vaccinated, uh, feeling safe to go back to workplaces. Uh, the fact that 
child care centers have rehired, that teachers have gone back to work, those are all positive signs. At the end of the day, we've created, the president and this administration has created more jobs than any president, any administration in modern American history. So that's kind of how we see the jobs. But based on the data, do you believe that these benefits are having any kind of impact in people deciding not to maybe re-enter the job force right now? Well, again, I I think that's a really difficult thing to analyze, given uh, we have created a historic number of jobs in the last four months. Historic. Any president in modern American history. So, and the jobs, uh, the UI benefits haven't even been pulled back in any state. So. It's a question I'm sure we can have a discussion about in the next couple of months as we see what the impact is on different states or if that's a factor. But we think the biggest factors overall are more people getting vaccinated, uh, more people being comfortable and feeling safe going out into the workforce. And that's uh, where we feel there's going to be an encouraging upward trend. Understand what happened in the last month, though, because last month you said you didn't see any indication of that when looking through the data. I don't think we can evaluate the data that hasn't been applied in states across the country yet. And what we're really talking about from state to state is governors making a decision to pull back on accepting unemployment benefits for six weeks or eight weeks. That's it. It hasn't even started yet. So I I would leave it to all of you and your outside analysts to decide whether that is a big factor in terms of economy and data or whether that is a political discussion we're having. Go ahead. Okay. So can I just say right off the bat here? Yeah. What the argument she is making (laughs) is that because we haven't stopped yet, you don't have the final end numbers to show, to prove how detrimental and devastating this decision that we made without no vote of the people or anything. You don't have the data to prove us wrong just yet because we haven't shut it off quite yet. By that same ideology, we should just wait two more years to find out what the true effects of COVID-19 were on the economy because it's been two years and because it hasn't been two years since the pandemic, we don't really have a true depiction of what the effects were because we haven't seen what happened in the two years naturally afterwards. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Yeah, she's talking about whether or not this is a... We need to know if we're having a, a discussion about data or politics here. No, you're the only one that is having a political conversation here. We are looking out at the numbers that come in reliably every single month. And you are dodging that because we haven't shut the fucking faucet off yet. You can't accurately (laughs) tell us how much damage you have done because we haven't stopped yet. That's exactly what she's saying. And then she's... She's twisting that in a political manner to say, like, well, I, you know, I don't, I, we, we just don't know yet. I, you can't tell me how much I've fucking ruined your life and how much we've, how much damage we've we caused to the country. We can't calculate it yet. <laughs> We're not sure. Because yeah, you haven't stopped. What's your take, Larry? I oh. just, I, I don't know if I'm mad at her or the reporter or, 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 just, or, or just myself. <laughs> I, one, I just, I can't, like, so, okay, let's, okay, let's start. <laughs> This is I, and like this isn't on the topic, but it's on the topic because she said it. Why? We're, how does Joe Biden give credit get credit for jobs that were only lost due to COVID, and then we get it back? And, she, and he's brought more jobs, like, like he, than all any did, other president in history. History. That's maybe. such an aggressive statement. statement <laughs> yeah, that broke me. <laughs> Secondly, the reporter. I'm going to her. 
the question to be asked is what is the indicator or indicators that will allow us to stop giving extra money out? If there is no set of circumstances that would warrant stopping giving the extra unemployment insurance, then like that, then we can't, you can't talk to the economy. Thirdly, I don't understand the hoops. I just had to follow her through to not answer. I don't even know if she answered the question. I don't know what she no. said. I can't <laughs> even, like you guys are talking about it and I'm still trying to like mentally process it. I literally thought you started the clip over because I felt like she was just yes. saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I literally was sitting there like, did he just restart the clip? Like, did I, did I, did I stroke out? Like, did I miss it? Did I zone out? The closest thing you can draw from that as an answer is we don't know yet, which is not an answer. Like that's not because it's not true. Like that's just a lie to say we don't know yet is is boldly. Uh, it's a bold lie. And so that, that's the closest thing you can come yeah. to with an answer is just we don't know yet. So I tried to give her the, the benefit of the doubt and say we just don't know how much bad we did just yet because we haven't stopped doing the damage yet. So once we're so, done, so then we could tell you how bad we fucked up. And so, in like the last thing, like if we don't know what the money, like let's say that hypothetically the money's not the reason people are going. Just say that people, <laughs> the fact that people aren't are making thirty six hundred dollars doing nothing is not a reason they're not trying to work. If we don't know what the effect of this money is or was, how can we warrant injecting six trillion more through an infrastructure? Hey oh. This is where, like, again, I'm not even anti anything up front. I'm just trying to understand the reasoning, right? And our, our, like, our media can't report, and like, no one's, and this is probably my biggest frustration. When Donald Trump was in, everybody watched the news, whether you agreed with him or not. Now that he's out, no one's watching the news anymore. So, like, the, no one's even there to ask her questions anymore. Like, if that, if that was Kate, Kaylee McEnany, which Ooh, was probably yeah. the smartest human Ooh, being ever, yeah. we would have, she would have, CNN be like, yo, she scratched her nose in the middle of that, was just a nod at the third century Nazis that were there, that were trying <laughs> to fucking put everything, I was just like, what just happened here? But like, she, 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 she she's gallivanting through just random statements and, 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 and non, like, just random isms, random facts, random things. I get so frustrated with her. She don't even pull open the binary anymore. She just goes. She she's knows just she's like, gonna... let me think about that for a second. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, she's just going now. I know she's just going. I don't know how they're ever going to replace her, man. She's too good with, at her uh, job. With I mean, she the makes, black girl. That's the only. I don't she know what makes. Her name uh, is. Oh, and she was so bad. Oh my gosh, she was floundering that one day she got up there. Okay. Uh, they can't afford to get rid of Jim's actor. Trenton no. sent me She's a the message. only one keeping things together, man. Trenton sent me a voice message. Should we play it? Oh, Trenton oh, did? Yeah, just to embarrass him, see what he said. Oh, God. Here we go. Should we do it? How long is it? I don't know. It's six seconds. Oh, it's it. <laughs> okay, Here we go. It. Here you go, Trent. I might have to bleep this. Dude, my fucking cousin is getting married. Oh! Oh, <laughs> Trent's cousin's getting married. There you go. Shout Little baby Isaiah's getting married. Shout out yeah. I wanted it to be really embarrassing. I really wanted it to be really embarrassing. That's the only reason I did it. He says a lot of raw shit. I thought it was going to be maybe even just him singing. That happens frequently. But yeah, no, I'm a little bit disappointed. Well, now that I know that you get those, I'm going to have to get you some of that. Yeah. Oh, man. Here we go. No. Oh. Larry's um, got to bounce. No, I have another clip that will play the after this, is too. Full. That was. Um, Jen Psaki was asked about, I think it's, again, about the unemployment insurance and then about 
Anthony Fauci. Oh, the um, Fauci dog. Oh, it's just about the COVID origins and the Fauci Sorry. emails. Oh, that's good. So My dogs sorry. had to pee, and they wouldn't no, pee on the carpet. No, you're fine. Oh. But she was pressed one more time on the increased unemployment insurance, and so we can play that video as well. That was after she was asked specifically about what the supply issues were. Um, and so we can play that issue and see. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, COVID. What do you got for us, Jen? I'm really curious what you got to say about why we have a supply shortage. Okay, are you Probably ready? Probably has to do with something with Trump. Enhanced unemployment benefits. You said that you can't really make a determination because no states have actually cut them off yet. The states that are pulling out of the program early. But if nothing has changed, shouldn't you be able to maintain the president's pretty unequivocal position last month that they are not encouraging people to stay home? Well, if we had that concern, we would be ending them. We're not. I mean, we, there's still 7 million people who are out of work, right? And we're talking about $300 benefits for three more months. I think the point I was trying to make, and I think Brian was trying to make, is that the, the governors who have made the decision, which they have every right to do, to pull back on these benefits, are really talking about having them for six weeks or eight weeks less than we would already intend to have them. So I think the question is, do you think Americans, given 7 million are still out of work or more than that, could benefit? from eight more weeks or 10 more weeks of these $300 unemployment benefits, our view is they, they can and they should. And that's an extra helping hand we can give to millions of people across this country. Some governors disagree. That's okay. At the end of the day, in early September, these, these benefits will no longer be a part of the plan. Thank you. Go ahead. And there's, so there's this interesting thing that she's doing, right? She's almost like tipping her hand a little bit. Yeah, a little and bit. she's done it twice. And I don't know if they're receiving questions about it or reports and I just don't know about it. But twice she referenced, well, we're, you know, it's not forever. Like, it's only temporary. We're, it's only this six weeks longer than we were going to do it anyway. It's only until September. No one is asking you about doing it forever. No one. No one. It's like, we're not asking you about what is it going to be like next year. There are all three of those reporters who asked her, asked you specifically, what are the negative effects that it's having on the labor market right now? Is this the possible reason why people are not going back to work? Is this potentially the reason? Is it having a negative effect? And all three times, right, or both these times, it was, it was we don't know yet. And also, it's just for a little while. And also, Damn you for asking. She doesn't ever say, like, she, she asks, does it hurt? She like Jen Psaki never says no. They're not hurting. She's going out of her way to not say the phrase like these are not the reason people are going back to like are yes. not going back to work. Yeah, and I find that interesting that she's working so hard to avoid like 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 the bite. Like it's just like hey, like did you eat the cookies? Be like you know, like the cookies not there, and we'll work to remedy the fact that it's not there. And I think it's a tragedy that's not there. But like, <laughs> did you eat the cookie? But like, you know, uh, I feel like there's a lot of cookies in there. Um, a lot were eaten through the, pro and I'm just like, it, it's it's weird what they're not saying, and that's what gives you the excuse. No one's again, love them or hate them. Donald Trump was just an aggressively overly straight shooter. He was never either smart enough or he never wanted to ever make you wonder what he was thinking. To so the <laughs> furthest extent of the law, right. he would just tell you exactly what he's thinking. Unfortunately, through Twitter at yep. all times of the dead, with just the absolute disregard for people's emotional responses disregard for human life <laughs> he is just bodying people all the time oh and i i miss him on twitter so much i'm not gonna lie yeah like i mean again he was at least funnier i don't i don't know like it's and i blame our media we don't 
have a strong media. And like, I feel like Fox is working too hard to just like, they're working. I feel like they're working too hard to make the meme of it. Right. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. they're just like, yeah, they're like, Hey, they're doing something bad, but it's like more meany. The Democrats like Brian Stelter. I don't know if you guys saw him on C-SPAN the other day, but he got, he got fucking crushed. Really? Oh yeah. You can Google it. Like people were calling on be like, like CNN is the biggest perpetrator. Like you're an actual liar. Like you're a propaganda artist. Like people were just like levying into him, which was funny for him. Cause I, I just like him specifically. That being said, <laughs> yes. CNN and MSNBC and And we're back. Okay, we're back. We want to thank everybody. Obviously, we had some technical difficulties there. Our Wi-Fi took a poop on us, but we are back. China got us. That's what China, it was. Yeah, China Let's got go with us, that. as Larry said. <laughs> um, I do, because I realized I haven't done it yet, I do want to take this opportunity to thank everybody for watching us, obviously, and implore you, if you're watching us on YouTube, like us, share us, leave a comment. If you're listening to this as a podcast later on, leave us a rating and a review. And if you screenshot the review and send it to us, I will send you a free signed T-shirt. You can follow us on all these things. YouTube, obviously, subscribe here. We have our Instagram at Salt of the Streets. Our Facebook, fuck Facebook at Salt of the Streets. SaltoStreets.com for all this information. We have our own personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Offie on both those things. You can find all this on SaltoStreets.com. Larry is at some combination of Larry the Tax Guy, Larry the Tax Man on Instagram and Twitter. He will be tagged in these things when we put it out there, so do not worry about that. You can also find Lim. What is it? AtlasANT.com. Is that where we can find your yeah, website? Yeah, I don't have a website for my business. No website. Okay. AtlasANT, whatever. Some somehow you we'll, can find him. We'll connect you yeah. with Larry I'm if you want to get your taxes done. If you want to buy a house from him, we can probably hook you up with that too. We'll see what's up. He might what only rent do. to you though. He's trying to trying to sustain wealth. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um So right before we got cut off by China, um Larry, you were t- we were China? talking about the uh the media, we were talking about Brian Stelter in particular and how yeah. he got stomped the other day. Yeah, so he was on C-SPAN. He kind of got he got trashed. People, he did the call-in show on C-SPAN. I don't know why, but apparently, I just found out that they uh, they do volunteer and they basically run through, host the show, et cetera, et cetera. He thought it was yeah. a thing for him. Did people you not know it. that that was a thing? Yeah, is that like no. a... It's called like the Washington Journal, I think. Um, and they do that every day. That's actually like a huge portion of what C-SPAN is. And there's one line for Democrats, one line for Republicans, and one line for Independents. And really? so, yep. Wow. So there are different numbers that you call, and they take calls. It's actually kind of a legit setup. If you, I've watched it a lot, and they do this really cool overhead camera thing where they'll read an article and they have it printed out, and so they'll like underline things and point to them with their pen. It's pretty legit. No, so I, I don't see that. So I, I just I I heard that he was on it, and I heard he got crushed, and so that was awesome. But that brought into my whole point is like our mainstream media. We don't have a consensus around them and i think without i think we're in a, we're gonna be in a terrible place where we can't actually have any conversations and i don't know if it's purposeful but i know that if we if we can't have any conversations nothing's ever going to get better like we have two sets of people that aren't going to discuss and the people in, in there who will discuss and who will listen are hated by everybody and so it's just so frustrating because the kid on the Jen Sackett thing, I don't know why we don't have better question asking. Like, I think there's answers that we'll ascertain and they either don't know the questions, which cool. Like I want a smarter breed or they're just, they're basically aiding. They're being, they're, they're accomplices with Jen Sackett and being yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the press secretary. 
Yeah. So if I could add my two cents on to that, essentially. No. What we have here, fine, <laughs> is we have Fox News, who is basically operating at this point, um, probably beforehand, on a level of a own the libs type of situation. That's that's yep. what they do. And then every other network is a propaganda wing for the Democratic Party yep. and supporting the the current administration. Or you kind of have those roles reversed mm-hmm. if the executive branch is reversed at that point. But what we do not have is a way – we don't have a public – a massive publicly available apparatus that on, that's only goal is to hold our elected politicians and our government officials that are unelected accountable. We don't have that anymore, and that's exactly what the media was supposed to do all along. You can go back to just after the founding of the country, and you can read some of those old articles, and that's a, you kind of get an idea of that's what they're attempting to do is hold these governmental entities accountable for the decisions they're making and what they're saying. And we don't have that anymore. And unfortunately, anybody that is trying to do that nowadays gets put into the boot box. They get they get censored, they get shut down because of due to the nature of how we communicate now and it's 99% online at this point. And with those gatekeepers having the ability to just cut you off midstream if they wanted to. Yep there's no way for dissenting voices to get out. I mean, nothing has illustrated that more clearly than the response to COVID mm-hmm. anything, yeah. even to this day, we brought it up earlier before that, that dark horse podcast with Brett Weinstein. Yeah. And I can't remember his name. Pierre Corey, Pierre Corey, who I watched that live stream. Actually, I don't know if I watched it live, but I watched it like that night or something like that. I watched it very re- recently and it was one of the greatest podcasts ever about filling in this this data crowder did a little bit of a job the other day talking about like fauci's past and basically Mm -hmm. he's it's it's ironic that everything that he did during the aids epidemic is almost a carbon copy of what he's done through COVID, and none of that information is allowed to get out to the public no and and that's what we're dealing with here we've got no accountability and just we have a we have a meme factory on one side and we have a propaganda wing on the other side. And then we got people like us stuck in the middle. And I, and I, and I think you kind of see that with uh, the Fauci emails. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we can dig into that. But then you have the Trump at the church. Like he actually didn't tear gas them for the photos. Oh, yeah. uh, for this photo thing. Right. And then right. Joe Mr. Biden's the, uh, inspector general report that just came out. And not, not to interrupt yeah. you, but I just so we can, because I'm sure because of the nature of what it is, a lot of people didn't hear about it. Right. Yep. There mm-hmm. was an investigation by the inspector general who was kind of the easiest way to do it is like, he's like the detective for the country looks, mm-hmm. does all the digging, you know, the internal investigations for the government. And that's, I'm sure there's a million people that would be like, you're a fucking idiot, but that's the <laughs> easiest way to kind of describe it. And so the, the inspector general did a report um on that event and some events surrounding it and found that donald trump had nothing to do with the clearing of the protesters from lafayette park on his way yeah. over to go into the photo shoot the yeah. fucking stupid ass photo shoot in front of the, yeah. front of the church he held up the right? bible and yep. the whole thing the one of the funniest things this is such a good example of this right after that happened it was a right like either on the same day or a few days uh, surrounding when all of those congressmen, senators and congressmen, wore 
the kente cloths and then took a knee, you know, in, in the house and did all those things, right? My mom comes over to my house after both of these things happen. Well, this is going to get good. And she, I don't remember what we we're talking about. She always will hit me about something political right before I'm going to leave the house, like when she's going to watch Dax, you know? So she's asking about something, probably about the church thing, because we started talking about that. And I was like, it's, it's crazy that you're saying this to me because... Like, not like so weird, but I'm like, it's literally crazy you're saying this to me because Donald Trump holding the Bible in front of the church, as stupid as it was, is the exact same thing as this picture of them kneeling in the kente cloths. I yes. Said, said, but the worst thing about it is they didn't even do the research into where these cloths came from because these cloths are from tribes that sold other black people. Yeah. So, like, so it's like, this, so it's worse. So then yep. it's crazy to me that that's not what you're talking to me about. That you're talking to me about a decision that we, at the time, we don't even know how it happened, but he ended up over there taking a picture and there's no protesters anymore. Like, however it yeah. happened, but the, this is the thing you're talking to me yep. about. Headlines. Donald Trump authorizes tear gas to be used on peaceful protesters to clear out for a photo shoot. She didn't even know about the Kinte Cloth thing. Like, that they were from a tribe that had sold black people. She oh, yeah. didn't even know that. Mom, See, this is crazy that you're saying this. And the media doesn't even have to come out and apologize for that stuff. Because, like... We're grossly undereducated, and Edward R. Murrow, who was like one of the first people who was, uh, he was the one that went against the senator uh, who was doing the Russian um, witch traces, basically. Um, uh, Nunes? No, no, this was way long ago. Oh, gosh, it's going to bother me. MacArthur, Senator MacArthur. Oh, he was yep. the one that went toe-to-toe with Senator MacArthur way back in the day. And like he even said it, he's just like this. Like this can either be the greatest thing we ever did, the TV, or this is going to ruin our society, right? Because with this, the power to captivate, um, you can either educate or you're going to degrade it. We've chosen to degrade, and it used to just be in our TV, right? Like we used to watch shitty TV that's not growing us, healing us, making us right. smarter. And now, where the sources where we think we're going is not only do we not agree on the facts, right? Both sides do. They skew, but they skew it to support the side they want to win. But at the same time, when they are caught out, like there is no function to then force them to apologize to bit better or to do better. Like you have right. CNN actively saying like they're pumping COVID because it was great for ratings. Like, how is this supposed to inspire faith in anything you say, though? Yeah, and I mean, and even on that note, I mean that really being only revealed by Project Veritas. And the mm-hmm. amount of people that are going to hear Project Veritas or James O'Keefe and then just instantly tune out because they've been trained to think that he is just some conspiracy theorist who pushes a bunch of edited videos and right. lies all the time. 100%. Right? And look, uh, listen, I, I get it because I'm a conspiracy theorist now because like, the co- the vaccine came out and I was just like, I, I was just like, I remember someone was just like, why aren't you going to take the vaccine? And I was just like, uh, I was like, do you want, I said, do you want NyQuil? And he's just like, what? I was like, do you want some NyQuil? He's like, no. I was like, why? He's like, well, he's like, I don't know what it means. I was like, do you feel okay? He's like, yeah. I was like, would you take NyQuil? I was like, no. I was like, why? He's like, I don't need it. I was like, that's how I feel about the vaccine. Like, I am not at risk. Like, it, but like, now that I've said that, I've now been grouped in with like a group of conspiracy theories. Like, oh, you're anti-vaxxer. Like, no, I have all my vaccines. Yeah. I have a shot. You might as well be queuing on at this point. But you're uh, black, Larry. Don't you know that because you're black, like COVID more, you know? Don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, listen, I got crushed when I said, because like people were like, oh, black community, right? Because like, no help. I was like, it's because the black community is fat as fuck. Isn't, and wasn't, the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, as the people are just, they're like, oh, how dare you? I was just like, no, we're just, we're healthy. Like, when, isn't it weird that at the same time that in the 
48 hours that they that the federal government admitted that we're telling you not to wear a mask because you don't need them. We need to preserve what we have. Because there was, I try and harp on it as much as I can, there was a small window in time yeah. which the federal government did actually admit, yeah. like, no, no, we just need what we have for the first-line workers, right? Around that same time, for, like, the same amount of time, they were like, one of the reasons this is hitting African-Americans so hard is because they were like, fucking soul food, right? They are like, there's, mm. I mean, just a huge amount of, of people in the black community that just eat like shit, that don't take care of themselves. Yeah. Diabetes is a huge level, like, all these things. Like, also, like, people don't like to go to the doctor, like, all this shit. There was this small window of time in which they said this, and then they were like, we have no idea. It's just crazy that there, you know, it's uh, health disparities and all these things. No talk about comorbidities or, you know, an increase, like I said, increased rate of diabetes or any of this shit. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's not even relevant, right? No, which it's so weird. <laughs> it's super fresh. And again, like, that's what makes me upset. Like, now we have, like, like, like the whole, the flip-flopping, like this whole COVID thing. Has just made me. This whole COVID thing. (laughs) It's hard not to be more cynical after it. It really is. And that that and that's what it is. Like, and I feel terrible. And this is why I don't talk. Because like people get emotional. People lost people. Like this is obviously a serious thing. But like, I'm a firm believer. Is we can hold two thoughts in. I can be like, hey, this is super serious. And thoughts you fucking suck to this. Like this is a serious thing. And if you need the vaccine, you should get it. But also, Dr. Fauci, you should apologize from Rand Paul. For absolutely lying and then using Dude. the media to desecrate him as a way to yep. win. Like, and like, I don't know whether or not he had to swear in during those hearings or not, but if he did, he fucking perjured himself like yeah. nine no. times <laughs> over, and no one gives a shit. Yeah, like, we're just, we just. I, we I, talk about that. I have. This is the final clip that I have oh, it's about Dr. Fauci and things, so we can talk about that a little bit, right? We talked about obviously just days after the last time we were recorded, a bunch of emails were released that were not. They keep the leak, right? They keep all these media companies are like, oh, the Fauci emails that were leaked, they were received by BuzzFeed and a bunch of other companies through Freedom of Information Act requests. Totally legitimate, totally legal, happens all the time. Anybody can do it for any reason. You could have done it, but you didn't because no one fucking cared. (laughs) They got 3,000 plus emails of Dr. Fauci's, right? And there's like... I keep seeing all these articles, the seven big things to draw from this. There's like oh. a lot of shit that, that yeah. came out in this, right? One yep. of the many things being, you know, they knew that like masks didn't work to say the, the way that they were saying they were. They knew that it was large people with comorbidities. Like it wasn't young, healthy people were not at risk. Like a, a lot of things. There was an email about uh, from scientists saying that they thought that it was potentially lab leak was like the way this came. All of this information coming out. And our Zuckerberg. Yeah, what's yeah. that? Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, no, email Mark Zuckerberg. Really? Yeah, and part of it was redacted, which I think is kind of bullshit. But part of it, his email with Mark Zuckerberg was redacted as well. Sorry, you can continue, but no, no. And so, so there's obviously a lot of question about this. Jen Saki continues to write it. I was like, oh, they were 17 months ago. You know, it's why would we worry about ourselves about something that happened 17 months ago? Because that was <laughs> the fucking beginning. <laughs> why, Jen Saki? Because we want to know. Why we're here now. So we go back and we try to examine the beginning of things, you lying piece of shit. It's awesome. It's really it's awesome. The, oh. She's the same person saying, like, hey, we're still in a pandemic. Everyone still wear your mask. But yep. Like, it doesn't matter at the beginning of the pandemic because yep. we're still here. But, yeah. Oh. Um, she was, let's see, regarding lab leak via Fauci emails. And so we launched an internal review to find the origins of COVID. 
So doesn't really matter because we're doing our own in independent investigation. Um, that was on the third, mm. on the fourth. Oh, and this is the question about the origins of COVID and Fauci's email. So we'll play this video. Let's and this is Jen Saki regarding COVID origins and Fauci emails. I'm so excited. Thank you, Jen. Would uh, President support a commission to investigate the initial U.S. response to COVID-19? Uh, a commission in Congress? Or a presidential commission? I would say if members of Congress have a discussion and want to have a discussion about that, we're happy to hear from them. Uh, but our focus uh, right now, as you know, uh, Peter, is on our own internal Peter. investigation, or our internal process, I should say, using all of the resources of government, tapping into our data and science experts to see uh, what more uh, we can uh, determine uh, over the next 90 days or less than 90 days about the origins of, uh, of the pandemic. Mike Pompeo is now saying that when he was the Secretary of State and he was trying to investigate the origins of COVID-19 there. The NIH folks were trying to suppress what he was doing. So is there any concern from the White House that there may have been people at the NIH who are making policy decisions based not in science, but based on their personal political beliefs or preferences? Well, I, I really don't have any analysis of the last administration's interworking. I don't know. See how they operate. Uh, here's what we know, Peter. We know that Dr. Fauci on, uh, and many Peter. members of the NIH team, medical and science experts, because of their work over the last 10 years, we have developed uh, a, a focused Thanks, effort and apparatus to fight this pandemic, um, and we are grateful to them for their work. Everybody wants to get to the bottom of the origin. Hi. Former Secretary Pompeo, President Biden, Democrats and Republicans across the board. We all share concern about the challenge, and that is the intransigence at times by the Chinese in providing data and providing information. We share agreement on that. We all want to get to the bottom of what happened here. Now, you mentioned Dr. Fauci. There have been these emails that have come out through a FOIA request that uh, make it seem like uh, we knew that he had his hands full at the time trying to figure out what to do. But it seems like there were times that he was saying one thing in email and then coming to this microphone and saying something else. If that is the case, and if that affected the U.S. policy posture at the time, should he be held accountable? Hard yeah. Well, I've talked a little bit about Dr. Fauci, and Dr. Fauci has been out doing several interviews himself and answering questions on these emails and uh, questions that you all may have. Dr. Fauci is a renowned public servant, uh, civil servant, I should nope. say, career civil servant. Uh, he's overseen management of multiple global health crises, and the attacks and, and, and attacks launched on him are certainly something we wouldn't stand by. Uh, I understand there's interest in the emails. He's answered a lot of questions on the emails. I don't think I'm going to have much more to add on them from here. Do you think the attacks are political against Dr. Fauci? I, I'm going to let Dr. Fauci speak to his own defense of his emails from 17 months ago before this president even took office. Okay, and then uh, finally... He's under your employee. You're paying him. Thank you. You didn't have to keep him. You didn't fucking have to keep him. Research. Have not, um, as Dr. Fauci has actually said repeatedly, uh, we've never approved any funding for gain of function research in Wuhan. I know that's, I think, why you're asking the question. Uh, I believe some may have been approved, or there was funding approved during the prior administration. There's a framework, I should say. This is not meant to be a criticism of funding and how it's approved through different NIH programs, but I would send you to them to give more of a, an explanation of the funding mechanism. And just since you mentioned Dr. Fauci again, can you imagine any circumstance where President Biden would ever fire him? No. <laughs> okay so hard no <laughs> obviously the last point yeah no 
I'm, I'm glad she gave a straight answer to one question. So one question, at least. So, <laughs> so you're telling me there's nothing he could do in which you would consider firing him? No. <laughs> Crazy. No also, hesitation. No. Her, her deal about, we've never approved funding for gain-of-function research, but the money that already we know has been going to there, we have allowed to continue to go to there because we allowed it to continue to flow to the Wuhan lab again. Oh, so yeah. we've never approved it. But we allowed it to continue after it was stopped previously by the previous administration 17 months ago before we were here. So that's hilarious. And she's like, and that's why she has to throw that caveat of, you know, and I'm not taking like, no, I'm not taking shots or whatever she said. Like, those are just the processes because they're under the same exact processes that's allowing that funding to go back to the Wuhan lab. Right now, American dollars are being pushed I, I push. They're not forcefully. They're being accepted by the Wuhan lab to continue research. Yep. Yes. We have already seen that money, American dollars, have been subcontracted through the Wuhan lab to gain a function research. Why would we not assume the same fucking thing is happening right now? Because the woman who was conducting that research, whatever her name is, the Bat Lady of Wuhan. That's they're the fucking. That's I don't know if you guys have heard her be called this. Right there's Yeah. yeah She's doing the same shit. The same shit is going on in China. They don't give a fuck. So the same thing is happening right now. Oh, I can't remember. What was the name of that intermediary company? It was like the United Earth Alliance or something like that. Yeah. And she talked about it. She said their name in there. Um, But it's it's the same. The same thing is happening right now. The same fucking thing. And there's there's the bat lady. Yeah. And so she repeated a couple of different times. Um, She repeated a couple of different times throughout these couple of days you know that are 17 months ago 17 months ago like you said he's you're still paying him he still works for you he's still the highest paid government employee to date more than the president damn near twice as much in an annual salary as the president of the united states he fucked it up back in the 80s and he's fucking it up now people have died because of it and there's nothing i can foresee why joe biden would ever want to fire him larry nothing you're in the army so let's say super hypothetical never happened let's say two years ago you deployed to some random fucking country got a bunch of people killed civilians right but no one found out about it till like tomorrow yeah. do, you, do you think that your ceo is just not going to give a shit <laughs> that's what that, that that's what's crazy to me it's like the only difference between fauci and the people in the senate between him and joe biden is that joe biden was elected to office that's the only difference He's, he's a politician. Like, that's what I, I don't like blanket statements like that. I don't like people who subsist there. And, like, again, the problem with Fauci, like, well, let me phrase that. My problem with Fauci is that he's just, he, he's perpetually just flip flops his stance on everything. Like, he's answered everything duplicitous. And now we have all these emails that literally came out to say, like, hey, like, what he thought was going on. It's just pompous. It's just, it's just for show. Like, like again, like that whole thing, like is, is frustrating. I, I can't even, not, I can't not leave it alone because again, like the cover up for him makes me wonder what we're doing. Because again, he did an empirically bad job. Like not just me, not just political pundits, but like other epidemiologists are coming out and saying like he like it, not that he doesn't know what he's talking about, but saying that like he's a politician. This was shit. Yep. And then getting silenced because they're going against Lord Emperor Fauci. Hundred percent, and then the like, Oracle Fauci. Hundred percent, and he said like an attack on 
on me as an attack on science if that's yeah. not the yes. saddest ego i've ever heard in my life like he is at the center even though he's done no actual amount of clinical uh of research forever he's literally just distilled down a message for our politicians but like he is science again he like he, he thoroughly frustrates me yes i i think that at the end of the day if you were going to and we talked a little bit about this um, on the fishing trip, I had a couple conversations with Daniel and some other guys about this this concept of whether or not evil, as we kind of colloquially know it, can truly exist within people. And yeah. If you would have asked me that six months ago or a year ago, I probably would have said probably not. But after what we've gone through and what we've seen and what we've seen these people that hold power within unelected offices and the choices that they make for purely what appears to be purely personal reasons yeah have a hard time saying that evil does not exist because these people if you can assign evil to anybody it's these people that are instilling fear on a massive scale and are bullshitting us every step of the way just so that we do what they want to do and keep themselves in power by keeping us in fear no, 100%. Like, this was all, like, call what you want to, but it, it, it was a it was a power grab. People right. have been, in, in Congress, have or in power, have just been grabbing for more power, right? Like, that's why I don't like the, 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 the stimulus, because it enacts more control, or their ability to control more of what our day-to-day -day life looks like, and that's not what it was supposed to be like. Yep. It, it is a fundamentally anti-American principle. The fact yes. that a centralized power can control what we do as liberal individuals, as freedom-loving individuals that, that hold to a specific set of inalienable rights and respect for common man, we are now at a point where we are basically just the proles doing what we are told to do by the centralized power. Yeah. And that's... It is so unhealthy, and it, it, the media runs cover for it. Everybody runs cover for it, and it, they try to justify it to every end they, they possibly can. But it's the only way that I can I could see all of this in retrospect as we step back and look what happened to us over the last year and a half. I mean, the fact that this guy, there's nothing. The hard, is there anything that you can foresee to, to remove Fauci from his job? No. No. The first and only time you're ever going to get a straight answer from Jen Psaki is when she said, no, we're not going to fire Fauci, period. Yeah. Full stop. That's not Full happening. Stop. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's the frustrating part. Like, and he should have been fired decades ago, for God's sakes. He, again, I had never heard of this man until he became the yep. center of my life, right? Until people literally started praying yep. to Dr. Fauci. But, it's just because we're not old enough, really. Right. And, but with the way that we've, we've bungled everything else – I, I could I could see how people hate him, but like just like from my, this one case study, he did not. Well, a he was political in nature, but B like again he had no. It didn't seem like he had a a plan, and yeah. that's that's super frustrating. And then because he was discombobulated, like we fucking we literally almost had. A, I felt like a fucking civil war over a fucking mask issue yep. when he <laughs> and then he, he has the audacity to say in an email like. Oh, like you don't have to wear a mask. Like they don't work. Like I don't give a shit. That was seventeen months ago. A, like you never said that publicly to everybody. So that means you've never taken that hard a stance. Yeah. 
and then like you, 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 you and like that's the kind of stuff that that irks me. It's just like he's not here for us. And again, why well, don't like big government? Because again, they ultimately don't care about us because it's always going to be like, hey, we're going to sacrifice you for the greater whole. We're always going to rob Peter to pay Paul. We are always going to provide for the greater good. But the craziest question that you can ask a person uh, is who like how do we quantify or qualify the greater good? Like, how do we know what it is? Is it the greater good according to you? Is it the greater good according to me? Is it according to Don, Colin? Like, who is to decide the greater good? I mean, how you are can we listen to me. That's fine. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I could do it. I'll, be, I'll dictate it at all. But, like, how do we decide if Janet's problem's bigger than Rick's problem that's bigger than Robert's problem? Like, like there's no quantifying because emotionally we grasp one of problems differently. Like, and so yep. it, to, to then put everything on even level and then to say that your problems aren't as bad because you're at a higher level than B or you don't know any better because you don't understand it or you can't listen to this epidemiologist because like uh, I deem he's not smart or I deem that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like that's a very dangerous precedent. He Mm -hmm. literally stifled and shut down conversation with people who disagreed outside of him. And like, sure, Larry, you shouldn't talk because you're not an epidemiologist. I got you. But when I was reading, I forgot his name, but Harry from Harvard, and he's an epidemiologist from Harvard, or the guy from Stanford who put out a study that says mass at work, like, okay, well, now I have two people from T14 schools that are putting out verifiable data that they're verifying studies, but I still can't listen to them. So that's, that's that's my problem. Right. Or Brett Weinstein, right? Who like the guy he had on there, Pierre Corey was, was do actively working on coronavirus on the front lines for the entirety of the pandemic, treating patients every single day. And the idea that their information was labeled as spam or like possibly false information. Brett Weinstein is a, is an evolutionary biologist. I, I believe that him, Pierre Corey, like I said earlier, have more than enough qualifications to speak and say anything they want about the coronavirus. Yeah, and, and at least it's nuanced. Like, and, it, it, and the idea that that, that would, could be pulled off of YouTube, off of a public domain for people to enjoy and view as they want, to try and consume that information and better educate themselves on the reality of the world that they are living in virally is deeply concerning. Yeah. And it's and it's a fundamentally un-American concept. The idea that you must sacrifice for the greater good, removing the individual solely out of the equation and not letting anybody make their their own decisions and intake whatever information that they want, knowing that that can have deleterious consequences and you can spawn the QAnon movement. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Knowing that that can happen, you still need to allow Americans to make individually informed choices for good or for ill, because that is the great gamble of our republic. That was the whole concept, is for people to live free from the tyranny of government and centralized control. And we have just walked ourselves step by step by step back to the arms of a centralized control. You have never seen that illustrated more clearly than during the COVID crisis because people, when they are afraid, will flock to a controlling, centralized power that makes them feel good about things. To right? groups. It's like Larry was talking about. Yeah. Right? Not knowing how much people need groups. Yep. And Tribalism. Scared, and they you know? don't yeah. know what to do with themselves. Yep. Every <laughs> human is tribal. You need people around. I had a conversation with Carolina yesterday about you and Jake. 
kind of the talks that we had driving out and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, if I didn't, like, I don't know where I would be at in my life if I didn't have certain people in my life that could help me course correct when they and they saw me at a certain point and said, you know, we got to steal you a little bit over here because we, cause we care about you, buddy, all this good stuff. That, in some tiny way, is is a little tribe that I have of people. Certainly. Right? And as no. much as everybody likes to be individuals and all this stuff, you still need, you yes. still need a tribe of some sort. 100%. Because we are human beings. And that's the, that, as much as we may not like that, because we are so focused on the individual the individual needs friends. They need family. And without yep. that, you run to you run to daddy of some sort. You run to the government. You run to whoever is going to give you that comfort. Yeah. And that's that's what we've done here. No, I, I completely agree. And like like you said, like you need you need to be able to have uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to be wrong. You need to be able to like you have to voice everything. And I think that's the only way that we, we're going to grow. And I feel like we're eliminating it's never been easier to talk to each other and we're eliminating the words we can say and i find that very disconcerting that was very well put (laughs) we need to be able to speak to each other and all we're doing is eliminating the words that we can say yeah that's that's a really good way to put that no 100 and i i i i love it i love it it's 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 pretty miserable and it's crazy we're like you guys are pushed out onto like before anyone could ever sample you like the powers that be at Facebook decided that people aren't able to then take and evaluate the ideas that you guys are pushing or like even for, for Brett Weinstein, like, it's just like, Hey, like, like, sure. You have all these documentations. You have all these reasons that people should listen to you, but we don't think that the average person should be able to absorb what you're going to say. Yep. Cause it does not align with us. And I feel like that, that's probably the scariest president. Like, I don't know if we're going to devolve because of it, but like, that's literally anti what YouTube was supposed to be. Oh yeah. It runs 180 degrees counter to what YouTube was created to be. hundred percent. And that's, and I don't know if there's a market for free speech. That's kind of the but, problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think rumble's trying to be. Yeah. But I feel like right now, like if you go on Rumble or if you go on Parlor, like you're just automatically labeled as a right wing nut. Yep. And it's crazy. You're just a white supremacist, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's been crazy to be called a white supremacist. But, you know, <laughs> I've made it through. I've, I've pushed. It's just a self hating black person. Yep. Yeah, just self hating black person. It's like I really just, you know, want to put black people in chains. So that's been hard for me to get used to. Um, but I've made it slowly but surely. Who was, was that Romney? that got accused of they want to they want to put you all back in chains yeah that's a quote from joe biden yeah hey! no, joe biden that. <laughs> <laughs> to mitt romney right I about mitt romney about to mitt romney. a yeah, yeah congregation at a church oh boy that was emotional back then i used to be a massive just a, i used to fucking love communism and socialism <laughs> oh yeah i I've, I've i've fallen from the tree of grace from socialism and marxism <laughs> You used to think it was because it sounds awesome and every, it sounds great in theory. Like everybody gets everything and we'll just split down the middle. Yeah, sweet. Well, so in, in theory, it's always good. Yep. And then when you're working that that minimum wage job, when they when they decide to take out fifty percent of your paycheck, uh, you think you're really yeah. gonna appreciate that? 
like FICO. I've never met FICO, but I've paid him out more money than I've ever dreamed <laughs> of in my entire life. This dude's been at my fucking dinner table for fucking years. Yeah. Just never met him. Never I'll met never, him. We'll never meet him. Social Security, there's no way in hell. Living rent free in your house. Yeah. Social Security will today. have been born and died before we'll ever meet them. <laughs> oh. All right, Larry. Well, I think since we've kind of been going for a while here, I think it is time to unveil, if you are indeed ready, your theory that you tried to lay out for us a little bit on Thursday. All right. So, are you prepared for this? Are if you're not it's, ready, we can we could delay. We're going to have to delay. I I was literally I've been thinking about it. I wrote it down. I was trying to get it in. I don't think I'm ready. I think the best time, I think in August, if you guys will allow me to come on, uh it's 2 months away. I'll have everything prepared, Deal. ready to go in that moment. Deal. Larry, you have an open invitation to my house at any time, at any point. And it just so happens the studio is here, too. So we could, yeah, we could well, definitely make that happen. No, no, it's I, the Dr. Seuss house, so it's exciting. I'm, I'm fucking – I'm amped. I'm amped. So, yes, August, I'll have it for you in all its glory and its craziness and slight bit of conspiracy. It's also going to go into, Don, how I think the dollars, the bubble, not the housing market. We'll cover it all. Fantastic. Deal. Well, then – Let's break down one concept, which I know this will be a a precursor to something that you'll have to have an understanding for when we talk about this. Can you explain to people what fractional banking is? Fractional banking. Okay. So fractional banking is it's a good foundational just, concept. It is. It is. It's definitely, it will lead in. So fractional banking is what banks can do to lend money. So banks only make money when they lend money, right? They give you a loan. That interest that you pay on that loan is the income they receive. So the question is, okay, the where profit, is that? if you will. Yeah, their profit, right? Their revenue, profit after expenses. And so the question is, where do they get the money to lend? So they get it from you. So what happens is me, Don, Colin, all put our money in the bank. We put $100 in. There's $300 in the bank. So in theory, you're like, okay, well, the bank can lend $300. And so the question's like, okay, well... What if we all 300, want all 300 of our dollars back? Well, originally there would be a bank run, right? So banks weren't supposed to lend money that they got. They're supposed to collect a profit from like services they provide and then lend that money to compound. What they allow us to do, America says, hey, you don't actually have to keep their money. You can lend up to 90% of that out for profit. So the fractional banking is that although on our bank statements, it says $100 in each of our accounts, on the other account for the bank, it says you have $270 to lend. So they've turned the $300 into $570. So they are taking parts of that fractional banking, fractions of that, and then lending it out to other people. This is inflating our dollars inherently by them ability, like expanding the money supply. At the same time, right, obviously killing our dollar, at the same time, it's putting us at risk because if we ever all wanted our money at once, you could not go get it. There literally isn't enough paper money for everyone to go to the bank and pull out all of their cash at one time. Yep. There literally doesn't exist enough paper money for that to happen. Yes. And that is something we saw happen during the Great Depression, if I am correct, right? There was yes. a run on the banks. People in ran in there, tried to pull out all their money, and they go, well, we don't. We don't have it. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we lent it. It's in the movie, the Christmas movie. Um, it's a wonderful life. 
there's a great yeah. scene about that at the at the very end. Everybody's worried about pulling their money out and all this stuff, and he's like, "Whoa, wait, wait, wait guys, let's just how much do you actually need to get through? Because otherwise, the bank the bank goes under, and then nobody gets any money at all." And so, you know, there he is giving out as much money as he needs, blah, blah, blah. And he, he ended up essentially saving the town that day. That's a I'm perfect example. Yeah, I'm about to watch that after this. I'm about to fucking let that fill my veins. So but yeah. good. So Such that's fractional movie. banking. And I will go into the over. The, the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to build this out into five, in five parts to explain it. Do you? And the, the ending, the conclusion, the, this is all why I invest in crypto and um houses right or hard assets so what you're you got saying like 10 is, cars you got like well, 10 cars. never cars, I hate cars. <laughs> i'm still trying to get you to sell your truck right <laughs> i gotta get a canopy for my truck there you I need go more truck things <laughs> i need more truck i know which company not to go for that canopy by the way yeah oh Mm. I need one for camping, bro. I don't like. That's true. I was thinking originally. This is super off topic. I was thinking originally of like a tunnel cover. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all. It's also called a tonneau cover. Did you know that? It's yes. not tonneau cover. Okay, until I looked it up, I thought it was a tunnel cover. Oh, for because real? Because what the fuck is tonneau? What the fuck does that mean? I just always assumed I would it never was some kind of name. Brand. Yeah, no, that's yeah, stupid. I would, say, as I would fuck. never done that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a tunnel cover. It's a tonneau cover, yeah. which is stupid. Tonneau cover. Yeah. Okay. Stupid. Um, but then the last time we went camping, I realized. That I, we have too much stuff with the three of us to fit oh, flat yeah. like that. So we need a canopy so that we can put all of our bins in there because we camp out of the enormous Rubbermaid bins, which They're is legit. the system good. to go with, especially in that get big cabin tent. Yes. Um, and then to load a shitload of wood in the back end. You know, that's the other thing is to be able to put wood and all of our stuff in the truck bed. Larry, when was the last time you went camping? Does Do the military count? Because I feel like I go to no. the field no. all the time. No, Hard no. Oh. it doesn't count. It has to go for fun. That's an oxymoron. Listen, this is what I'm going to tell you guys. I camp for the military, and I used to camp for like 10, 14 days at a time. And so, like, I was like, I'm never going. But you guys want to go fishing? I will get on Have you boat. ever been go. camping, camping? Once like for fun? in the third grade. Once in the third grade, <laughs> we went up to Forks, Washington. With your for... family? No, my family is not a camping family. We are indirect cats. We are inside animals. Um... We went, I went my friend Curtis Reeves went camping. Uh, I wish I went more, but again, I'm, I, I am not made for the wilderness. Let's go camping together. Yeah, I'll take uh, you guys out in the wilderness. We'll have a great time. Yeah, sure. Listen, I can survive because of the military. Like I'm, looking back, super fortunate with the military. It really evened me out, taught me some skills I did not know I was deficient in. That being said, I mean, I'll go. Like I'm not afraid to camp. It's just like. I don't love camping, and then like my family doesn't love camping, so we're not like organically gonna go. But like I'm, I'm not scared of anything but spiders and snakes. And your wife doesn't ask you to go camping. She's not a camping uh, gal. She would like to go camping, but she doesn't ask because like she doesn't. Not, she, knows she knows better. <laughs> she knows. She knows better than to goddamn ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She oh. knows who she married. I, I have been super. Con I'm fairly consistent. I think no that's swimming, no camping. No, so, well, listen. I'm a swimmer. I'm basically Michael Phelps now. After I, I got these long arms, yep. so you can't even see them on the screen. They're so long. Oh, so, yeah. dude. I'm basically Michael Phelps. So I, you, I remember. The yeah, first time I ever had to swim a mile. Hmm. Jesus. All I'm going to say is if you've never swam a mile before. It's far. You might want to. It's a long time. Farther than you think and it I, is. And I am six foot four and I am all arms and legs. All right. My torso is about two feet. 
Yeah. That's about it. Clo- finding clothes is difficult. You are all legs, dude. And I am all legs, and all and my wingspan is basically an albatross. Yeah. That has helped me greatly when it comes to swimming. And let me tell you, a mile, 5260? Is that f- 5260, I think? How many feet are in a mile? Oh, I uh, thought you meant 52 minutes. I was like, that's no. a fucking long time, bro. No, it, it took... It takes a while to swim. It does take yeah, it takes a while. It takes a while. So listen, my Ironman goal. There's a lot goal, going on there. Yeah, my Ironman goal is 17 hours. To do the whole thing in 17 Ooh. hours? Yeah. That's I don't want to do anything for 17 hours. <laughs> yeah, you fucking do, baby. No. You want that fucking? <laughs> Did you ever hear, Larry? And I wish I could remember why this was being reported, but it was about. Oh, I know we talked about it on here. It was about why black people don't go into the woods and like oh, trying woods. to get more like incentivizing black people to go to state parks like do you remember do you remember talking about this i, don't... I actually read a national geographic article today so, <laughs> so i don't I, and this was like probably a year ago i don't remember why it came up but it was probably npr i was listening to it and they were talking about you know, there's all kinds of reasons why people, black people don't go into the woods. Like historically, you know, they don't come out and blah, blah, blah. And then also how you shouldn't make people, make black people feel uncomfortable if you do see them camping somewhere. Like if you see them camping, you shouldn't ask them, what are you doing here? Oh like, my God, uh, I remember where did this you... podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, like oh. where, you know, where are you from? Like, yes. why, like you shouldn't ask them any of those questions because it's going to make them feel like they don't belong there. It was about the state parks. It was about well, like yep. the national parks and the, the disproportionate amount of, of, of minorities that were visiting the national parks. That's mm-hmm. what it was. And so they're trying to incentivize more minorities to go to national parks. And they're, so they're subscribing. Part of it is because white people make minorities feel uncomfortable when they are camping because we ask them, why are you here? Why are you in the woods? I, I just I feel like not everything can be white people's fault. <laughs> if you try hard like, enough <laughs> that statement alone larry makes you a white supremacist yeah, yeah no, 100%. i just i constantly just say it like that's like like this this whole black Lives Matter thing i was just like like not everything can be like white people's it, it's crazy i i think it, it's you guys are experiencing like the the monolith like how you got like something will happen like a white person and North Dakota will will accidentally bump into a black person, and then like your race is because of that event. Uh, it's been one of my least favorite things. It's like the group think that's being created, and I yeah. think that's probably the most interesting thing. It's it's like I never go camping, but like I've never on that same note thought like the reason I don't go camping is because a white person made me feel uncomfortable while camping, or that they might. Yeah, I yeah, have a not- feeling <laughs> that part of the reason you don't go camping is because you like to shit on a toilet. Yeah, yeah, because that's 100%. what most people's thing yeah. is. It's like, well, I don't. I is don't, there toilets? Is like, there a shower? Things out there that I don't. Yeah. I like these things in my house, so I stay in my house because I don't want to go and shit in a hole in the woods. Which is crazy because I actually the best sleep I ever gets out in the field. Hard yes, yeah. Yeah, hard yeah. yes. The best nights oh. of sleep I've ever had are out in the middle of nowhere, ten miles away from the nearest road. And yeah, that is, 100%. it is great, and you know if you. You wouldn't even have to ask me, and I will bring you out to a place where I will make both of you guys feel very uncomfortable and very uneasy about living there. And the minute you get out there and you soak it all in, you're never want to. You're never going to want to go back to civilization ever again. Yeah, uh, I don't uh. know about that one. <laughs> like, no, I've done so that, that before. 
Uh, you have me to the last part. Never want to go back again. I think I want to go back. Yeah, I like the internet. That's kind of speaking of speaking of groupthink, Larry. Did you happen to watch any of that documentary that I sent to you? Not yet. It's fired up in the queue. So yeah. boy stuff. In yes. all honesty, my sorry, my wife's best friend came down, so she's we've she's just been here, so I've been entertaining her. But my wife comes back tomorrow, so wholeheartedly gonna knock it out. I would, yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. I started watching it again um, just this week, and so I am almost done with it. I'm probably on, like, part 19 or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's good. Well, it's 23 parts. Like I said, they're yeah. all relatively short, like between 15 and 30 minutes. So yeah. it's not, you know, Jeez, like a 40-hour, you know, documentary yeah. or anything. But that's that guy, Benjamin A. Boyce, he was going to Evergreen at the time, graduated two weeks after the protests happened around wet Brett Weinstein, Weinstein and Weinstein, mm-hmm. Weinstein. Weinstein. And um, <clears throat> that whole time up until he releases this documentary, he was making YouTube videos and reporting on what was happening and like what was happening with the staff up to like three or four years prior to this protest and how they essentially taught all of these students to do exactly what they did and facilitated it along the way and supported it. And it it was, it's crazy. It's crazy. This documentary dug their own graves. And I've never actually heard of, well, let me first, I've never seen the documentary, but I've heard of evergreen. Like I've heard of the event and I've heard it like, pontificated on so I, that's why i was excited because i was like oh shit like you brought it up and i was like i've heard of this and the vast majority of it is footage that of like of live streams of the protest themselves oh. so it's unedited footage it's all straight from the protest oh, and no. benjamin a voice he Scary. like um what is it called when you write out the closed captions for something that has a name I would just say dictate it. He dictates it out, some whatever. So it's all written so you can read everything they're doing. And it's, yeah, I mean, from the beginning of the protest all the way to the end, and then all of this past context video footage of orientations and classes and things like that from teachers that were there. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, The blatant racism that was exhibited over those several days of protest in 2017. I mean, you know, you're you're talking about groups of black people, black students that have white students in front of and behind them commanding white students to do something. White people speak. Talk to this person like you don't need to be doing that. You're black. You don't need to put in this type of emotional labor like, you know, it's it's crazy. The ranking they're talking about a bunch of Brett Weinstein's students, Weinstein, I fucking Weinstein students. We're talking about they went into some of these like struggle sessions that happened. And the moment they walk into the room, they're told all of the chairs are for people of color. If you're white, you need to stand. All of the food in here is for people of color. Only people of color are allowed to speak. And like ranking people, if they weren't dark enough, they weren't allowed to speak. It's craziness. Absolute insanity. School sanctioned segregation as the president of the school stands there and allows it to happen and doesn't yeah. say shit. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. That makes me uncomfortable. That makes me uncomfortable. It's really dark. Yeah. No matter which form racism takes, it's always extremely uncomfortable witness. Whether it's directed at white folks or anybody else. It's always terrible to watch happen. And you just get this gut-wrenching feeling inside of you. Because no human should be treated by the way they look. It just doesn't make sense to me. There's even footage of one of the original struggle sessions where they requested that the chief of police for the school actually come in her plain clothes and unarmed, um, which is 
insanity and there's like one exit and one entrance to this room just one door and there's a student there an exchange student from china right who decides to speak up and is talking about she's one of weinstein's students and she's talking about the cultural revolution and just how closely what's going on there mimics the cultural revolution that happened in china she's from fucking china obviously knows what's happening another student of color who isn't black right you can't see who it is because it's like it's from across the room they're telling her well we aren't black so we can't tell these people you know as people of color we need to recognize we aren't black so we don't know what the black experience is so we can't tell these people how they perceive what your professor is saying and like what you're saying about this doesn't matter because we aren't black you're chinese But you're not black. So it doesn't matter, even though this is all about centering people of color and making sure people of color are heard and they have a, you know, a a place to say what they want and be heard. Fuck what you're saying, even though you're from fucking China. (laughs) This is why, actually, the, the, what's the right word I'm looking for here? The divorce from the sanctity of free speech is so important is because at the end of the day, every individual from every race underneath the sun that lives in America is going to have a different experience of how they grew up and live life and how they were treated. And it is it is the reason why it's so important to have that free speech is so that when you guys are talking or when people are talking, they can voice their, to use their terminology, their lived experience. Yeah. And everybody can hear it and they can understand. And then they could possibly learn something from it and yep. be a better person on the backside. You know, because everybody, you know, there may be a person out there that has been, has experienced a lot of racism in their life or something like that. And like, if they were able to explain to you what happened to them and talk about it, you will have a better understanding than if you just say, you have to carte blanche, just bow down to everyone, every BIPOC person around because of institutionalized racism and everybody's experience. It's so much better to understand every individual person's personal experience and what they've gone through to truly understand how they're feeling, you know? And and if you decide that that's not okay to convey that expression anymore, because somebody from China whose parents might've lived through the cultural revolution cannot voice their concerns about what they're saying, what they're seeing, you're paving the way for it to happen again and again and again. And it's, it's one of the, the, the worst tragedies to see come out of the, the critical theory movement and the critical race theory and all the other critical theory subdivisions and all this crap It's come out of that. It's because we're silencing everybody who's got something to say. Yeah. 100%. It's terrible. Yeah. You can't say things and we just evolve from there. I yep. wholeheartedly agree. In one of the episodes, he even ties in footage from the Cultural Revolution talking about how it started with students, you Mm -hmm. know, and like footage of fucking young children, like beating the shit out of their teachers and telling their teachers that they're pieces of shit. And it's it's crazy dragging them out on the streets and putting dunce caps on them and throwing rocks at them and shit. And I mean, just insanity. You know, that's and, about two hours before they were dragged behind the chemical sheds and yes. shot. And the idea that people in modern America are able to see footage like that 
and then deny any connection between that and what's happening yep. here, right? Is is insanity. Like, and so he'll yeah. tie it in. It's just footage of these Chinese students, black and white footage of them screaming to their teachers, and then footage of these struggle sessions. You know, the president of the college being screamed at, told that he needs to put his hands down while he's talking because it's a microaggression for him to talk with yeah. his hands. It's like a disassociation from like facts. Like that, that, yeah. that's, how I, that's how I see it. It's like you're, you're disassociating from like, because like we all agree that you have to like learn history so it doesn't repeat itself. Mm -hmm. What we don't say is like we have to learn as much history as we can because we don't repeat itself. Because everyone's just got, well, this has never happened here. But we don't be like, okay, but has it happened in Cuba? Has it happened in China? Has it happened in Russia? Has it happened in the Middle East? Has it happened in Europe? Mm -hmm. And like as you start coming to the whole times, like people, we, no one's predicting anything. We're just we're we're spotting patterns. So that's what I try to say. I'm just like, yo, like this, this is there's not a healthy thing in the world that has started this way. Yeah, yeah. There's there was a point at which I was going to kind of make this a hill to die on this week, but I just probably better to have it naturally put out there at this point. Um, so watching the Tim Pool IRL podcast some point this week, mm -hmm. and uh, you ever you ever watch that show? uh religiously okay or, or or i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't watch the irl podcast i watch his normal his uh, info stuff yeah i have okay. two podcasts to watch but well there's a guy who's kind of he's become a regular on that show he's a long-haired hippie named ian right and usually he kind of exists to throw some wild shit out there and tim to kind of dunk on him and say, shut up <laughs> but he he made a point the other day about you know, kind of tied to all this critical theory stuff and how long it's kind of been around and what it looks like and it's ties to Marxism and communism and all this good stuff. And he made a point that I started to think on when he said, you know, essentially the Cold War has never really ended because what was the Cold War actually about, right? The Cold War, we like to put the big scary Russia on top of the Cold War because they were the communist stronghold at the time. You know, you had the Soviet Union out there that formed, you know, after World War II and, you know, the whole nine yards. And, you know, we fought the Korean War, we fought the Vietnam War and everything to, f to stave off communism. McCarthyism in the United States was to mm -hmm. stave off the spread of communism. Well, we kind of fell into a couple decade long, maybe even a little, you know, a little longer than that, lull in this in this cold war against the ideology of communism and collectivism okay yep. and that that is the bridge okay. i didn't want to I, even try to no no no, no that makes much because yeah to me and, and i and i think for i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but. i was just say at this point i can't argue that the cold war has not ended because mm -hmm. at this point it has just reared its head with another face we have the people's republic of china run yep. by the communist party of china yeah the chinese communist party the ccp but then we have the ideology spread throughout america for one and canada and all the western nations have this this idea of communism and marxist thinking through the frankfurt school of economics and everything that comes with the soviet bloc and that communist ideal we're still fighting today it just wears a different mask yeah so i will make the argument now that the cold war never ended and it has just reignited itself and that's what we've been talking about today and that's what we've been talking about for a long time it just wears different masks and presents itself in a different fashion and i think a lot of people when you talk about the cold war me specifically and that's why mm -hmm. we had you know, you'd mentioned that and i was like i don't really know what you're talking about well not even just that i think mm -hmm. most people just think about the arms race 
You know, the oh, Cold yeah, yeah, War yeah. was the Cold War because it never actually popped off. You know, yeah. and that's like in in today's modern you know American education, that's like what I think you know most people know or mm-hmm. think of as the Cold War yeah. is just the nuclear like arms race that happened. And... Yeah, just yep. that type of shit. And then when that cooled off, we're like, well, that's cool. The Cold War is over. Yep. But I think you're right. And it, the anti-fascist core, partition fell. Right. But I think you're right. At its core, the Cold War was a Cold War because it was with an enemy that is an ideology. It's not one group of people. It is a moving ideology that has spread from Russia around the EU into Asia, into you know different centers or different parts of the world that we have continued to combat to this day. And now it's infiltrated itself again within our institutions, you know, our military to our, the government our fucking military our government our you know when you know, we're flying blm flags around our world at our embassies oh, around the world that that has oh. what is the what does the blm flag have on there the the fist the people's mm, fist no the blm flag was the one they had was just the the black and white bars of oh, black okay Lives okay Matter. okay yeah there was no fist on that so, on yeah that. yeah it's just black Lives Matter. yep 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 yeah which I had to look it up. I literally had pushed it out. I, I thought it was a joke. When I first saw it, I thought it was a joke. Like, legitimately, I thought yep. it was not real. Um, yeah, it, it seems is... like something that should be should be non-existent, man. Like, we got <laughs> the American flag, and up underneath that, we put the POW flag, all right? I think we're all good with that. Yeah. You know, if you really want to get crazy, let's put the Gadsden flag up there. Let's, let's all go crazy. But now you're flying a flag that, at its roots, stands for... The dissolution of the American ideal, yep. right, right there, right it's, underneath that. Right, thing. because that flag in particular is not for the idea that Black Lives Matter. That's yeah. for the group Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. yes, which yes. is admittedly at its cause by its founders, admittedly a Marxist ideology yep. in a Marxist group. Who right? happened to have found that capitalism kind of is sweet? Oh God, <laughs> who, who part of their? It. Part of their goal is to, like you said, is to dissolve the American nuclear family. Mm-hmm. Like that is yeah. part of their intention. Yep. And so, for embassies around the globe to fly the flag, right? It's I, I that's right. I wouldn't, but you could argue all day about people saying Black Lives Matter versus flying this flag, right? Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. like to see either of them. But if my choice is one of the two. I'll take the motherfucker saying it all day over having the goddamn flag on the embassy yep. representing the entirety of the country when only a small fraction of us actually believe in that particular group of people, right? We've spoken many of time. I think everybody in America agrees, of course, Black Lives Matter. Of mm-hmm. course they do. Yes. No fucking yes. shit. Of course they yep. do. And that's right? that difference between those people saying the slogan yes. because that's the difference. They see it. Yes. And they understand that there is there's definitely something to be done there. But yeah. To, yeah, but to fly a flag in support of that particular group, I think is extre- is a horrible idea. It's extremely terrible. dangerous. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it, it just it cre- it cre- it sowed a lot of division. Like I, I know for a fact, like in the military, like this is that's kind of that's probably the bubbling thing that people aren't talking about enough is like how this is going to affect our our defense structure because like, we hmm. are innately bonded and binded around the flag right we're binded around like the uniform and we're not supposed to see color i think where we've been talking about like crt like moving into schools moving into colleges moving into workplaces but like we have not understood talked about like it's already moved into the military yeah 
And so like that's going to take an effect. I think the most interesting thing I'm excited to look at with the combination of free money, free programs, free schooling, and then this on top of it, what do the numbers look like for our uh, accumulation force, our building force, like our recruits? Because again, it's gonna affect it because again, everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't join the military if you wanna fight, but I can tell you that that's not why the people that's not why people join like we fight for each other because like you know like it's my fucking dude but like people join for all various reasons it's a place to be okay but like if if even if you got rid of the contingent of people that need to join to go to college like that that's people if you got people that need a steady income well that's people like 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 everybody's needed so i think that's going to be interesting just to like move in like that division lasting it's going to be there because like you want a bond like you need that cohesion you need things bigger than you that matter so we can bond on and grab onto it and i think that's where that's where it's doing the most damage right now yeah and any 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 push against it right whether it's in the military or in schools is labeled as racist right and we saw it in the video that you sent to us that was showed to you guys where they're talking about even libertarianism you know and extremism and like all these crazy ideologies so you could see it there in the military and then in schools you have like uh nicole hannah jones and ibram x kennedy right i have seen both of them one of them say it and the other one retweet it right that you know racism exists in America and white supremacy exists because there are bills that are trying to ban 1619 project in schools, but not the 1776 commission. Yeah. That's because no one, now that it's canceled on a federal level, no one is trying to institute the 1776 commission in any type of public schooling. There are still actively, people are still actively trying to put CRT and the 1619 project at the base of historical education in many schools around the country. That's why there are laws to fight that. Not because people are racist because that ideology is racist and no one is even talking about the 1776 commission anymore, which admittedly, right. I even looked it up last night because I started to think about this. Admittedly is, is deeply troubling. It's not good, right? It's not great. The 1776 commission is rooted, I believe in a tired ideology of American exceptionalism. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is like deeply rooted American in America is the best. Thing. We always have been to deny it. You're a piece of shit. Yep. And that's what we're running with. I don't think that's the way to teach American history. Nah. I think you can teach that America is arguably the greatest country to ever exist. And also we have made some horrible, horrible fucking decisions that have yeah. led to the death of people domestically and around the globe. Yeah. And it's yeah. important to understand all of those things, to understand the positive benefits and the negatives and the true important that this the true importance that this nation has had on the globe, mm-hmm. right? You have to understand all of those things, not one and not the other, all of them together to see what's really going on, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's just important to know that we have spent 20 years fighting a horrible fucked up war in the middle east just as important is to know how many people died and that americans stormed the beaches in normandy to fight fascism and defeat it from the from the globe right antifa just as important to know both of those things yes right it's important to remember that you should love america not because of her past but in spite of her past because of where we're at today yep that if that is not the gleaming hope of the entire world 
I don't know what should be. Right. The fact that we could come from where we started to where we are now, that is about the most beautiful thing in the history of human existence on this planet. And nope. I don't understand that. I don't think there's a close second anywhere around. You know, France likes to say, you know, we started the revolution and blah, blah, blah. We brought West. Well, yeah, but you killed everybody. You know, and it's, it's just. Les Mis is a great movie. Les Mis is a great movie. I will say that. <laughs> Watch the new one, babe. It's good. Hugh Jackman, get up there belting it out. Oh, he gets after it. He gets he after it. Yeah. Uh, Crow, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't need to sing. That's fine. I like that whole shit. South Park had it right, man, when they did that thing. Russell Crowe singing all the time. So funny. (laughs) Oh, So, America's awesome, even though our past is pretty shady. The reason that we're awesome is because we made a shit ton of mistakes, and then we learned from them. Yeah. That's why America's awesome. It's a chase of improvement. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that. It's just what it is. It's part of that struggle. Everybody's got to struggle, including the country, to become a better better country and a better person if we ain't struggling we ain't striving i was wondering how you were we're gonna i don't know i wasn't sure what was gonna rhyme with that wasn't sure what was coming on the back end so that's pretty interesting i think struggling and striving that worked out in the end i pulled that out yeah (laughs) you're funny all right boys is there anything else that you want to get in here is there anything else that you want to get off your chest anything else you want to say no, I think I think I could. I think emotionally yep. I got it out. Jinsaki sucks. All right, we'll I'm say. Done. Sorry, she is. I, I think we know. Um, Larry said he's got a five. He's going to break it into five parts. His theory. Yes. Yeah. Might might be his first five episodes of whatever show he's going to start. Yeah, yeah. listen, I'm just I can't wait throw to... that in there a little bit. Listen, we, we start off live. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll send you guys a proposal because I'll probably be under your guys' network. But I'm pretty excited about this. It's gonna be a little bit of passion project. So. That's like I said, I could produce the shit out of anything, bro. If you need help with anything, software, editing, I'm your boy. I got you. Yeah, we're going to definitely I, – I think – I don't know if we're going to talk about it. I've already made it. We'll do I'll, – I'll, I'll basically sign with Salt Street Networks, and it's going to be your guys' second podcast. I've become an idea guy. That's kind of where I – ideas is, is, is where I'm living. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Colin is really good at making it all into a reality, yes. and I'm like, you know what would be really cool – but I rely on if this we guy. did this. <laughs> but yes, you, you again, you guys give each other out. No, like I said, I love doing this. I love coming on here. I can't wait to come back on here in two months. I'm gonna have more material coming in. I'm about to be ready to go. Hopefully, we have launched a podcast that we can announce by then. And yeah, we will get ready to go. I yeah. am so excited for the future. Um, I think that next week I will formally restart the sports segment. Um, oh, everything word. seems yep. to be. Last year we didn't really do it because shit was so weird. Let's just you know? hashtag COVID. Um, that's why. Yeah, but I think that everything looks to be on the up and up now. I think we can formally restart the sports segment, um, and we'll get things going. And NFL is starting to – there's some stuff brewing. Joe texted me this week. Joe from our fantasy league Mm -hmm. um, texted me last week. It's like, are we doing fantasy this year? Like, are we still doing this? And I was like, fucking absolutely we are, and we're going to do an in-person draft again. Like, it's going to be fantastic. The only time I talked to Joe – is for fantasy. fantasy. I have not heard from him since the season ended last year. <laughs> I have not heard from him. And he texts me. He's like, are we still doing this? Absolutely we are. You're going to show up to somebody's house you've never met before and hang out with us for five hours while we draft? Absolutely Hard, I am. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Haven't seen him in a year. Still going to do it. It's, I like <laughs> it. I'm a big fan. Well, 
I haven't seen him in two years now because last year we oh, drafted yeah. over the phone, so I didn't even. Oh, that's right. And, we did yeah. it all online last year. Because everyone with you know, I wasn't gonna call twelve people and ask them how they felt okay. about an in-person <laughs> draft. So I was just like, we're just gonna do it over the phone this year. I don't want to deal with any of the bullshit. Some people had like new babies and stuff, and it was a oh whole, yeah. So. Yep. Bring the, like that. so, Bring the babies. That's so. So now, yeah, now that we're all good, everyone who wants to get vaccinated, yeah. going to get vaccinated. If you don't want to at this point, you're not going to. No. It's fucking fantasy draft time. So let's do it. And I think logistically, because Larry, this has very little to do with you, but it, it's going to. <laughs> it, it as of now, but I'm just because kind you're of here right Larry's now. not in the in the fantasy. League well, remember now. he said that he's terrible at fantasy. Like that's just not really. His well, join the club, dude. Shit, but listen, I I don't. Know, I'm so erratic. I don't pay attention. I have like seven things to do every single day, and that's I forget about seven of them. Yep. Next year he'll be in, right? Because this we were talking about. Yes expanding the league right into two eight-man leagues yeah. that feed into this thing i think logistically that's going to be really difficult to explain to people over the phone yeah so i think we you should stick with the draft yeah i think we should stick with 14 this year do mm-hmm. one final draft at 14 and then during the draft before yep. we will explain to everybody our grand scheme of separating into two eight-man leagues that feed into a championship and oh. then we'll have a large pot of hard yeah yeah i think when it's like 900 dollars or something like that now i don't i don't know exactly we'll yeah there. it's a good what is it's 14 yo, people 50 y'all are big balling, oh, so it's yo. like 800 bucks but yeah so just volume bro volume decent babe. amount of put in you know yeah. it works out y'all are billionaires out there spending that guape yeah so part of that salt street network baby. and we'll talk about maybe bumping it up another ten dollars this year to go yep. to a 60 piece yeah just and keep the riffraff out you know just kind of write that line and then we'll we'll be at 840 <laughs> if we can get everyone to 60 dollars a piece we'll be at 840 dollars in the pot it's winner take all 840 it's it's a beautiful prize if you win and then next year we can go up to 16 people and that will be another 120 dollars that will be you know 960 we'll find another way to Throw in forty bucks, yep, and we'll call it a cool thousand dollars for whoever. Yeah, you are the so, accountant right now. Like this is was that? Numbers. Did I just get all yeah. that right? Oh, I was yeah. really that was concerned good. that I was going to fuck that it up. So good. yeah, we'll find forty dollars somewhere, and we'll have it a cool G bar for whoever wins the sixteen man draft, which will be fucking Ooh. insane. Be very intense. You that'll have be, to be deep. Be you good. would have to really know football. You you have to dig deep. For 16 man well no no that's the thing is it's it's going to be two eight man leagues right now we have a 14 and we're going to send next year we're going to add two more people and separate into two eight man leagues okay Okay. so it'll be easier to do but way higher stakes yes okay okay yep so that's where that's where you'll come in is when we have two eight man leagues it'll be easier to keep up with because the the names will be bigger it will be Mm -hmm. way all big names pretty much was that draft is going to be what september or it's August. August. It's always in August. Yeah. It'll actually probably be right around when he's here because oh, we draft right around my mom's birthday, which is mm-hmm. the 21st. So, so the draft anything, should just come hang out. It might be like oh, the wow. week before he comes. Oh, okay. So we may very well have our fantasy teams drafted and ready drafted to go. Um, yeah, we'll have to have a presentation. Yep. Um, you know, like uh, like Elect in Step Brothers, very Step Brothers esque of uh, what the fuck is their is their company called? Oh, and Step you know Brothers what I'm talking guy. about? In Step Brothers, they're doing the presentation oh. at, at Brennan Huff's birthday. I don't remember. I don't even. Right. I haven't so seen that in so long. Prestige Worldwide. Prestige Worldwide. 
wide, wide. Yeah, exactly. So it will be very Step Brothers-esque. It's going to be a oh, great presentation. It bodes so, well for our future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, with right. that, I do have a closing line for this week. Do you guys have anything else do you want to say? We finish it out i think i'm good oh, i'm good okay i want to thank everyone again for watching us larry thank you again for being here it is always thanks for having me this was great always fantastic me. to have you here again you've been watching us if you've been here the whole time on our youtube at salt of the streets leave us a comment a like share this with everybody so that we can start making millions and millions of dollars it is inevitable but obviously you want to get in on the ground floor that's right so taking investments yes we have our own obviously you can find all this information salt of the streets.com we have our own personal social media i'm at salt of the street on twitter and at alpaca underscore donovan on instagram colin is at big bird Offie on both of those things salt of the streets.com youtube salt of the streets instagram salt of the streets facebook facebook fuck facebook salt of the streets that's it if you screenshot the review from the podcast send it to me free autograph t-shirt wherever the fuck you want me to send oh, yeah. it wherever you want oh, worldwide yeah. baby um, the next time you see me, if I am not in Atlas gear, you know who the fuck to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's going to be some. Listen, we'll swaps. circle back to that. I after <laughs> the supply issue is yeah, we got to find out where the bottlenecks right. at. That's you right. know, the bottleneck. Yeah. So with that, you guys, here's what I tell you: you tax Herschel, Herschel will do violence to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, from a, th a theological level, I like that. <laughs>